All right, so we're live. We're going to go in three, two, oh, f- I f***ed it up. Three, oh, f- I f***ed it up again. Three, two, one. Max, do you know who this is? Uh, Boba Fett, maybe. <sighs> I am shocked you know who this legend is. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've, in- I've seen the first three. You know he's back, right? You know he's back. He lived. Yeah, I haven't seen the new shit. Yeah, he killed that Sarlacc, and he's back. He's going to have his own series and everything. But anyway, story, bro. this is the way. What's up, Max? Are you finished? Uh, you know, you got your bear. You're relaxing. A good day of uh, reindeer herding, I would expect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Herded a few reindeers. Uh, one got lost, uh, but I luckily found it. Oh, good, good, good. You know, because that's what Finnish people are, nomadic reindeer herders. You know what, dude? We got exactly. a lot. <laughs> I, I, that's what I read anyway, you know. Um, <laughs> we, we, got a lot of, we got a lot to talk about today, so I think it's time we uh, just drop that intro. Right. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your hosts tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great. And if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 119 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefted Great. And to my leftish, rightish, right over there is the nomadic reindeer herder himself, Maximus Mortis. What's up, Max? What's up? I'm doing good. Thank you for coming on. I know it's late there in Finland. Uh, I know you had a long day of herding the reindeer, you know. And uh, extracting their milk and whatever you guys do with reindeer over there in Finland and, and all that type of stuff. So, good job. Good job. Um, yeah. How are you, man? I'm doing actually pretty good. I've been chilling. I've been, I've been working, though, but mm-hmm. I've been still, like, mentally I've been chilling. And yeah. preparing for the eventual melting of the snow and having a track to race on. Is it still snowing there? Is it still, like, the ground covered in snow and all that stuff? Uh, we still have snow. It snowed last weekend, but since then it's been like plus two, three degrees. So it's slowly melting away. Okay. The roads are already pretty clear. So, all right. Well, that's good to hear. And it feels like it's springtime. Sweet. Well, you know what, Max? Um, before we go into our podcast, here, I have to say a couple of thank yous and shout outs to some people. So I want to say shout out and say thank you to all of the NNRC, NNRC squad around the world. You guys. Share these podcasts, listen to them. I mean, we, I, we greatly appreciate it, man. And without you guys, none of this is possible. So thank you to everybody that listens to us. Whether you like what we say or hate what we say, thank you for listening to us because it helps. And, you know, it's the love that we get as well is because it's greatly appreciated. And we, we thank you. You know, guys are liking you on her too, Max. So we have a, a couple of specific Max questions in the questions this week. So people are liking oh, what you're man. doing as well. 
Um, shout out to the, the patrons of the podcast. Shout out to the patrons of the NNRC. Thank you guys. You guys are helping me do things here, helping keep the bills paid. Guess what? I'm actually, I booked the ticket. I'm going to be in America, hopefully May 6th to like the 22nd of June. So six weeks in America. I'm going to do Silver State. Go to California, hopefully for a week. Come back over to the East Coast and, and, um, and uh, stay at Mike's. And then we're going to go do some RC stuff there and then head up to the Nationals. And hopefully I don't get kicked out of the Nationals. And... You know, we're going to have fun, and we're going to be covering the races and, you know, NNRC style. And, you know, I'm excited for that. And that happens because the patrons help out, you know. And we take that money, and we stash it off, and we go. So thank you for that. If you guys wish to be a patron, the link for that is in the written description of this podcast. And, uh, hey, thank you to the awesome companies that support us. Obviously, we have Maximum Mayako, our title sponsor, Maximum Mayako, Maximum Performance, Maximum Support. That is Mayako. We're still waiting to see... Pictures of this phantom buggy that Joseph has designed. Still haven't seen it. Still have not seen it. Can't believe I've I seen, seen it. You have. You. Well, yeah. Of course you have. He practices in Finland, you know. <laughs> yeah. I get a sneak sneak peek around the corner. I'm, sh- I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so w- I guess they should be dropping some information here soon. Joseph hasn't told me anything, so it's interesting to see what they drop her soon. Shout out to TNR Fuels, man. Thank you to Chris Nelson and his family. This is a fuel company run by a family-owned fuel company. He's a racer. It's fuel made by racers for racers. Check them out. They're headed down to one of our other sponsors, which is Sun City RC Raceway for the TNR A-Main Challenge Tour that's happening this week. This weekend, I believe it starts Friday. $3,000 in giveaways. Uh, Everybody that goes there, have fun. Good shout out to Sun City RC Raceway for their support of the podcast. Um, they need a big race like this, and their facility is awesome. And hey, they're getting it this weekend. Let's everybody have fun. Beach RC, Beach RC has uh, some things going on for Easter. I'm going to talk about that when we get into our segment. Order. Thank you to Brent, Lucas, and the guys at Beach RC for the support. They've been a long time supporter of the podcast. Techno RC, shout out to Matt, Danny, all those guys at Techno RC. I think Techno RC has got the heaviest, most the biggest heaviest lineup in eight scale racer right now that you can't argue with that i don't think the amount mm-hmm. of stars and talent yeah. that they have in their lineup is excellent so shout out to them and thank you also another long time sponsor jq racing shout out to all my jq racing family around the world we are like baby's kids baby's kids we don't die we multiply so we're still here we ain't going anywhere don't worry about all that stuff manscape.com check them out you know cut through the jungles and find your manhood Manscaped.com, use our promo code. All this stuff's in the written description. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, another longtime sponsor. Hey, please go to papawillies.net, use the promo code NNRC in all caps. You save 10% off your order and get some traction in your life. This is some good stuff. You need, I want to see guys using this in the off-road scene. Really good in the oval scene. Let's get it in the off-road scene and um, get using that. Racecraft USA, oh man, did you see, do you, have, you ever, have you followed Racecraft USA, Max? Their ads are great. I know. Did I you still see the last really one? Understand the table, but the ads are great. Yeah, the ads are the value of the they, brand. Yeah, <laughs> man. They um they just released a new ad with Wally. It's it's like the good, bad, and the ugly. It's so funny. I love them guys. They make everything fun, and that's how it should yeah. be. We should have some out of the box thinking, yeah. and I love that. Uh, yeah, we should have out. sense of humor. Yes, yes, most definitely <sighs> needed in RC. Shout out to Wally Builds. He just dropped his dropped some new stuff in his shop. You can get ready to race packages. Check him out. Show Wally some some love. One of the best RC mechanics in the industry. Of course, House of RC. They're a big supporter of the podcast. We're a big supporter of them. 
Thank you, Connie, for your support. If you haven't, if you haven't signed out, I'm sorry. If you haven't filled out your House of RC profile, it only takes a few minutes. Go there, fill it out, and that will connect you to everything RC right now. And of course, RCGP, we are desperately waiting for Driven number three. Don't know when it's going to happen, but I hear it's going to be soon. So thank you for all the support. Thank you to all the sponsors. Remember, everybody, showing the sponsors some love, shows the podcast some love. Go show them some love, please. We have affiliate links. We have promo codes. Check them out. And I just have to send some condolences because I always like to, uh, you know, when, when somebody in our RC family has some issues or somebody passes, we, I like to, we, we should we come together. Uh, Aaron Royston, his mother passed away this past weekend. Uh, not Sorry, not this past weekend. I think it was last week. And uh, our condolences go to you, bud. You headed out to the, to the t- A-Main t- uh, challenge this weekend. And I want you to go have fun, hang around your RC family. And I know it's a tough time, um, but you will get through this and you have our condolences. So, Maxi, 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 you dropped the video. You've been busy. We haven't really talked. You've been working night shift and working middle shift. Uh, what was your video about again? Was mm-hmm. it aerodynamics? Uh, that was a bit back. I think okay. the last one was add-on wage, but I'm actually dropping one this week. It probably should be up by the time this podcast is up. Okay, what is it about? Uh, it's about uh, anti-geometry. Oh, now you're going to have to probably explain that a little bit to me. Yeah, so pretty much what this means is like anti-squat, anti-dive. Mm. So just the angle of the arm by looking up the side. And what, like, wh- what is it actually? Because a lot of the times people only talk about anti-squat and they don't probably even know properly what it means. So trying to explain that. You know, we actually have a question about kick-up and specifically for you. And it's all about kick-up and anti-squat yeah. and all that stuff. So maybe they will have to go watch a video to get the full... Full, yeah, I, I actually I actually saw the question and I read through it and I thought of the, any way to answer that question simply and I I couldn't find a way. So I'll probably have to say to this guy to just look at the video. But yeah, I'll, I'll give him some answer at least. All right. Well, Max, um, it's nothing been going on. I went to a crawling event this past weekend and uh, I went with my son and I went with my buddy who I met through... I met him at the tracker, a Dominican guy, and he fell in love with RC, and we've been friends ever since. He's not the best driver, but he loves it. And he went on and done this, and he had such a blast. My son had fun. And you know what? I went, I was thrashing away last week on my rod and my rig, putting all these new parts on it. You know, like, I'm going, like, full nerd on this thing, like, brass, front knuckles, all this low-down weight to keep it, you know, to make it heavier and to keep the weight down mm-hmm. low. Yeah. Car- you have weight on the tires? Uh, no, like on the hubs, you actually, I had brass hubs and then you have, um, you can put weight on the tires too, but I, I didn't. Yeah. I remember people like put, uh, like, uh, like, I don't know how much, but that, a lot of weight yeah. just under like the rim. Yeah. Because that's where you want all your weight down low from your crawling up mm-hmm. and all that stuff, man. I, I drove all the way down there all excited. My car looked good. You know, all these new parts from my, my, but I got, a, I got a whole bunch of parts from this guy in Poland, um, Artful Dodgers and all these skid plates. So happy, proud of what I've done. Right. Five minutes into my run, I break. No, I didn't break, <laughs> but, um, basically I should have drilled out the, the, the bushings where the bushings go in the brass, in the brass knuckles. So it looks like it was just too tight mm-hmm. and it kind of just worked the, the, the nut from underneath oh. it. And that came off, and then I lost a diff out drive, and all. And then I was just like, I was trying to follow my son. Then I realized how out of shape I am climbing up these 
hills and oh man i nearly died like you know but i needed the exercise it was fun everybody ran ahead of me and i got back and you know just sat sitting off drinking water and then it was cool man i i, I really enjoyed this i i really enjoyed the scale stuff i know it's not racing but i tell you what yeah but breaking five minutes into that run felt like breaking five minutes into a 45 minute main and i was just like <laughs> i almost wanted to go take my other car from my mate so give me give me that back. I want to go drive. But he was having too much fun, and that's what it was all about. So Lefty didn't get to finish his, his route. His son did, which I was very proud of, and he had fun. And then they had just, they had, like, bashers there. So they had guys with, like, 6S Reavers, like, racing up and oh, down yeah. the sand of the river. And just, oh, uh, it was people having fun, you know, reaching out to that, bashing guys to try and get them to come in. And people just had fun. I had fun. And then we came. It was in Santa Domingo. It's in the south of the island. So it's like a two and a half hour, three hour drive. And then we came home and it was a nice road trip with my son and my buddy. A boys night, boys day out. I'm loving scale. I like scale trail. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, I actually kind of like, like crawling and that stuff because it's so chill. It's like sort of like, uh, you can just hang out and then someone drives the car and then you just like, have a good time and like you, it's still RC. It's not like racing. You actually have to focus and like well, you ranch, you try different stuff. Well, like, exactly. even if you're just taking it easy, it's like you have to focus on it a lot more. Like this, like scale trail stuff is. It's just like hanging out and having a good time. And you know what? We we lose. You know, as racers, we we lose we lose touch on that a lot. You know, especially me. Like sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, we think about just just racing and whatnot like that. We, we desperately lose out on the, not lose out. We, we forget about the having fun part, you know? So yeah, I've lost you. I don't know where you are. Hold on for a second. I lost you for a second. Oh gosh. Oh, there you are. Okay. I yeah, lost my page. Um, oh. <laughs> so all good, man. Um, nothing else really than that. You know, we do have some news to talk about. There was some racing going on this weekend and, and um you know some some announcements and stuff like that that i want to touch on so do you have anything you want to talk about before we go into the uh manscaped rc news max um uh, can't think of anything you you're probably no. your life isn't probably that exciting right now work um beer in your attic with your hoodie on <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i mean i consider my life pretty exciting i get to like uh, think about stuff uh, learn new stuff. Like I read read about all all kind of shit. So, I mean, yeah. it's pretty exciting. As long as I, I I I could consider myself an introvert, so I'm not really struggling with this COVID thing. The funny thing is, you 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 call, consider yourself an introvert, but you're very outgoing when you're on people. But I see yeah. the, I see the introvertness in you when you always got that hoodie on, and I noticed mm -hmm. that, and we analyzed that, and we figured it out. You just that's your way of not seeing people. So I get it, but I mean, the thing <laughs> yeah. is when you get going, you're such a good, you know, it's so fun to be around you. So that's why you own her, dude. So I don't really have much, much else to talk about. So I think we should just go straight in her to the uh, Manscaped RC News. This part of the podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men around the world. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. I've joined the movement. I use my lawnmower 3.0. I love it. 
you guys should get one too because your wives will love you. And maybe, you know what, they can use it too. You know, it's not, it's, this isn't gender specific. It's developed for men, but it can be used by women as well. And you can use it to trim up your beards, get some replaceable blades. You can use it in the shower because it's waterproof. You could use it in the dark if you wanted to. I don't know why you would be shaving your balls in the dark. Maybe you have to do it real quick. I can't guarantee that, but it says you won't nick your nuts. So go ahead, shave your balls in the dark and see if you don't nick your nuts. But thank you to manscaped.com. Check them out at www.manscaped.com. Use the promo code no name in all caps and you will save 20% off your order. And you get free shipping. So thank you, Manscaped. And thank you to everybody that's buying. If you buy a Manscaped product and you're not, if you got the balls, please tag us in it. I want to see it. Don't send me a video of you shaving yourself or anything like that yeah just say hey look i got this and you know i mean we're cool but i don't really want to see you shaving yourself so thank you thank you to everybody that has supported it it's greatly appreciated all right max okay i'm not gonna dwell on this much because you know i'm recording this after i recorded it with joseph and we kind of talked about this for a long time he even made a video about it but you know hey one year of work and study groups and Afra has a new logo. Yay. I mean, uh, to give them credit, the logo is pretty cool. It is. One year of work cool, uh, but cool. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not going to go too deep on this because I'm getting a logo made right now, yeah. which I'm going to talk about right here in the next, the next uh, thing. But, hey, I, I love Afra. I'm a bit disappointed with this one year doing a logo. So much more could have been done in one year of COVID. Nobody doing anything. Lots mm -hmm. of time to focus on what to do. I hope they have, I hope they come with some more stuff here, better than this. So we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. All right. Um, it's funny because we've been saying this on the podcast for a few weeks. And then last week, as I was telling you, I said, we're going to make, I'm, I have, we just came up with the idea as we was talking about it, about making a virtual cup. And actually, I'm going through with it. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, going through if it's going to be called the NNRC Cup. It started at DNC. So Ryan Mayfield's in the lead because it's pro class and it's pro nitro buggy. Sorry, people. I would love to do open and intermediate. But I just don't see where we can get all these the same people at these races. So it's a little bit difficult at the moment. But this is a virtual cup that's going to be using DNC, PNB, Silver State, and the Nationals. And why those races? Well, I think those are the four races. Well, obviously, the DNC's happened, but I think you're going to see all the same guys at PNB. Maybe one or two won't that weren't at DNC will be there. Silver State should be the same, I would say. And then, of course, everybody's going to be at the Nationals. So the idea, I'm actually getting a trophy made for this. A nice, I'm getting, I'm getting a logo made for this. I should have it by tomorrow. It's not going to take a year, by the way. And... I'm getting a trophy made by this. Uh, Matt Owings, he's a JQ guy. He's making the trophies for PNB. He made the trophies for uh, Josh Garbage Race as well. Really great metal worker. He's making me a, once I get the logo, we got it all sorted. And this is a, like an actual cup. Nobody's going to get the trophy. You know what I mean? It's just going to get like, so if, if Ryan Mayfield wins it, he's just going to get his name engraved on it. And he's going to be the first NNRC cup champion, right? It's nothing mm -hmm. serious. I just want to have fun with this. Give us something to talk about. Let's see how a series could go if we actually had one. You know what I mean? And I said this on the podcast last week, and now I'm actually going through with it. So we're going to have an NNRC cup. Stay tuned for that and point system. And this is all going to be through House of RC too. So everyone's going to have to go House of RC to check this and follow this. 
So it's funny that I said that on the podcast last week. And then this week I saw Joey uh, from the Dart has started his, his US Pro Cup. And that's going to include DNC, Lone Star, Silver State, and he's going to do two East Coast-ish races. Right? Now, I had a few people say, oh, Joey, still your idea or something like that. I said, no, I don't think you still my idea, but I, I think definitely we pushed, we've been pushing towards something like this. And actually, Joey, with, with the Dirt and Lone Star and Silver State, that's three races that he can do this by. But also who can do this is Dave at race time. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he has he has five races that most people will attend. So, yeah, come on. Like, if these two guys work together, they could have had an American National Series for the past, like, five years. I know, I know. Like, such a lost opportunity. Such a lost opportunity. Well, he's... he's what, but at least they're waking up. It's good. Well, to 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 say this, Joey's always wanted to do this. I would say this. He's, he's talked about doing I, it before. I would imagine. I would imagine. He's, he's talked mm-hmm. about it before. I hope he does it this year, but we also know that if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, but like I, I, I can't see, I can't see why he wouldn't make money because all he has to do because he already has live RC there, mm-hmm. so it's not an, any new expense. So all he pretty much has to do is put up on his website just the results yeah. and the like uh, standings. So all he has to do is count the points and put it up on his website. Nothing else. Then give a trophy at the end of the year and market it as, hey, this is a series. So actually, this might make him more money because some of the pros who don't go to the other races now may be like, well, I probably wasn't going to go there, but now it's a series. I just want to go there for the exposure. Right. So probably he's there's like nothing he could lose on this, and there's so much he could gain. Mm-hmm. So it's like a win-win scenario for him, and it's – to me, it seems weird why this hasn't been done before. Especially like, uh, if we imagine if we work at race time, they don't have to change anything. All they have to do hire live RC, put up a website, say this is the American Cup, put up standings there, done. Yeah. You have an American series. I mean, if they want to do it properly and do it like RCGP did, yeah, then it's gonna cost money. Mm-hmm. But if they want to do it just a cheap way, they can do it. And I don't think he's gonna put quite a lot of money on this because dnc already happened mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't lone star, lone star happened as well no no but they're doing this or, next year next year and guess what oh it's, next year it's ten thousand oh, okay. dollars uh cash giveaway this well thank you rcgp once again i'm sorry you know as well because mm-hmm. you're giving ten thousand dollars away to the winner after a series race wow you know what has he given any details though i thought it was this year well no, this it's is more 2022. interesting now 2022 so, Okay, so what's the, what's the details about this? Just he says more details to come, but it, it's just there's, there's, he has three of those races already, and then he's been you know okay. he's been doing some East Coast stuff, so he's looking to do some races. On yeah. The East Coast. So okay, so he's already doing the three races, so no extra cost. Then East Coast races are gonna give him so much money because there's so many drivers there. So okay, if Joey ever listens to this, and I hope he listens to this, please Joey do this. Contact Mugen. You have uh, Drake and uh, Mayfield. Contact HP, have Ogden, and probably some other guy. Contact S-Works, they have Lime and Hackett. Contact Techno, they have like five guys. Say, hey, please attend these events. Uh, I'll give you all like a spot, uh, like a video spot by LiveRC. Uh, You get like this extra exposure. 
if you just attend these events, we're going to say like you guys are a team and you guys are working as a team. You get more exposure. You don't really have to pay anything more because the entries are already pretty high. Mm-hmm. And in the end, no one's going to have to pay more. Everyone's going to benefit and it's going to look more professional. It's like a, everyone wins. No one loses. So to me, like if he wants to go all in, I think what he should do is to have like a, uh, like a race format where after qualifying he has like the pro like the, the guys who qualify straight to the main are like the pro pro guys mm-hmm. and then he does like spots on every one of them interviews them has like press conferences uh, and like after qualifying because you have the results you can just interview all like the top guys and you don't have to change even the race format just change like the media presence around it so just change it so that it looks like these guys are the pros that attend every event like rcgp did but just have the normal race so make it look like you're doing what rcgp is doing but don't actually change anything this is like the cheap way to do this and make it look cool if you want to do it i would still I would still want him to do it the way RCGP does it because that's actually better for the racers. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to do it cheap and make it look good, just like do normal race, but have the media make it look like it's a US series like RCGP is. And I really hope he does this because this is, this is the cool thing that he can do. And this is what everyone has been wanting for so long like imagine like just like the storyline of it like you have the team techno you have the team associated you have the team Mugen, you have all these guys and they're not doing anything different you're just saying they're doing something different mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's like faking it all but it doesn't look like faking it because it's actually like people can see it now they mm-hmm. don't have to find it and look around their corners oh those guys are actually attending all these races Rivkin won the first one maybe won that one they are now you can see it like it's front and center hey this is a series these guys are rivals it looks cool even though it's still the freaking same thing yeah i'm, I'm all for it let's do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and yeah we, and we can do yeah. it in europe with the masters of europe and then i still want to do i still want the exactly. rcgp thing but you know it's change is slow and and yeah. very slow i mean look it took a whole year to yeah. get a, a, a logo changed so you know yeah. We well, actually, I want to I want to just add on the add on to this that okay. if like I don't think this if you do it like the way I explained just then, you're not probably gonna attract any outside sponsorship because it's not very organized. If you want to actually attract like a monster energy or whatever you think of, you have to do it the way RCGP does it, in my opinion, because that's just it's just everything is more professional. It actually you can sell a race series not just random races mm-hmm. that you call a series so and also get some spectators. If, if you yeah if you want to get like spectators and like uh, big money into it you have to make it look like it's actually a huge deal uh like in reality like if they show up at the track they're gonna see oh shit the pro guys are coming and they look like pro guys because everyone's wearing team shirts they have these team tents and like they look like okay those two guys are that team. Those mm-hmm. two guys are that team. And it's actually just that. But if you want to make it look like inside the RC world that, hey, we have a series, this is the perfect way to start it out. Especially when you, if you don't want to invest so much money into it. Like RCGP had to invest quite a lot of money into that. And they made it work, in my opinion at least. And they just need to keep it going. But if you don't want to invest money, the way I just explained how Joy could do it is the 
best way. Yeah. It's better than nothing. I mean, it's only took, what, 20-something mm-hmm. years? Oh, to yeah. This, so. yeah. I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I, I think Dave should do it or maybe work together as well, and they can have a whole I East mean, Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. But to me, to me, they should do it together. Mm-hmm. So you could have, like, the West Coast. Like, I don't think Joey could would actually even need to do his own East Coast races. They could just do a series together where they split the profit. Like the series profit, you know. Well, we're talk- like they could have sponsors for the series specifically. You're talking about a lot of corporation cooperation right there, Max. And you're talking about a lot of yeah, a lot of we need to make. And and it's no offense because yeah. we have Greed I have nothing against these guys yeah. making their money, but yeah, greed you know, and cooperation doesn't go well together. No. And speaking of Dave and race time, uh, we I know we give him some flack, but I like what they're doing lately. Like they got the trophies that he's doing a jumbotron. He's got live RC coming. Uh, he posted up yesterday, Wicked Weekend is looking to do a capped race with a different format. And I say, fuckity fuck yeah, let's do it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Wicked Weekends was a little bit slow this year because they did it at SMB and it didn't get as many people. It rained and stuff like that. So they will probably go back to yeah. where they do it in Atlanta. But why not? It's one of the races that probably does, it probably will get packed. But this is what I say. Cap that race, charge more. Right, charge slightly more so you can make your money because you still have to make your money, right? Cap it mm-hmm. at a certain number, cap each class at a certain number, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and do a different format. Give give people more runtime. You ain't there to one o'clock in the morning. You could go home at seven, eight o'clock, go with your friends, enjoy it, and make it a race where people actually enjoy it. Like, okay, I'm saying or people enjoy it, but you know what I mean? Where people see, hey. I can run one class. I can run two classes and get so much mm-hmm. runtime. And I can still, I don't have to be up at 5.30 in the morning because my main starting at 6. It starts at 8, you know, a decent time. And I could be out of there by at, late, at the latest 8 o'clock in the afternoon. So I think you should do it, Dave. Get it done. Let's see how it works. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, you just go back to the normal, normal way. But I guarantee yeah. people's gonna be like, yeah. "This is better." Yeah, I mean, the the downside to this is if you do it so that you just cap the entries and don't change anything else, mm-hmm. it's not gonna work because these guys are used to like uh, having like these guys gonna be complaining. Well, my friend did get in because these guys are used to races like this. So for them, change isn't like because if I go there, I'm like. Oh my God! I don't want to race to midnight. I don't race to one o'clock. I don't have. I don't want to like race three classes. I'm race one or two. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I go there because I'm used to having like schedules and stuff like that, for me it's like obvious that hey, this is not good. But for them, those people who race there, they're used to it. So if you change it, you have to do it like the way RCGPS Thunder Rally did. I probably didn't hear one negative comment about the way the RC2 class was there. Well, so I heard negative properly. I heard negative. What I heard, but you know what I heard negative? People were complaining because they were driving too much. Oh yeah, well that I heard actually. Yeah, and, and well, I, I negative admit, was people were driving too much. Yeah, they were like, "Well, yeah. you said we was gonna oh, get. I you weren't lying when you said we was gonna get a lot of runtime. Yeah, they got a lot of runtime, yeah. and only and most people only used two sets of tires the entire weekend. And but there yeah. were some complaints. I'm not gonna say there wasn't. Like people couldn't understand Everlap. Even my dummy, my dumb self, I didn't figure out Everlaps to the last main like you know oh we can watch it yeah but the thing is the thing is that's the freaking best software ever <laughs> like my rcm which we use in europe is like it gets a job done but at the bare minimum live rc uh, apart from all the glitches and all that and like the 
uh, how define your race, it's incredibly dumb. But like the you see your top ten, top fifteen, all that, that's good. So LRC is like uh, almost there. But like Everlaps is so freaking good. Like okay, I'll explain this. So uh, at Philippines, uh, I looked into it because I was like, okay, this is a new thing. It looks pretty cool. So I looked into it and see what I could do. So I was like, hey. I was doing pretty good laps and I went went to check Ongaro's laps and I clicked it and I could compare my laps to Ongaro's laps. Mm. I just clicked him and clicked myself and I could compare them. I could mm. see my laps and Ongaro's laps on the list. I was like, oh my God. Then I could check, check my run, every single run I had uh, together. They were like next to each other. This, it's, it's just so good people don't realize it. People are... People don't want to spend that extra 15 to 30 minutes to actually see the features there are that you can use. It's, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to just see yourself. It's, it's so much better when you see what it actually does. It's just so far ahead of anything else out there. I mean, I can't say if it's as reliable or, or as LiveRC or MyRCM because I don't really know or because, and they are really have it haven't got that for so long so i don't know about that side but just like the info you get out of it is just yeah there's nothing like it everlaps is i didn't realize yeah. the power of it till after it. the race you know yeah. what i mean because i was yeah. so busy i think and, and i get that that was very confusing yeah. for a lot of people i think the biggest thing with the with rc2 was just people weren't like like used to so much track time and mm-hmm. and like people are just like man we've been driving too much but that's that's what we promised yeah. and i think a lot of people were confused yeah, with a lot of things but that's yes. to be expected I mean, when you do something like this yeah so i uh, actually this is what me and jq kind of argued a lot about during the season because we like I, we stayed at the same hotels and when he was doing the schedules and stuff like we were planning how uh, how this is going to work out and like when he was doing with david david uh I was always kind of like, hey, like people are people are used to the old stuff, so you kind of have to take it easy on them. Mm-hmm. I agree with him that if you want to do it properly, you have to do it properly. Like everything needs to be properly. But to me, like some things he could have like uh, or Dave, because David was pretty much charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have just eased on a bit. So just like. Uh, if you bring in envelopes, bring in envelopes. Mm-hmm. If you bring in a new format, bring in a new format. But just like take it easy on them. Like don't bring everything at once. And people are like, because especially in America, in Europe it works pretty okay mm-hmm. because people are used to seating, people are used to qualifying like that. They're used to having the three minute warm up and then the race, mm-hmm. which America people don't have. It's no. one lap and then you just start. Yes. So I remember in America, people just like running and they're like, wait, the race hasn't started yet. I'm I know. Like, Come on, guys. I know. <laughs> so, like, especially in America, it's, yeah, I mean, I agree the way they did it. But uh, to me, at least you should have probably explained it a lot better or something like that. But in the end, though, most people seem to enjoy it when they just got it. I think so, too. But, yeah. um, that's a good thing, though. People complaining about too much track time. I think that's a good complaint. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I mean, anyway, enough about I, yeah. that horn. That yeah. horn. But um, yeah. I'm all for this, man. And I made a post on this and... As you know, I said when I said up the, up the charge, people just oh, you, you want to get more money. I said you you charge more, you give more, and what I mean by give more, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't consider open practice oh track quality track time. I don't consider that 
yes, it's fun. You can wait in line when it gets too busy. Give everybody the same amount of track time. Give a, a practice schedule, you know, three rounds of practice, seed in practice, whatever, on the first day. Then, you know, whatever. That's, for me, that's what I think is really mm-hmm. good. Like, you know, open practice is, is yeah. you know, like, and I you just, know what? Uh, it's for club races. That's what open practice and is. And you know for. what? The, I think the best argument for this is when people say, hey, well, the entry, like, for example, Neo, the entry fee is like 200 pounds or something. That was 100 dollars I think. Yeah, well, around two hundred dollars or whatever, but it's pretty expensive. And then, like the DNC is like I think it's ninety nowadays per class. Yeah, around there. Yeah, yeah. So we we actually counted. So with the two hundred dollars you pay at Neo, mm-hmm. you pay half as much per minute at the track as you do at DNC. So actually, DNC is twice as expensive as Neo. Even though it looks like on paper, hey, I'm paying 90 bucks and it, at the uh, Neo, I'm paying 200. Actually, what you end up getting is it's like a like 50% off. Like if you wanted, if you could pay Neo entry would be $400 if the track time would be the same, like comparing with the track time. So the ratio between money you pay and the track time you get is half, half the price at Neo than w- what it is at DNC. So don't just look at the first number you see. Actually think about, hey, what am I getting out of this? You know? Yes, and not the, not you remember when you run three classes, man. Three sets of tires. That's yeah, that's that too. Like even even the thing like with if you run two classes, uh let's say you run two classes at DNC and if like okay, even if you run two classes at DNC, it's uh almost the same price as RCGP mm-hmm. uh, or uh, no, Neo more. and you still well, okay. Well, it's 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 like a twenty bucks or more or whatever. No, RCG is one hundred and twenty-five, and two two classes at at DNC are one hundred and eighty. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let, let's compare to RCGP. So it's more, but still running RCGP. You, you run more. one class at RC two. You get more track time than running two classes at DNC. And the thing is, let's imagine a race where you run three classes. You pay the same amount as you pay for an RCGP race where you run just one class and you get the same track time. Mm-hmm. I would argue that running one class for more track time uh, compared to running three classes for the same amount of track time is more valuable running that one class because you get you need to, you feel your car, you can focus on that one car, you don't have to have three cars around and you don't have to like uh, mess up your race schedule and all that like, oh, I run Chuggy, my buggy feels kind of weird then you mm-hmm. get used to it and you run like all that hassle is not worth like even 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 if dnc was cheaper uh if you run three classes than what rcgp is running one class even then i would argue it's more valuable to one run one class properly than run three classes half-assed well see you're, you're, you're missing out on the other thing here it's not always just about track time it's about the chance to to make a main or get a podium that's what running all these classes. Well, do. I don't know. So I mean, to it's me, I would, I would argue against that. that. It's not for all of that. You can do that, I, but I think, I think I don't know how they're going to do this at Wicked Weekend. Um, but I definitely think you should, you should up the price a little bit. Like I think you should, if you want to mm-hmm. run three classes, no, you have to. That's that's your choice. But if you can, yeah. if you want to run one class and you can get, if you can run one class at this race and get as much runtime as you did running three classes at any of the other race time events, 
and I'm not including open practice. We're not talking about that. Yeah, you know, open, yeah. That's all they need to bend. That's you know then then go for. But if you want to run three classes and you know that this is a cap race and it's going to be more money, but you will be in a comfortable race. You you get you if you mm-hmm. want to pay all that money, then go ahead. You know what I mean? But there's people out there that may mm-hmm. not want to pay that money and they want to run. But they when they go to these races, they know that they have to run multiple classes in order to get proper track time. But if you know you can do it with one yeah. class or two and be sufficient, then it will be all right. So I hope they do it. Please do it. And I can't wait. I, I would love to go to Wicked Weekend. We'll see. We'll see. It's in August, I think. So I want to actually argue against your point about people want to make it the main. I think people want more head-to-head racing. So like at European races, even if you had like uh, a few qualifiers only, you will always have that 20-minute main. In America, you might have a seven and a half minute main in night show. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, that's the thing too. So let's say you have less track time, but more of it is racing. Mm-hmm. That's more worth it. So if you run three classes, yeah, you might get a few more, you get two more uh, seven and a half minute mains, but is it really worth, let's say having like RCGP had that 20 minute bumper main and you also had that qualifying race. Like mm-hmm. you already there get more track time than you could ever get running like uh let's say dnc and running three classes mm-hmm. you get more head-to-head racing i mean obviously if you make the main but it's the same in rcgp if you bump up you get more and more track time. yeah of course i remember some people ran like over an hour during the bump up day because they bumped up so many times people are getting exhausted about running I know. <laughs> because they weren't used to it oh man how about the okay i just gotta say this the lcq race at thunder alley when the thylacine just yeah, that was that the was best one of the best great. finishes ever. Like I'll never forget that little bump and her. It was a little bump and her zig were battling, and the thylacine mm-hmm. Aaron Dex was just behind. I'm like, and I was like, oh man, I re- I really wanted him to make the main or bump because only one, and I just had to bring that up because that was such a good race. And they made that bubble on the last jump at the last corner, and Dexter was just right behind him. And I was like, yeah, ah, that's so cool. <laughs> that's what you get. That's yeah. the excitement from LCQs. I have people against LCQs mm-hmm. too, man. I don't get that. Yeah, um, I don't get that. I don't get that either. All right, enough enough about that. I hope Wicked Weekend does that. Uh, let us know you guys' thoughts on that. We went on, off on a tangent on that. All right, Max. Yeah. I want to. We did have a With big these topics. It- well, it's, you know, with these topics, it always seems to happen. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, so we had a race. Uh, uh, J Concepts. Uh, the J Concepts Winter Carpet, J Concepts Western Carpet Nationals at 702 Raceway in um, in Vegas. I just, I wanted to bring this up because, you know, the GOAT was there and Rivkin was there and actually... Wait, wait, wait. This is not the right class. No, I know. I'm just, I'm giving no, a shout no, out to no, Morna no. Crime because he won, he won oh. two-wheel drive. But I'm still gonna say that he has to. If he doesn't, he needs to. He, he's gonna say he's moving up to mod next year. So, good. He needs to move up to mod and um, and nitro. So. If if any of these guys have finished top three in a major stock race before, they would need to move to mod the next race. Well, you missed our our debate last week: stock versus mod, live. <sighs> yeah. I don't really think this topic is debatable. <laughs> well, you, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And no, that stock doesn't even exist here. Right. So let's go to let's go to. Well, this is Brock Champlin's home track. So yeah. he TQ yeah. and won. That's a good win for Schumacher. But I'm sorry, Brock's. We know Brock's fast on carpet. We know that. 
super fast on carpet. Yeah. I mean, this is like, if you did, this is like, this is like good result, bro. This is not like, hey, he won. It's like, okay, he won. This is like, if he didn't win, I'll be like, hey, yeah, he practices here all the time. He runs the best uh, car car for carpet. Uh, None of these, like, okay, ASR, A cars are pretty good on carpet, but like TLR, like, come on, like, these guys probably never run on carpet, at least I would imagine. So, and the carpet Schumacher master. only runs the car. Right, huh? exactly. Schumacher only, pretty much only runs on carpet. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Brock won the the goat in second. Rivkin in third. Look at that TLR on. This is good. This is this is what I like to see. T, the TLR yeah. AE. I'm actually rivalry. I'm actually pretty surprised Rivkin wasn't second. But Rivkin is pretty good on carpet, and associated cars are generally really good on carpet. So. Yeah. Blake. I don't really. I do, oh, I didn't watch the main. So yeah, I just watched them briefly. Uh, it wasn't an EOS track. It was cool, but you know when you see those EOS tracks, yeah, it's um, it's a little the bit. EOS tracks are way harder. Yeah. The American track seems to have much better flow and like the carpet is much, uh, like more forgiving. The e- EOS tracks are just like they're crazy. And this is actually, I I'm kind of surprised. Like the Schumacher four wheel drive is like out of this world. So yeah, he. A, he I think I think A have actually just brought up the game with the new one though. Mm-hmm. So it could be, I haven't I haven't driven the new four wheel drive, so I, I can't really comment on this, but like the Schumacher four wheel drive less at the OS seems just like so so over anything else. Well, I mean we haven't seen Yon around in a while, yeah. so can't really say but well yeah, I, I was actually pretty surprised seeing this. Well, but Rifkin, I mean good win for Spencer. Yeah, Rifkin won this uh Brock in second. I do that because that's all Paul Heyman does. Brock Lesnar's into, into Brock Where Lesnar. was Cole Collard in tool drive? Uh yeah, we're let's see. But I just the goat in third. I have to say this Associated won the week this week. Even though this is a great result oh, for the yeah, goat. Yeah. Um Associated Yeah, yeah Associated I think, won. I think the score is like two one now. I, I've lost count. But um Yeah, but I I would even consider against Brock this is a win for Spencer because Brock, this is Brock's home track, mm-hmm, remember this. Mm-hmm. So Tallard was fifth in in two, two he's a silent assassin okay. he is, you know, and he's good in, in eight scale too. Yeah. But he's kind of like he's under the radar quite a lot. Yeah. Like he doesn't get that same exposure. Like uh, drivers like Van Dalen get much more exposure. And Cole Tollard is actually pretty versatile. He's really good in 10 scale. He's pretty good in 8 scale. Speaking of... Like, he's... Yeah. I agree. Yeah, so... Speaking of drivers that are disappeared, where's Alex K? I haven't seen him around for a minute. Alex Kuzowski or whatever yeah. his name is. But actually, I don't think he runs carpet. I'm yes, not sure. And this is just... He does? Because he lives up in Connecticut. But I don't think I've ever... But he okay. hasn't been well, racing I don't think I've all. ever seen him run. He, I haven't heard about him in, in over, well, okay. I mean, COVID too, but he's just kind of not around and maybe he's in school or something. I don't know. Just kind of, it's oh, really yeah. smart things. Because he was like, he was like one of the fastest yes. up and comers at one point. Yeah. And he's just gone some, he's just disappeared. Yeah, that's actually true. Mm-hmm. So Weird. this, this was, it was okay. A good result for Brock. Great was a great weekend for, for Cav too. And, and Rivkin, um, but yeah, yeah, we got to give this weekend to. <laughs> well, I guess we got to give it to Schumacher. But I mean, in the TLR, I don't know. I would, I would actually, I would actually give it to Spencer because this is Brock's home track. You know, mm-hmm. like that, that's that's a big deal. And they didn't change the layout. Like if they changed the layout, then it would be free real estate. But yeah. 
it's it's the same layout and Brock's been practicing there for I don't know how long, but every every post he makes is from this track. So, but you see like, what I see? He should I, have dominated. I see the goat. He's he's just doing this steadily. Yeah, he's doing but what Cavanaugh does best. Works as well. Yep, that's yeah, what that's Cav what happened does with Westworks as well. That's yeah. what Cav does best. But I'm still worried about the eight scale platform. That's <laughs> well, that's he not needs working a little bit more him. time on it. Um, you put a note yeah. on her SMJ wheel wheel shims. You should have put a link on her because I didn't oh, see yeah. this. Oh yeah. Okay, so this was uh, for touring cars. So mm. SMJ, the well, uh, this this point I'm trying to make here is not about this wheel nuts. It's about the more broader thing. So the SMJ wheel, uh, it's not wheel nuts. It's wheel shims. So it's these uh, soft shims. So it's a flexible material like a sponge or something. Mm-hmm that you would put uh, on top of the hex. So when you would tighten your wheel, it would like, if you really moved around, it would have some like movement to it. Mm-hmm. So pretty much like if you would have a softer uh, wheel or something, but touring cars pretty much always have uh, spec tires. So people were like major clowning on this on uh, Facebook. I saw everyone is like, Hey, this is like hoodie, like blah, blah, blah. What is this? Like next they're going to release the premium O-ring or whatever. And then I saw this one post because I was like, no way they're going to release something this time. If it isn't actually like beneficial, like if there's no nothing to it. Mm-hmm. So I checked, checked the comments and I saw one guy say, Hey, this is actually a real deal. And, uh, so yeah, pretty much how this works is just that you will have that softer feel mm-hmm. uh, on the wheel and with spec uh, spec tire races that could benefit you. And I, mm. I believe how this actually works is because the, the surface you're running on is always like having a little bit of uh, roughness to it. So the car is like shaking all the time mm. when it's running. And with touring cars, the shock speeds are really slow. Like the like with off-road cars, you can see the cars, the shocks can take a lot of the shaking motion. But with uh, touring cars, the springs uh, are so thick and the shock speed is so freaking slow that it can't really counter this like really high frequency shaking of the car. So I think this actually sort of balances that out and gives the tire more contact uh, while you drive. So that's my theory. If these actually work, this mm-hmm. is my theory on why they work, but I don't, I, I haven't never tried it. I don't know if it actually works, but so, okay. That all being said, everyone pretty much was on clowning on this mm-hmm. and like, there's actually some science and some actual good things about this. Right. So no matter what you do, if it seems weird or odd, people will clown on it. So let's, for example, Serpent had an eight scale car with the rear shocks in front of the arm. And uh, there's a rumor going around that it was better, but they switched the uh, shocks with the rear of the arm because people thought it was worse. So they had it so on the front, they, like where... Mm-hmm. We, 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 front of the arm. In well, this. I've seen people do that, like in the, on the JQs, you know, like Chris Morales. Mm-hmm. And I've tried by. it and yeah. it works. Yeah, I tried it and it works. It's probably better at some tracks. Mm-hmm. So uh, they switched it to the back only because of uh, people who bought the car thought the car wasn't working for them because of that. So they thought, oh, it's not as good when the shocks are in front, even though they probably just messed it up in the setup. 
Like they would just uh, like didn't bother to fix the setup and just complain about that. That's one example. And there's plenty of stuff like this where people do something different that is actually better. Uh, like the cap forward bodies in 2012. If you watch my aerodynamics video, by the way, they got it right in 2013. Then people went back to the cap backwards because like, oh, this is much better on high speed, which it is maybe on like super high speed, but then on jumps and every any sharp corner, it's worse. The cap backwards bodies, that is. And if you watch my aerodynamics part two, you can hear the full explanation about why that is. But people have these misconceptions and they have their beliefs that are based on nothing at all. And then they just like spoot around until they, they have to be like really, really convinced about mm-hmm. things. They don't have think about it. They need, everyone needs to like stop and think, Hey, it seems weird, but Hey, this actually works pretty damn well. So yeah, that's just my, my take on this. I just, I just uh, actually accidentally saw this mm-hmm. and saw people clowning on it. And I was like, yeah, there's gotta be more to it. And there was. Well, most of the people talking on Facebook are like me. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't know what I was talking yeah. about anyway. But now that you you talk about it, I was also thinking maybe it affects wheel uh, width as well. But then they have to fit a certain. Yeah, but yeah, but you would you would obviously compensate for that. So that's not the thing. You well, could just use normal shoes. Well, we used to the use... think about this because they should, they they sold two different uh, stiffness, so uh, okay. it's a flexible material. It's so all it's suspension, tuning, tunable suspension stuff. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all we have for this. You know, I think we should. Um, I don't have any more news. And it was. It's yeah, kind of. I think that's for the news. The news. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, it's winter, COVID. <laughs> what kind of news could we have? I don't know, but you know what? We do have a lot of questions, so I think it's time to go to the beach RC. Bench Racing Q&A. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So, fill up your cart and check out at beachrc.com today and thank you beachrc we actually have a message from brent at beachrc because the beachrc.com virtual easter egg hunt is back for 2021 it's bigger and better with more gifts and a grand prize drawing every order placed from 12 p.m est on april 4th to 3 a.m est april 5th will get your name entered into a into a drawing for the ultimate RC Easter basket. But that's not it. Tons of shoppers will find Easter eggs in all sorts of places. We can't tell you where they are, but you will know when you see one. So get those carts ready and good luck. Rules and instructions will be on beachrc.com early next week as well as sent out in the Beach Nation email. If you are not if you are not already a subscriber, <laughs> Sorry, if you're not already a subscriber now, would be a good time to become a Beach Nation e- email subscriber to get all the latest news and updates from BeachRC.com. Also, I was told free peeps in every order next week. So, 
Go to beachrc.com. Use the affiliate link if you can. I try to do my Shardimus Prime voice, but it was kind of difficult to focus on his voice and read that at the same time. So next time I'll get it right. Shardimus Prime is this, this like toy guy that I watch, and he's like got a million oh. subscribers and all this type of stuff. So thank you, Mark. Beach. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, thank you, Beach RC, for your support. Please, guys, go check them out. Use our affiliate link that was in the written description of this podcast. It definitely helps us out. And thank you, everybody, for the questions. So our first question is from Chris Boyder, a.k.a. Gatorman. What's up, Chris and Gabby and Midnight? Can a pit man run onto the track and fix a broken car during an A-main? No, he cannot. No. He brings it back to the pit okay. and fixes it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's and it. also, Marshall cannot do it either. Let's say, okay, with with ten scale and ball cups, that's that's a gray area for me because well, it's, if it's like ball cup and it's like pop and back in, okay. But if it takes more than five seconds, leave it on the ground. That's it. Okay, I'm. A, I can agree. That goes. With, that goes with eight scale. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if eight scale, you have your body uh, fucked up or something is between your. Uh, arm or I don't know whatever like something small mm-hmm. then do that if it takes more than five seconds mechanic comes takes the pits fixes yeah. it done simple not on the track because you have to restart in the pit I believe yeah. mm-hmm. all right Josh mm-hmm. Garber yes. of of scale racing sports I believe uh he's the guy who behind the Blue Ridge National Summer Sisters and it looks like they're also doing a race at Clemson they're gonna have live RC there too so this is another East Coast indoor race coming up indoor races coming up and um they have been race a big support time? excuse me no this is a SRS scale racing sports okay. Josh Garbett uh they okay. they new have thing, um, or... excuse me is it a new thing or well they started about 2 years ago before. so you know okay. um they're getting there they're getting there Mm-hmm. He's he's actually the question. So if you guys don't know him, please go check out SRS and they're putting on some they're putting on three races this year, Summer Sizzler, then they're doing a run at actual in the actual campus or gym of Clemson um Clemson University in South Carolina. And then they're doing another their Blue Ridge Nationals which they have in November. So he wants to he, this is the question about pills and I don't know if you're going to we have time to answer this because you said there's no quick answer to this. So I think yeah. he has to watch your video. But let's let's ask his question. Talk to me about pills and the pivot angle of your arms, both front and rear. Why would you want them to run them flat? Why would you want the leading edge tilted up? Why would you want the leading edge tilted down? What are you trying to improve with this adjustment? Corner entry, exit, drive, corner entry, or exit, steering, or is it a suspension thing? Smooth track versus versus bumpy. Thanks, Lefty. Thanks, Max. Max, do you have a quick answer for this? So the okay. So I think actually, I the first time I read it, I thought he would wanted to activate everything about the pills, which which is kind of hard to <laughs> completely answer because like moving the arm any which way is like the basic fundamental change in a car uh, that you can make. But pretty much, uh, so actually, the video this week will, that will be up is about exactly this, which is like anti-squat and kick-up. So, if you look at the car, like you have the, uh, wait, I have to see this. So, the rear arm is kind of like this, and the front arm is kind of like this. Mm-hmm. You know, both are like up like this. So, if you look at just the rear arm, what it does is it has anti-squat. So, it will uh, sort of uh, 
work against the squatting motion of the car when you go in power. Then if you would have it the other way around, it would actually be pro squat, which would mean that when you go in power, it would actually squat even more. Uh, so that's the basic uh, principle of it. Then in the front, you will have a kick up. So if you have the rear arm like this, you will have the front arm uh, like this. So kick up in the front. So the front uh, edge of the arm is up. You will have kick up, which means you will all have pro dive. This would mean that when you brake, the front end would go down more than if you would have the arm flat. The flat, mm. flatter you have the arm, less it will go down. And if you would angle it inwards, like the leading edge would be downwards, it would mean that you would have anti-dive, meaning it would be stiffer uh, once you break. So this is like the very basic thing about it. And there's a lot more to it and a lot more like how this really works on track. And But this is the very basics of it. So if you angle this uh, rear arm towards the center or angle the front arm towards the center, you will have anti-squat and anti-dive. But we angle the front arm, uh, the leading edge up, which means you have a kick up, which uh, in other words could be described as a pro dive. So that's uh, the very basic explanation of this. Josh, I think it would take 30 minutes to describe everything you asked. So you know what? Max's video is dropping her and guys should check it out. Max yeah. Mort I, I, on YouTube. I'm, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he also asked about like the toe angle as well. And mm. have a, I have a video about that as well. And that's also what you do with the pills of the car. Yeah. And that's uh, as well uh, much more complicated. But the videos give you a much better understanding of the whole concept if you actually want to like uh, know. Yeah. Thank you for the question as well, Josh. I think he wanted more to know about like when to use it and what they do. But I mean, we would. That would be a very long, long answer. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through all that uh, in the video, Sweet. and that's like there's so many different things. Sweet. So check them out, Josh. I I know that's a long question, so um, yeah. it's best done with. It's a visual. good question. Yeah, it's, it is very good. It's that, that type of questions are the important ones. Yeah. All right, Connie Swenson of House of RC. He, I want to hear Max Mort's take on body aerodynamics. This is going to be another long answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen his videos on the subject, but some people just state it's a placebo effect. As an example, look at how X-Ray described the positive effect, effects on their latest body design, which many state it was an obvious copy. It sounds on it sounds on the description that this is one of the most important things you can change on a car, like saving many tenths of a second. But we see many races, many races where top drivers lose a wing or something on the body, gets broken, and they can still drive as well as before. What is the real effect? Is this just marketing? I want hard facts, not feelings. He also goes on to say, X-ray's description of their new body, the redesigned sides of the body improve stability at higher speeds. The round front cab and profile make the XB8 easier to drive. Some of the redesigned downforce areas increase the speed of the car. The central fin on the roof help control the car more precisely, making handling more predictable. Overall, the new Easy Body is the most significantly improved performance offer body we have designed. This is all you because you've been preaching this for a, a very long time. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get the wing brakes mid race people do better laps. So uh, if you go to a big race, most of the times these top guys run their fastest laps in the end where they're trying to catch someone or whatever. And you watch the tires after the race, and they're completely bald. Now, you would never argue that running bald tires is faster than running new tires. 
So what this comes down to is these guys and me included, if I'm mid race and my wing falls off or my tires go bald, I just have to drive harder. It's harder to drive. It's harder to do that same lap again and again, and I have to put much more effort into it. So with this aerodynamics, you will get the same speed with much less effort, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the same with new tires. You get the same speed with much less effort. So, uh, and that's actually also the thing, like if you have a car that's awful, most of the times you can run almost the same lap times with it. It's just much more difficult to do that lap time again and again, unless like, obviously you can have a car that's just pushing all a lot, which is impossible to run fast lap times with. But like, if you have a car that's hard to drive, you can still be pretty fast with it if you just push it Mm -hmm. to its absolute limit. So that's the counter that type of argument, because RC in the end is very much like driver based still. It's not like if you have the fastest car, you will be the fastest driver, like let's say Formula One is. Uh, but that's that's just um, to take that argument. Mm-hmm. And then to people who say it's just a placebo, uh, I would say, yeah, it can be a placebo. Let's say a front scoop or whatever. Most people will probably even notice it. And especially if you don't really, if you aren't really used to setting up your car or trying different things, it can be a placebo. But I've tried this so many times on so different conditions to back to back to back. And every single time when I have a cap forward body, preferably, uh, preferably with the side wings, it's always A, faster, B, much easier to drive. Mm-hmm. So with aerodynamics, the biggest difference I feel is just that you have much more trust in the car. Mm. Uh, it gives you that extra grip that you can trust in the car and you can go where you want. Uh, you could think like, as I said uh, earlier, with both tires, you can have that best lap at the end of the race. But the trust in the car is minimal. Like you just uh, like pushing it to its absolute limit without having any good control of it so that's how i think the best way to describe aerodynamics is you wouldn't want to start the race with both tires if you can start it with the new ones mm-hmm. and you would want to start the race with the bad uh, badly designed body and wing setup if you can start with uh, body and wing that has good downforce so that's the way i would uh, counter these arguments and uh you it's, know it's biggest- really hard to ex- your biggest uh, opponent ahead. against this is Joseph, and he says yeah. it's all placebo. But then, I like Greg. You know how Greg is. He he has a mm-hmm. carburetor that's fourteen years old, and he believes in you know all this type of stuff. So Greg swears Don on these bodies. Remember that guy who used to in Singapore that was making the JQ bodies at one point. Yeah, yeah. So Greg has like three of Duration. these all yeah. painted, and is like these are the last ones. These are the best bodies for mm-hmm. hot rod. It keeps the car. So I said, are you serious? It's like, yes, I'm dead serious. I said, but JQ says that's all placebo. JQ is full of shit. <laughs> you know, Greg, but yeah. he swears well, on that this body it. works way better at, mm-hmm. at hot rod because of the slow, you know, it's lots of one eight tight one eight is and all mm-hmm. this type of stuff. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's the cap forward body with the sides that has some angle up. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. And I believe him completely. And Greg actually knows his shit. He yes. he tried different wings and he he even though Greg sometimes jokes about this is like bullshit, but he knows like this uh, makes sense. And also one thing that Greg does is he cuts the droop uh you know the where the droop screw, you screw it into the chassis, you know? Yeah. He cuts those off in the front because it, those catch the jump faces. Mm-hmm. He also never runs the JQ stock bumper. Oh, he yeah, runs the yes. race form one or something no, called like that because that has less the, the ODE bumper yeah. because that has less angle to it and it doesn't catch the jump faces. Mm-hmm. Those type of things are like people would say, "Oh, that's just uh, bullshit. That's placebo, whatever." But then you try it and you actually like think about it. It's it actually works and. Uh, I haven't done it now in my associated because I didn't want to ruin my new chassis. But mm-hmm. in JQ, every time I got a new chassis, just cut the front pieces off. Yeah. I always run full drop in the front anyway. So that's uh, that's that. Uh, and uh, what comes to JQ, I think he knows that the body makes a difference, mm-hmm. but he wants to make the car work mm, first. I and I do that myself quite a lot as well. For example, last summer, because I didn't know the car, I don't want to put aerodynamics or new tires on it like all the time mm-hmm. to have like the best mm-hmm. possible, you know, scenario because you want to know where the car is bad. You want to know wh- where the car is letting me down before you put all these other things around it. And the best way to find it is not to have all these, I would call them aids, but it's just like, it's what it's just a complete, complete to complete the car, the body and the wing are a big part of it. But having, like new tires all the time, having uh, the best possible aerodynamic setup of your car, you're going to have a much harder time identifying the issues with the car. And I really believe, and I'm pretty much 100% sure, this is why JQ is against like this, uh, uh, talking about bodies, because he wants to make the car work uh, first and then put all that other stuff on top of it, which is completely understandable, and I do it myself when I test a lot of times. But yeah, it's, I mean, if people like, even if it was placebo, whatever, I, most of the time I put the normal body on, mm-hmm. then I put, I have a, a two, I have two bodies. I've done this multiple times. I have two bodies, one without the wings, uh, like the cap forward body, one mm-hmm. without the wings and one with the wings. I go drive with one without the wings. I drive. It's kind of hard to control. Uh, I make lap times. Then uh, I'll put the other one on go drive, easier to drive, two tons faster, put back the normal one on, again, two tons slower, harder to drive, put the other one on, two tons faster. So you can say that's placebo, I don't care, I'm two tons faster with the other body. So, yeah. Yeah, you, I remember, I'll never forget when we was at Thunder Alley and Chris Morali was like explaining all this to Joseph. Remember, because he had this side mm-hmm. pods on and he was all into it and Joseph was like, yeah. that's bullshit, it doesn't work. Placebo. Yeah. And, um, but you know who else believed yeah. in this heavily? Uh, was Carson Wainermont. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually, if you watch my aerodynamics video, yeah. he, he is very much included in there. His body designs. I haven't watched it yet. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I was talking it. to just people listening. Yeah. Okay. It's a long video. It's one of my longest ones. I know. I, it's hard for me to get in science mode nowadays when I don't race. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I don't think my target audience is you, per se. Of course you, not. You're like more, you're like more like, you know, talking about uh, like the RC scene. Yes. No? All right. Yeah. Um, 
Adam Duckett. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, uh, I'll say one more thing. Okay. So uh, the Toyota WRC car, the rear wing, uh, when you're going, I think, 100 kilometers an hour, uh, it's 90 kilograms of downward force from the rear wing alone. Only the rear wing. Mm. So if you take the rear wing off, it would be the same as taking 90 kilograms of downward force when you're going 100 uh, kilometers mm. an hour. So if you just uh, scale that down to RC, it's a pretty significant difference. And if you look at F1 cars, uh, the downforce those cars produce is so high that if you lift, it's heavy. Just lifting, the force in the wings is higher than if you would do uh, slam on the brakes in a road car. There's so much like drag and downforce in the wings. Sweet. Sounds so, good. Sounds yeah. good. Um, yeah, man. So I, I think it, I think it makes a difference, man. I just, I understand mm-hmm. why Joseph probably doesn't like it because he wants to make the car work and that he probably thinks mm-hmm. that's like band-aids or whatever. But I also think mm-hmm. it goes yeah. in part of, in part and package with doing all the little things to your car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but setting up your car is easier to not have those around, in my opinion. Sweet. All right. Um, Adam Duckett. What's up, Adam? How you doing? Adam, Adam's a big dude. He's like six foot eight, ten or something like that. He's just one of the he I'm looks like, like five foot. He he I just don't know, he would definitely he would definitely rip you to shreds. Like tear you in <laughs> half, like a wet paper bag. Um the cool guy, man. He used to play football, um, loves RC. What's the best, worst style of qualifying? Uh, worst, uh, if more qualifying, 10-minute runs. Best, uh, probably the RC2 class. Just regular, if more qualifying, last mm-hmm. round decides by race. Did you do not like the that. heads up qualifying? I like the heads up, but you can't do it for more than like one race. You mm-hmm. can do it for two or three races, but... Uh, yeah, I, I to me though the heads up. The issue with the heads up is that it was four rounds and it was only one heat. Mm-hmm. So, I for me it was like if I had one bad round after that I just started testing stuff because all rounds counted. Because I, the difference was if I had one bad round, so let's say I ended up in the last place, and most likely I was going to start ninth, 10th or 11th or something like that. Anyway, no matter what I did, I would like, if I would win, I would maybe get like a seven starting spot, but most likely I would be starting like ninth, 10th or 11th. So if you have a bad, one bad round, there's no point of like trying anymore unless you're like, okay, if you're on or Ronafalk, you have to start in front. But for mm-hmm. someone like me, there's no point in like trying to be uh, like trying to win the race. Well, obviously there's point of trying to win the race, but no point of trying to like finish really high all the time. It's more benefit to just test stuff and then pick up a few spots in the main. Uh, so that's why I didn't like it. I, I actually uh, told Joseph and David, I would have liked uh, us to do like less rounds. So let's say one or two rounds of those, mm-hmm. or then go to like F1 style quality where it's just best lap mm-hmm. because that's like the super poles are so freaking fun to watch because like yeah. that guy's going around the track, like, Oh, he's going to make last corner. And it's like pushing to the absolute limit because in the end, it's only like one hit of cars. Mm-hmm. And like when you have like 200 entries, then you need to have like some consistency because some guys just kind of get a huge hot lap somewhere in there. But that's why you need with more entries, you will need to have 
the five minute runs in my opinion uh but with one hit and especially with like 12 cars and the way rc racing is at now there's really no point in running that much like four rounds of heads up racing i I mean, it was fun, uh, and the racing is fun. But mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like qualifying, like I wasn't really worried where I'm gonna end up in qualifying right. because if if it's a 60 minute main, I'm starting ninth or eleventh. Who fucking cares? Yeah, you know? for sure. So that was my and that I, I said that uh, from the start uh, to David and Joseph. But I mean, for the lives and all that, the it's show. probably the they show get comes much more first, content. Dude. Yeah, for the show, yeah. But I think I would have. I tried to argue this with them that Super Bowl, you can get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl, you can get hell of a lot out of it. They do it in order, so, right? but yeah, and it's it's freaking fun. But uh, worst one is ten minute qualifiers, if Mars style. Best one is probably RC. Why don't you style. like the ten minute qualifiers in Ifmar style? Because that's not, that's like racing. Isn't it? I don't know. That's like, yeah, it's, it's like you're driving a main by yourself. Yeah. Sort of. You yeah. Know? I could see that. I could see that. All right. Thanks for the question, Adam. Frankie Nunez. He asked how to avoid tire ballooning on a 6S, 6S or fast cars. So I'm assuming he's pro- like, well, I, saw, I saw some tire ballooning this past weekend on that Revo, man. That thing flipped <laughs> over and that guy kept that thing pinned. Oh, yeah. And that firm, man. And that thing went about a hundred feet in the air. It went. Whoop. Yeah, the, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I I don't I don't really know. I think you got to run heavier diffs like that. Could, but that's not gonna no. That's not gonna stop tire ballooning. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have only the inside tire ballooning, that's ticket yeah. is, is gonna help. But but if you have like both front tires ballooning or all tires ballooning, uh, probably the only thing to help is like a thread pattern that's not like pins Mm -hmm. that it's like a thread so it has like more uh stiffness to it uh or then just a a stiff tire compound yeah you gotta get the hardest tires you can get maybe yeah i know like proline has some like if this is for bashers or whatever they have um some strapped tires belted tires that you can use yeah belted tires yeah but that's really rare i don't know they have have i mean proline Proline have but like it's like only, I don't think. I think Proline is the only brand who has. Yeah, them. for bash, for mostly for bashers. So I'm not. I, I assume yeah, Frank yeah, is yeah. a basher. I, I mean, I don't think any racer runs success. But you can also. I know guys are using strap and tape inside the tire as well. Yeah, that can work. Put it inside the tire. If you if you want to try gluing the foam, might help. Yeah, gluing Two, the foam to the rim, but yeah, success is, is success crazy. a lot of power, man. Yeah, yeah. success a lot of power. Benjamin James, what's up, dude? This guy's got a great this this dude's got the best radio voice ever. He was calling the on road nationals here recently. Uh I've got a B62 on the way, and it's my first two-wheel drive buggy, and I'll be running it on black carpet. Should I make any adjustments to the kit setup or keep it box stock while I learn the buggy? Yeah, well, I have only run my B6 on Astro, so I have no clue. But this is like <laughs> ERS sorry, carpet, I'm... so. My, I mean, uh, what I always do, I just go on like Petit uh, RC or just associate a website and look up a setup for carpet. I mean, start out there, and if you have local guys, ask them. But yeah. it's the, the difficult part about this is, especially in 10 scale, there's so many different surfaces. And a lot of people run like, let's say in America, they run carpet, but they run J-Concepts tires. And in Europe, we run different type of carpet, we run Schumacher tires. So 
it's a completely different thing. It's it's not even close to the same. So the setup is going to be well. The setup is going to be similar, yes, but like the little things is still open. But I would imagine the box setup is the best way to start out. Yeah, I would go for that. If if it's, if you if you're running for carp and you have the B six point two and not the D version, just the, like the regular version for the carpet, then just run the box setup. Sweet, sweet. Troy Nicholson, why is the sky blue? Well, I think it's science. I think it's reflecting off the ocean, isn't it? That's why it's blue. Sun reflecting off the ocean. Who? I don't know. Uh, Me? No, he's asking. He's just asking crazy Who's questions. Blue? Why is the sky blue? Uh, why are there locks on oh, stores? That, why are there locks oh, on stores that are open twenty four hours? That's that's actually a good question. That's a great question. Yeah. Maybe for um, like uh, holidays. Yeah, I don't know. Do you don't, don't I know thought, holidays, I thought the dude. first question. I thought the first uh, question was like, "Is why is this guy blue?" No, why is the sky? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, if you want to know why, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want to know why. No, no, we, it's do, just we don't blue. go there. Uh, Joe Zaire yeah. Jr. ran out of talent. How you doing, Joe? And Ryan Greenan over there uh, with their awesome podcast. I call him Savage Joe because he does go savage, and he just got himself an RC eight uh, eight scale kit. Uh, so he goes, even though AE refused to have a team in the RCGP, they still advertise Ongaro winning the kit box on the point two. What are your thoughts on this? You know what my thoughts are? Good. That was the point of mm-hmm. RCGP. You know? Yeah, better late than never, you know? I'm glad At they did acknowledge it. it. That and gives some credibility to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think actually, uh, for the second season, AE was on. It was. It was on. It was associated Scampi Rosso. It wasn't uh, only Scampi Rosso anymore. Yeah. So, and so that would have been Rivkin. I, I, yeah, that would have been cool, yeah. you know? Having, like, Rivkin there, like, first American. Uh, and, yeah, well, Saxton no, was definitely Cole, on board. Cole was Saxton the first was American, like, remember? Then Lutz. Oh, yeah, well. Then Cav. Yeah. Well, Cole, Cole, is, Cole is sort of like, uh, he's sort of uh, an outcast in America because he's from the East Coast. Yes. Everyone else is like from the West, yes. West Coast. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jake, I, I think I think Saxon was pretty much in like since. Oh, like when it. everyone was in Thunder Alley. Yeah, everyone loved it there. So I, I hope they yeah, come they just were they a bit late to the party. Yeah, I, I think they would. I think they were on defense when it happened. You know what I mean? Mm, when it yeah. started, but once they saw Angaro and yeah. the, the the attention that he was getting, they was like, okay, this is worth it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that's exactly what RCGP was there for. For the, Even though they didn't sponsor it, and maybe it's not absolutely fair to the other companies that sponsored it, it was a unique case because the team that put him in ran Associated. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Jacob Gonzalez, since you guys want to do race organizing without classes, give an example of the schedule f- for the day at a large race, Sunday night, Sunday Nitro Buggy Day. How would you get this done so that bumps don't race back to back and you're not short on marshals on each heat? Also, how would you get the lower guys to, that know they won't ever compete at a top level motivate, at a top level motivated to go race? They know they won't be keep competing for any sort of podium spot when they are in the C main. All right, so Jacob, if, if we... Uh, we do actually um, in the rest of the world. They run Ifmar yeah. style, which is ladder style mains. So you have a one like mm-hmm. it goes in numbers. Your mains aren't ladders. A, B. Yeah, yeah. But they go in. You go to one. Like it depends on how many yeah, entries you so have. So you have the semi. You have the semi AB quarter AB yes. one eighth AB. 
So it's always A runs first, mm-hmm. then you bump up, then the, you have 30 minutes of time to prepare for your next bump, and then you go again. Yeah. So it's actually pretty cool because people run to the pits and they're like trying to fix that, change the air filters, yeah. put a new set of tires. That's like, I remember like, especially in Finland, because we had like, we we were trying like to get uh, everything done in one day. Mm-hmm. So it was only like maybe 20, like 23 minutes. Like it's pretty much like we run races back to back. So you had like maybe 20 minutes of time to change the set of tires to get your car ready. So it was like crazy. Like in, in Euros, I remember when it was like rain races mm-hmm. and uh, there was like uh, people who like ran they have a huge advantage because they know how the track is. They know the wet spots and all that. So people bump like freaking 10 times. And don't you have to provide so your own will, marshal? Or provi- don't you have to marshal uh, before no, your races? No, no, no. Uh, at Euros, at Euros uh, it works in a way so that every country has a designated spot. You know, so if, if there's 12 spots on the track, mm-hmm. let's say UK has like... 15 oh, or 20 drivers okay, they, okay. they all every driver has like they just like uh let's say the team managers hey you go then you go then like everyone uh, just decides i'm gonna marshal there so every country has to fill a spot you okay know? okay i get that um but yeah i remember it was crazy because they were like rain races so the cars were like full of mud so these guys run 20 minutes then bump, then like clean their cars, change tires, sometimes put in a new engine, then go back again. These, I, it's It was amazing. That's like, that's the best way of racing yeah. ever. That's, well, I think that would be cool. hectic for most people, but also these races have See, less entries though. So you have a little, maybe you have a little more grace time in between your, your races. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the Euros has 160 entries. Yeah, but that's, that's nothing compared to these races that we see, you know what I mean? Yeah, 160 class. actual entries, bodies, not... Yeah, yeah. and that's one, only one class. So right. you could start... I've seen people who started like, let's say they were 130 after quality, and they ended up in like top 50 or top 30. So they bumped all the way through. That's crazy. So that's, his next, his next question is about how do we... Also, how would you get lower guys that know they won't ever compete in the top level motivated to go race? Well, I mean, we're here to race RC cars, and it, it can only be one winner. So it's got it's yeah. gonna be one winner and a hundred losers. So are this you here like, to race RC cars, or are you yeah. here to win? If if winning is your is your look, we all want to win. We all want to make no. This is okay. Let's reverse this a bit. This com- I think this comes down to winning, yes, but more people don't want to be in the D main and run come all this way to run a ten minute main. Like, you know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. that I think that's a big thing too. So they can get longer, more runtime. So this is this comes down to the inherent his, issue is that when you have so many enters, the lower mains are gonna suffer. You know, so if you have less entries and you actually, um, you know, uh, like coordinate it better, where where like you can let's let's say in the one thirty second main or whatever, whatever, say. Let's say you're in the E-Main, if we put it that way. The E-Main's still yeah. getting 20 minutes. You know what I mean? 20 minutes of mm-hmm. runtime, and then they bump up and stuff like that, if this was that way. So, and also, man, it's like, not like, I get it. Well, we we can do it. Remember we had that caller who, asked, well, he wasn't on the, was you, was you on the line when he called? No, he wasn't, but he was talking about yeah. uh, how they do it in England, basically. When you, when you, when you, like, where you finish, like, so 
from this certain number is the pro class. From like one to twenty is the pro class. Oh yeah. Then, yeah. then twenty to twenty to forty is the the intermediate class, and then the uh, you know such and such to, to sports. Well, they have a they have a rating. So if you finish if you finish like. Uh, uh, let's say last year you finished twentieth in the series. Mm-hmm. You get, I think, I think they have like F two, F three, or something like that. So if you finish like, let, I don't know, I don't know exactly, but for example, if you finish tenth, mm-hmm. you are in the F one class. If you finish twentieth in the series next year, in F two class. So it's like they have the winner for each class, but all compete in the same race. So that's one way to do it. But also, I think if if you're gonna have this argument. Like this is the same argument people give for participation trophies mm-hmm. for kids. You know, like if you're going to have just, you're ending up giving everyone prizes if you're going to have this argument, people always want to win. It's, it's, I don't think it's about they don't want to win because at least here in Finland, these guys don't give a shit if well, they win or about, not. You're talking they about go to the- reindeer herders and people that were nomadic, you know, uh, fighting Vikings well, and Russians uh, and all that type of stuff. Are, these are still. These are still people. So no, they no, go to the race I, to have fun. They go to the race to race, you know? Right. Like these guys, th- these guys finish second to last and they're laughing because they got to run a 45-minute lane. Different, we different, had this race different attitude, in Finland. Different attitude. Yeah, you got to understand there's a lot of... We had this race... I don't know. If if Americans are this dumb, then I don't know. I don't know what to do. No, it's. I don't <laughs> think it's that. I think it's... I think it comes down to they don't get the track time. You know what I mean? When you're in the email, yeah, you yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. But here's like, what you do: you in just, Finland, you just you just give everybody mains the equal main time. Okay, obviously the, the A main and the and the C main can have the, the same amount of time. That's just not going to happen. Um, but then where you finish, for say from one to twenty is the pro class, and then where you finish from there, like say twenty to if you finish twenty second, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. That there you go. Here's your here's your intermediate class. You got you got you won the intermediate class. Here's your first trophy. Here's your second place trophy. Blah blah blah. Right? Then you then you cut the yeah. then you go to let's say from forty to to fifty. Forty to sixty is your sportsman class. Okay, you came you came you came first, second, third in your main. This qualifies you as the winner of the sportsman class. You still got a podium. You still got a trophy. You still get run time. And you don't, we don't, don't run a whole excess amount of classes. You, this is what the guy, yeah, I Eric Cesarno actually called in, said this, and I couldn't understand it. Wally and I couldn't understand it. And Rome was in the background messaging me like, this is exactly what we do in England, Keenan. And yeah, we, um, but I think this would be a good idea, but it's, it's just not going to happen yeah. because people just, I don't think it's necessary though. People want that trophy, because man. Way, people want that trophy to motivate I don't them. Think, to keep them I running. don't think they do. I don't think they do because uh, as I was trying to say, like in Finland, these people, they they get there. Like the, the, work, the way the all races work is we have the ladder system. So we have the uh, semi AB, core AB, blah, blah, blah. And everyone gets their 20 minute main. Mm-hmm. Then they bump or don't bump. If they don't bump, that's it. But there's a catch to this. After all that is done, there's B main, C main, and A main. So these people get that extra main as well. So they get the 20 minute bumper main and then they fight for position in the C main. Mm-hmm. So they don't get a trophy of winning the C main. They don't get anything, but they get to fight with guys at their level right, for like right, only right. position, not only that bump up. That's like the coolest part about this. So that's, these people just enjoy the racing. They don't give a shit about trophy or winning. They enjoy racing each other, having fun with their friends. 
you know? Well, this is part of the illusion that we've created in the industry and everybody thinks they should win and they want to win because they think they're going to... I get it. People yeah. want to take home hardware. Um, I get that. We all want to do that, you know? But at the end of the day, dude, there can only be one winner. One winner. Yeah. Even in that, even if you have 20,000 classes... There can only be one winner of that. If you have if yeah. you have fourteen but, classes, it's going to be one winner of each. Yeah, of them. yeah. But we talked about this. I think one of the first ones I was on uh, uh, last fall. Uh, we talk about uh, the uh, two class system they have in Italy: the F one, F two. So F one is sponsored uh, slash pro guys. So people who get their stuff maybe for free or like are pro, you know. And then you have the F2, which is like the open class. So that's all you need. F2 is like people who pay for their shit, people who do it for the fun of it, or like they just maybe are not that good yet. So like kids and stuff. So the winner of F2, you get that you get that trophy because you are like not a sponsored guy. You're not an established guy. Then if you're on pro class, you get that uh, podium if you win it. But if you have like pro, uh, then you have a 40 plus, you have a sportsman and everyone gets a trophy. That's like just giving everyone as participation trophies. It's oh, like, uh, Hey, yeah. you went to this race. Here's a trophy for you. You know, or, like that's, there's no point. Or it. could we break it down where we can say, okay, like kind of how we do it, you know, okay. We take the top 12, 40 plus guys and give them a man. We take the top 12 juniors and give them a man. 15 minute man. Yeah, could, that, that works too. Yeah. Could we could we do that with with intermediate and sportsmen, you think? So we don't have to have a whole separate qualifying form. We just take Yes, you could. Yes, you could. I don't think you but yeah, it'd be too I think difficult. You could, be too but difficult. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's necessary because I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm, is it is it that important for these people to get a piece of cardboard to go home with? It's 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 like yeah, really. It's like, part of the machine that, that we've created, that man. It's part of the machine that we've created, and it's just part yeah. of it. I get it. Um, I, I, I mean, I, to look, me, look. to me, just winning a main is cool. Like, if I like, I remember when I was a kid and I like raced my first races. I was like in a C main or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I was racing my first races, and I won the main. I don't care if I got a trophy or whatever. I won the race. That's like what's the fun of it. You Max, race you come and from then you win. You got to understand. You, know? you come from a, a different culture. A different culture. Uh, you, yeah, you're 19 know. years. You're 20 now, right? Yeah. So you're 20 years old and you've traveled around the world and did all this type of stuff through RC and been around people, you know, different culture you think a little bit different than maybe your average 20 year old in america because you've you've been able to travel and do things maybe. and see other things no i, I know. know i know i know you i think you're very much we, we never had we never had participation trophies so maybe well, i just like missing the point here. well that's maybe a thing that's a thing now that's a thing now and everybody culture. has to win everybody has to win so people yeah. don't feel sad and it sucks but at the end of the day i get it you want to win well if you want to win not everybody like like, hey, man, just because I, look, all right, here's a prime example. I, I want to be a millionaire. Like, I do. I love to be it. Yeah. I got to work my ass off and figure out how to do it. You know what I mean? But not everybody can be a millionaire, you know? So, yeah. Um, I it, don't know. I don't I know just, the answer I, to that I, because, but the, the classes aren't going anywhere. And you know what? I actually am over the hill. We are going to have one class. Let's have sportsman intermediate. Let's have them. Let's figure out a way. No. Let's figure out a way to use them to 
to make stepping stones in RC and not just have people just stay in there forever and all that type of stuff. Let's actually use, if we were smart, we'd be like, all right, these young kids, they start on in junior, they go to sportsman, they go to open, and they, we would have a pathway to becoming a pro with these classes, but we're not. Because people just, people want to yeah, stay but, there because they want to, or people drop down from pro to open because they want to, they want a longer, it comes down to this too, man. People want those longer mains. They want that 30 minute mains. Yeah. But the issue is when you have 3 million entries, you yeah, can't give everybody those longer mains. So mm -hmm. I think that's what it comes down to more. Like who the hell wants to go to a race, spend all day there qualifying and you get a 10 minute freaking main. Like yeah, and but that's, that's like the only time you like, get to race. Yeah, but they the issue they created with having so many classes, they just fixed with adding more classes, just that people could get more runtime. So uh, I, I don't, don't know, know, man. I just, it's a conundrum. I, I would I would still I would still argue that Americans don't really care about the participation trophy they get from winning sportsmen. They do, I, 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 I would still argue they don't really care about the trophy. They just care about going to the race and having track time. So if you would have two classes, pro and open, and uh, and that's it, everyone gets good track time. Yes, like I, everyone gets at least twenty minutes of main. I, I can think agree with they you would there. be happy. I can yeah. agree. Everybody I, I wants more that, race I, time. Everybody wants it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I don't think I don't think the trophy is the thing they want to run sportsman. I think it's a track time they want yes. to run sportsman. That's what I, I I said that, but I yeah. know people that live for those trophies, man. I know people. I hope there aren't many. I hope there aren't many. Well, you know, I have a whole bunch I of them up on my wall but, there, but that's more just for yeah. memory and stuff like that. But we didn't have those. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I hope people don't go to these races just for the trophy. Like, Man. I hope there aren't many people like that. There's I have that much faith in Americans, yes, still. Well, it's not I just an American thing because it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a human thing. Everybody wants to win. And yeah, but like in no one like we don't have that go to race and send back to win a trophy. At least I haven't seen it that much. We don't have it happens. It happens everywhere, it. man. It just doesn't happen. It happens everywhere. Oh, it happens. But like the chances to do that is uh, tenfold there in America. Well, because of the because classes. you have so many classes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. So, all right, we we go off on tangents too much. Um. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Kyle Munson, which color wheels are faster at? White, why is it yellow? It's yellow because uh, you can see them. They look cooler, and uh, white is kind of boring. And they get dirty also. Yellow well, wheels, yeah, when they, they get dirty, they look even cooler. I think you, you know, can see white them too. Yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, yeah. I think, I think actually the visibility with yellow wheels is actually a big deal for me at least. I feel like, especially when it's like... Uh, the track is uh, sort of like light and uh, it's just hard to see like the pipes and all that. It's the other wheels actually help you a bit. You know what? That. When you race on I, a... I've been, I've been uh, pretty fast with both wheels. So when you race on a budget, speed. you go, it doesn't matter what color you go. You go for the cheapest wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter if it's pink, you use it. All right. Uh, Adam Reavy. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? One stage or two stage idols? Just kidding. I just wanted to. I just wanted to fuel the flames. Oh, I. I oh, yeah. I think JQ got in something like that. Jay Zellner. The new meta is three stage, three stage idol. Uh, yeah, I, I, That's the new meta. Okay. Jay Zellner is Max back. We we still actually get answers to the questions. 
JQ is good. <laughs> JQ gives good answers when he actually cares, but that's rare. What's up, Jay? I agree with you. Uh, Jason said, yeah, I don't know what's up. Like the last one, he was like really un un uninterested. Is uh, he like actually busy or what's Yeah, he had, a, he had a Mayako meeting. So, yeah. Um, we actually had to record, get back and record. But this week he was very engaged. So you know how yeah. JQ is. It's like the wind. It comes and goes. So um, yeah. Jason Sandlin asked, does anywhere know where any 10 scale tracks are in the Sarasota, Brandon era? Area. This was posted in a Florida racing group, so I don't, I don't know, dude. I'm not from Florida, so I'm sorry. All right, we have, we have a couple more. We have two more questions here, and actually, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna talk about this. So, these are Instagram questions, so I don't really know who they are. But J32 Bucks, he asked, why is it hard for a newbie to even get a partial sponsorship from your local guys once? That was once a nobody and became a somewhat reputable person. And now they turned their nerves up to any newbie, but go after the more well-known racers instead of giving back to the people where you started and who you raced with. I just don't get it. It's not hard to give back and be humble. Well, uh, I kind of wasn't sure what his question was asking, but he was just, he was like, yes, he was like a local guy that started racing forever and then that one local guy who happens to start his own business and gives out sponsorships but not to the guys that started out with him but to top racers instead all right i'm gonna answer this this way um yes yes you should give back you know you should give back big back to your people you should you should that you started out with and all that type of stuff but also i feel that those people should want to support you because you are from that area and you're trying mm -hmm. to do something so I'm not saying that he shouldn't give you guys a break, but I'm also saying maybe you guys shouldn't ask for a break on that. And if he's your friend and you know him and you want to support his business, and you want his business to grow, support him. Don't ask for a discount. As him, as for him sponsoring outside, like people out of the industry, out of the out of your area, maybe he's trying to grow his business mm -hmm. in other areas, so he has to sponsor people there. Yes, he should sponsor some people in the area. Of course, of course, he should do that. But I'll use me for an example. Um, you know, I'm from Bermuda originally. And, you know, I was one of the guys that actually helped start off-road racing there. You know what I mean? It was me and a couple of guys and some cones in a field. I was deeply involved in Bermuda racing for, for many long time, for many years. Some, some, you know, maybe I would take a few months off and come back or whatever. You know, it's like that. You know, you get involved, you get girlfriends, you do stuff, life happens, you lose weight, you're having fun, stuff, all that type of stuff happens. So to say all of that, I was deeply involved in RC in Bermuda. And even up to my accident, when I, when I had my accident in 2005, um, I was in, I had just come back from an RC trip. You know what I mean? So I was really involved in RC in Bermuda. Now, fast forward 15, 16 years I'm here working, I'm working in the industry, right? Been working, I've, yeah, I can say I'm working in the industry. I've been doing it for four years now. I don't, like, you would think that, like, everybody in Bermuda would have a JQ. They don't. One guy has a JQ. You know what I mean? It's, it's Salty Joe, which is fine. I don't expect them to support me just because I'm Bermudian or whatnot. And you know what? I'm more than willing to give them discounts because, yeah, you know, that's how it goes and whatnot. So you can get a discount. Some of them tried it. They didn't like it. That's fine. I'm cool with that. But I think what it comes down to is like, I kind of look at, like, I remember one time they got on me. That's like, oh, you should give this guy a free car. And I was like, I mean, 
I would love for this guy, because he was good. I said, I would like for him to drive JQ. You know what? I would love it. Like, young Bermudian, black Bermudian guy. He's good. You know, I wanted, I would love to see him run on a JQ. Because, yes, I'm Bermudian. And I, w- I want to see, the, like, you know, I would love to see. Like, I'm, the, I'm probably the first guy from Bermuda to ever work in the RC industry. Ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Ever. No doubt about that. And, but I get it. I get it. Like, even I get it. You don't have to support me. That's fine. I, I'm more than willing to give you discounts and all that type of stuff because that's the name of, n- nature of the beast in this in this industry right now. But even with the podcast, man, I mean, I get it. We joke. I'm in the WhatsApp groups and stuff with guys and all that stuff. But it's like sometimes when I talk to guys, they think I'm like I'm just talking out of my ass. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you this is how it works. And they're like, no, it just. I'm like, no, I'm telling you this is how it works. I know because I know. You know, I'm her. Like, I'm not reading this, and I'm I'm her. I know. People tell me this, and people, t- you know, and I think they just some of them just don't believe that. Oh, maybe they're just like, uh, Keenan's just a dumb. Like, you know, this is Sam Keenan from back in the day. So to say that, if your friend, if your friend has a business, or you know, God has has a business, support his business, man. If he wants to give you a discount, go ahead. Like, I, I see lots of like as as. I don't know, man. Like, I I don't ask for nothing free. I, I don't ask, I barely ask for discounts. The only person I ask for, like, for free stuff for really is, like, Beach RC to help me out with giveaways and, like, Papa Willis and some of the sponsors and stuff like that. So if you, I, I get this guy's point, too. He's probably like, oh, this guy's got his nose in the ear and he doesn't want to support it. Are you frozen? Oh, no, you're blinking. Okay. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm going I'm off on a tangent again. No, no, no. You were doing good. So my point to being, to this is, like, like I wanna, I want to give God. Like oh, so, so I went back to the where they wanted me. They was like, "Well, you should give this guy a free car." I was like, "Man, I can't give this guy a free car because when I give somebody a free car, I I they, I give you a free car because I want you to help me sell cars." So I always said this to people: if I mm-hmm. give you a free car, that means you got to sell me at least ten. You know? Yeah. And if you can yeah. do that, then great. I mean, there's some people that don't do that, but at least and and I said to guys, I said I would love to give this guy a free car or the best discount. I will give him the best discount that I can. But does that mean that he's going to go get, I know he's not going to go and get 10 sales in Bermuda. We only have 15 people racing at the most, you know, 20 people. So I have to think business sense. Like I can't give that guy a car. It's, it's, it's not like, and, and he's good, but he's, you know, he doesn't, he, you know, it's just, it's hard. Like, Yes, they'll say, oh, you're messed up. You don't want to support your own people and all this type of stuff. It's not that. It's just, it, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make sense financially to do that. It makes sense financially. If yeah. Now, if he was traveling more and going and doing all this type of stuff, yes, of course. But Bermuda's market is this big. Like, you know what I mean? So it's a 20, 20 mile. It's just weird, man. And to answer this guy's question, yes, I think he should. If you're, if you're a newbie, you shouldn't be fun. You shouldn't be worried about sponsors. Number one, we see that too much. Yeah. Newbies coming in and thinking they should get sponsorship. No, learn, I think there should be a rule that if you haven't been racing for two years, well, if they had an actual federation that they could track like your membership and all that stuff, then we could do that, but we can't. Like you shouldn't, you as a newbie, you should be worrying about finding what you like in a car, what company you like to to support, and all this type of stuff, right? And then, yeah, and then go from there. And if this guy was opens up a business and he's from your area and you race with him, yeah, maybe he should give you a, a, a discount. You know what I mean? 
But un understand this, that that guy has to make money as well in a very hard industry that is hard to make money, you know? And he needs to get his product outside of his region and, and it's like if you're in America, and nationally in America, you know what I mean? Or around the world. So he has to sponsor people outside of his region and all that stuff to get his product out there. Yes, he has to sponsor people in his region too, but also I think if you know him, if you like what he's doing, support him. If he gives you 10% off, 20% off, appreciate it and be happy. You know what I mean? Or pay for retail and help his business even more. Because if he goes, yeah. if, he, if he isn't making money, that business goes away anyway. So you won't even be able to get a sponsorship from it. So yeah, I, I, maybe I that's not the answer way. that the guy wants to hear, but that's my answer from yeah. my experience as a as quote unquote team manager. And you know, sometimes you think the most support's going to come from your own people, but it doesn't like, I'm sure Joseph feels like that sometimes too. Like, you know what I mean? Like you would think that Finland um, should be, everybody in Finland should be running a JQ car, but it isn't like that. Well, Joseph is also a big reason because he pisses people off, but well, there's two guys running JQ in Finland. Right. But, you Not would that think that the only guy to ever design a car and do it and at that at a, he, in Finland would have I'm pro he probably had more back in the day I don't know, but I also yeah, know Joseph. Started, so I also know but Joseph, I mean, so he probably pissed off half with, the guys that yeah. were running the car. Without without my dad and me, there would have never been any JQ guys really. Like the first two years, JQ was really active in Finland, but like. Since then, me and my dad just took the Finland team management. Mm -hmm. And actually, one year we had top five secured. Like, a few races, we just have top five every car with JQ. Yeah. And that yeah. was only because me and my dad, like, got good guys to run JQ. We had Pekko. We mm -hmm. had one uh, one fast guy who was local at one track. We had Jonas, me, and then JQ. And we had, like, actually pretty fast guys. And we had... Uh, uh, this one guy who actually died, uh, he was uh, like pretty young. He was like 25 or something. Really? He was really fast. Yeah, he just died in his sleep. It was really like, That's sad. just like surprised. That's sad. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was a few years ago already, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, RC's a, a funny business, man. And it's taught yeah. me a lot. And man, I just. I just think you should, should, if you believe in that person, you should support them. Like, you know what I mean? If they want to give you a discount, it's yeah. nothing wrong with asking for a discount too. I get that. But I mean, you wouldn't walk into a Walmart and say to them, hey, I want, can you give this to me for 20% off? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it, I get it. And I get, I get in, in automotive, sale, automotive sales and all that stuff. You haggle and all that stuff too. So yeah, yeah I but don't I know. Mean, I don't know. It's, it's would, a hard question. I would, I would. I would put it this way. So if you think nowadays, the way companies sell anything is exposure. So you want as many people as possible to see your product. Mm -hmm. So you have a chance of attracting as many customers as possible. So you, let's say uh, every 10th person who sees that car wants to buy it. You expose it to hundred people, you have 10 buyers. You expose to a thousand people, you have a hundred buyers. It's really hard to, Right. You can maybe like switch it a bit if you have a good team manager, if you have a good team driver or whatever. But if that's basically like how most companies work, like not RC, everything. Like everything works pretty much like that. So if you uh, put up a business and you have a bunch of local guys, all of those guys know that business. Mm -hmm. All of those guys, like 
already have all the knowledge they would need. So you would like, okay, I get it. Like you would all, I would obviously give discounts to my friends and all that just because, Hey, like I would help them out, but I, I would not give them it for free or uh, like I would even take some money for myself because like, I'm not gonna go out of my way to support the people around me. I would, I would need to focus on the business and the only way to have your business function is to expose it to as many people as possible. So if you need to sponsor a guy to get one to race somewhere, you want to go to some other track. You don't want to sponsor anyone from your local track because you are already there. You don't need a guy there. You are there. So you need another track and another track, and then you sponsor those guys. And that's the only way you can get as many like uh, guys running the car by having as much exposure mm-hmm. as possible. So that's why from business sense, you should never support the people around you, support the people elsewhere. Obviously, you if your friend is like, hey, I would like to run the car, can you give me 20% discount? Well, hey, okay, I can get still some money between and yes. I would have my friend run my car. Like that's, that's what you do. But yeah. you don't do it so like, hey, I need to sponsor all of these guys on my local track, but now I don't have any budget to sponsor anyone exactly. elsewhere, you know? And if you give all your product away, you soon will not be selling product. You'll not be selling product for long. Yeah. And, and people yeah. have to understand that. I mean, people have to make money in order f- for things to make sense. So, you yeah. know, like, I, I don't get what it is with people thinking that people shouldn't make money in RC. I think you should. But I think you should give yeah. back to RC too. So that's a lot of things. But, yeah. and, and also, man, if you're a newbie, don't worry about getting sponsorship. Like I see too many newbies worry about getting sponsorship. Oh, yeah. And then like they got so much pressure on themselves. And I'm like, dude, like take it easy. It's, yeah. You're just racing RC cars. You're not going to make, you're not going to be a, a pro guy at this. Like, all right. One more, one more um, Instagram question. And it comes from Hyper Fox, Hyper Fox. Well, oh, <laughs> Hyper Fox 2.1. He says, Joe is US Pro Cup gonna take away from RCGP might be problematic. Maybe no. I mean maybe the companies choose so. to just support his race and do it the old-fashioned mm-hmm. way. But well, did they support RCGP the first year? Any exactly. other American companies? So yeah, I mean, no, it doesn't matter. I think it's still good. I think there's enough room for everybody to go on. Yes, I think it's great for America. I think it's she's. I think it needs to happen. Don't get me wrong. And um, but. We also need to, it's, it's not just about a series. We need to change a lot of things. Like, and you know, and yeah, I, I still like, yeah, I don't, I think what, like, oh, I know people say, all you guys do is toot the RCGP horn. Look, man, if RCGP never happens again, ever, ever, ever happens again, it's done something positive in RC. That's all yeah, I have to say. It's done something that no one else would have ever done. And, I don't think. Yep. And guess what? It's making others step up their game. So Yeah. Everybody can have, they can have their series. They can have a U.S. series. They can have a Americans. They can have an American series. They can have a European mm-hmm. series. RCGP can be the World Series. That's all it comes mm-hmm. down to. Yeah, the, the issue with this is always when Europeans do a series, it's always a World Series because Europeans like, well, we got to include Americans. We got to include Asians. Americans don't care. Like Supercross World Series is American. Uh, baseball World, Cup, World Series or whatever they call it, just America. Well, the World Everything Series America in, the, in, the, like, in the Major League. What I would like to see is more more Americans go to Europe. That's what I want to yeah, see. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Americans, what Americans always do is they 
they just hold everything in America. Like with RCGP, they don't want to go abroad. They want to hold everything in America. With Europeans, it's always like, okay, let's put a European series, but let's include everyone else. So mm-hmm. like with RCGP, like they were like they Joseph could have easily made just an European series with David. But then what they did is they wanted to make a world series and they wanted to include Asia and America and all that. And it made it like much more difficult. Mm-hmm. And expensive. And expensive. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I, uh, yes, I know the companies are going to... I mean, that's the only way to do it. Like yeah. long term, that's you what you need to do. But for some reason, Americans always like keep everything in America. Like with motocross, well, the there's biggest, no actual the world market. series. It's the biggest market. You think about it, they consume... They, well, in RC, not it's by the far. Market. It's just well it, RC, yeah, but like in anything else, like in motocross or like F one is the only thing that's pushed through. The only thing. Well, maybe like endurance racing, but F one and World Rally Championship are the only thing that actually pushed through. Really. Oh, you mean went from Europe to to America? Yeah, like from like European based series, which mm-hmm. is bigger than like in a, even in America, it's bigger than what the Americans have. Like in Americans, think F one is bigger than IndyCar, you know. But with motocross, they don't give a shit about MXGP. Well, because Supercross is the AMA number one. Motor- Supercross is they have the they have the names, dude. Like yeah, MXGP even, even is the good. Outdoors. Yeah, but MXG, MXGP is good. But Supercross is is the best thing for for television, and that's what sells. You can see it all right there well, on yeah, TV. But- yeah, but the drivers, I would argue the drivers in MXGP are almost better, you know? Well, I mean, it's been proven with at the motocross donations and stuff like that, you know, when they have, and that's the yeah. good thing. That, that That's like, that I think the motocross donations is actually, no, we're going off on a tangent again. That's, we're going off a yeah, tangent. We but, need that in RC. Yes, we do. Wasn't need RCGP that in RC. trying to do that? Yes. MX, yes, uh, yes. what's the RC? MX of, of Nations. Something. Yeah, RC of, of Nations type of vibe. Yeah. Which I think is yeah, good. We, and, and, I remember. And a cup. We, that was a great idea. Yeah, and a cup that eats like a rider's cup. The Americans versus the Europeans. Or, you know what I mean? Or each country yeah. versus each other. And they win that cup and they pass it on. So, yeah, I don't. I, of course, of course, it's going to affect RCGP because companies will choose to, because it's cheaper. It makes sense. Most of these companies are based in America. They're yeah, going to choose to. I mean, yeah, but which company is not going to attend RCGP, which attended it the first year, in, and all and attend the American one? Yeah, name one. There's none. Yeah. So. Look, I want it to happen. I'm happy with it. America needs a series to determine a series. They've needed it for a oh, long yeah. time. Yes, and. I don't care. I don't care who's doing it as long as we get it done because it gives me it gives us something to talk about. It makes it exciting for me as a fan of RC. Max, we've been going for a long time. Do you, are we gonna go in? Oh and, yeah. Are we gonna go do your um your Sun City RC dawn and quiet moment? I think we should, and then make it quick, yeah. and then we go because it's seven o'clock here, and it's probably in the morning sometime there for you. All right, so that's it for the Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A. Thank you to everybody that sent us questions. We greatly appreciate it. We, we rent on. We usually do when I get with Max. So it's just gonna, this is going to take a long time to get through this podcast. Thank you to Beach RC. We greatly appreciate it. Remember, everybody, please use the affiliate link in the written description. It helps us out a lot. And show Beach RC some love. Shows the podcast some love. It's time to go on to Sun City RC Down and Quiet segment. 
Sun City University Raceway, the home of El Paso's world-famous motocross-inspired eight-scale off-road track. The Showers family has over 20 years' experience creating one of the premier tracks in the USA. Their world-class facility has everything. Handicap accessibility, covered beds, skate starts, space for parking RVs, trailers, and lights for night racing. Follow SDRC on Facebook under Sun City RC Raceway for updates, upcoming races, or host your own race. Thank you to Joey Showers, Christian, and Corbin for the support of the podcast. A great family with a great facility down there in El Paso. Good luck to everybody that's attending the A-Main, A-Main Challenge Tour this weekend. Have fun. Send it with responsibility. I wish I was going. I'm not going to lie. So thank you, them. thank you to them for their support. Max, you had a dawn and quiet thought this week, and I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you take it over. All right, so uh, as it's pretty obvious right now, there's been a lot of these guys uh, putting new videos out. Uh, the Infinity guys been putting up videos. Uh, now X-Ray guys have been putting up videos with Hagberg and Goelha. And, uh, oh, Hagberg's been doing it for someone. a while. Just... Oh, Hagberg, okay. But Goelha has started. He hasn't done... Okay, uh, but Goelha hasn't been doing it for that long. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. And uh, I think the Americans are getting also... Uh, more active on this front. So one thing I thought about this is like I watched Coilhouse engine tuning video and yeah, it's, it's okay. There's, but like if you compare his video to JQ's video, it's just that Coilhouse isn't a car designer or engine tuner or setup guy, even though he probably knows quite a lot. Mm-hmm. He's a driver and he's a world champion. You know, he's a, like a superstar. Yes. Same with Ronafolk, and he Ronafolk already gets this. Yes. So, same with Rivkin, and same with Fend, and same with all of these guys. They are like superstars. They are not like the setup guys. Like, I mean, I'm not a superstar, but I know my setup, so I make videos about setup. JQ is not a superstar, but he's really good at setup, and he has his freaking own car company, so he can talk about setup. But these guys, they are like the like these, these guys are the like the heroes of the RC world. These guys are the Ayrton Senna's and mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton's of RC. So, with these videos, they should make themselves look like it. Mm-hmm. Make yourself look like you're Ayrton Senna or Lewis Hamilton or Kimi Räikkönen or something. So, uh, we were talking with Kieran before the podcast, and I had this perfect analogy. So let's imagine you're a huge fan of Kimi Räikkönen. He starts making some YouTube videos, and he talks about, uh, well, today I switched my front wing angle, and I, I tuned this in my car. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, maybe some technical guys might like it, but Kimi is not, the, uh, like, the designer of the car. He's the driver. So people don't like people wouldn't like him for that. People like Kimi because after he retires a race in Monaco, he goes out of the track, gets on his boat, and gets drunk with his friends. He has a brand. <laughs> yeah. He's a superstar. You know, yeah, yeah. like that's like cool. Like yeah, I like Kimi because of that. Like that's what these guys need to create. Like for example, uh, Ronafa with his videos, he creates like, hey, I'm this RC world champion. I'm a cool dude. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't try to portray, hey, I know everything about setup. He probably knows quite a lot. But, like, that's not what he is. He's an RC driver. He's an RC pro. 
And that's like, that's what these guys need to put front and forward. And especially when they're doing the content, but on their own, they can choose what they do. They should yeah. like embrace that. They should embrace, Hey, I'm a freaking world champion, you know? Yeah. Um, I get it. Uh, there, there are value to these videos. Like Rifkin's videos are well watched because he's, um, you know, he's given setup help and all that type of stuff. And he's also, yeah, but, you know, He's also kind of given a little glimpse into his, you know, his, in his house, showing his dog. Like, I like that type of stuff. I, yeah, I but really you know, like, like I would ahead. enjoy if Kurt uh, Wagner did the setup stuff. Mm. If like the, they call him the coach. Yeah, like, if he did about. the setup video and then you put Spencer in and he's like, hey, I'm hanging out with my dog. I'm going out to the track. Like, hey, th that's the superstar. And Kurt's mm -hmm. like the like the setup guy, mm -hmm. so that would be more beneficial for the racers because Kurt probably knows more than Spencer, and Spencer would probably say the same. Mm -hmm. Not probably, definitely say the same. <laughs> so you want Kurt to explain the setup, and you want Spencer to be the superstar, you know? And yeah. like it's cool that Spencer has this like, hey, I'm helping you guys out, but like I don't think that's his job really. Like that's the job of uh, like um, TJ or Kurt. In associated and with Bertin or with HP and in Infinity would be uh, I can't remember his name, but the guy who's designing the cars. Mm -hmm. uh, like you, those guys can be the technical guys. Those can be the technical heroes. Like with JQ is like with his videos, people like him. Oh, he's the technical guy. Jake mm -hmm. is not a superstar driver. Goelho and Rivkin and all those guys are, and Ronafuck as well. Like, but Ronafuck, Ronafuck, like he, he, I think he was too early though yeah people didn't really get it yeah but now when now when this thing is popping up if like all all, all of our top guys start doing these videos and say like showing off like hey i'm like if you look at on like uh, youtube there's a lot of like professional skateboarders and stuff they just film like daily vlogs and yes. people are like huge fans of them yep. because they're so good at something and they just want to know hey i want to know what this good guy does in his life they don't care about, hey, I have this new trucks, so I tune him like this. No, they care about how he, what he eats, what he like drinks, yep. what he smokes, what, whatever he does, you like, know? Like people That's are like following, the culture. You need to embrace it. Yeah, like people are following Rana Fox building his house, like renovating his house. People are following that yeah. on Facebook. I agree with you. Um, I Look, I'm not saying, like I am, I'm glad Coelho is doing these videos and getting out there because- Yeah, I, yeah. Because- it's, it's better than nothing. We're talking but, about one of the, probably the most talented guys to ever, ever touch a control right here. You know what I mean? And his, his mental focus is insane. Like, you know? Yeah. I get it. I, I get everything that you're, that you're saying. I get all of that. Um, I want I, I think these guys need to embrace that and, um- embrace it and people want to see this man i yeah i want to see it too i loved like i remember when when he when ronald first went to the philippines and he did that video and he took his camera guy and then he came to rcgp took his camera guy and all that type of stuff yes it's been a little bit difficult because you know they're not racing during covid and all this type of stuff yeah but it's better than nothing but man it will be like these are the superstars and yeah and the thing I, is i get it they like, want to be private too they need some privacy but when you're oh, at yeah, this yeah. level, when you're at this level, you have to understand that that's one of the things you sacrifice is privacy, you know? And yeah, yeah, they have to, I think they need to embrace this, build their character and, and get people vested in them as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like that. I like that idea 
And I think we need I have, more of that. I just had the best thought ever. Oh, so, gosh. you know, Drive to Survive with F1. Mm-hmm. That's just drama inside the driver's life, what these guys are. There's no, well, Mercedes has this double diffuser in the rear. Mercedes <laughs> yeah, has yeah, this yeah, floor. Yeah, that's, yeah. No, no one cares about that shit if it's new people. Like me, I'm a huge fan of F1. I've been since I was like a fucking kid. So for me, I care about that, hey, Mercedes has this type of diffuser. But for someone who is not familiar to F1, they want to know, oh, shit, this guy is like really feeling the nerves here. This is yeah. so dramatic. This is so cool. Like, New people want to have something to latch on to because they don't know the sport yet. They want to know, they know the people is much easier to know than the sport. So you need something to latch on to and then you get dragged into the sport, you know? Yep. Like with JQ, his type of content, if you're new to RC, you don't give a shit. Mm. Like when he says, well, you need to tune the upper needle, like needle, is there needles in cars? What the hell? Yeah. Like, no, like, yeah. But if you have a coil honey saying, well, I've been practicing, it's been kind of hard and the pressure is immense. And yeah, tomorrow is going to be a big day. People are like, oh shit. Like he's actually putting his life into this. So this is cool. Like, even though they don't know shit about RC, they mm. can see like, oh my God, this is cool. This is like, and that's what we need to do. Like if all these guys did that, Maybe like maybe they get thousand views in their video. Ten guys do this every day. They get a new guy in, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is so cool! I want to be like him." And they buy an RC car for themselves or for the kid or whatever, you know? Yeah, I agree. But we need that at at the ra- at the at the races too. Uh, yeah. I, I said this. Yeah. I've said this a few times. Um, I said it to JQ in, in the rant, like in the rant, which is coming. I know I'm, I'm talking about things that I've already recorded, but. We under, we're not utilizing our pro drivers to the full extent, and we should yeah. de- we should demand we, more out of them. Yes, they're there to race. Yeah, but it, it also it, you know remember Joseph's thing about branding. You know what I mean? Like even you right now, mm-hmm. yeah, sitting there in your your hermit hoodie. You know we need to get away from that. I mean, look at me. I got my black shirt on. You know this this, this is RC guys uniform, black shirt. Joseph's I don't know. Sparks doing I a think, good job think, of it actually with making their guys. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's an issue because like motocross it has its own culture. Yes, because but, motocross has that loose shirts, loose like and F one has these tight shirts. Everyone has the same thing. Like and skateboarders have a completely different culture. Well, it's I don't think I don't think that's like well, let's I don't think way. that's the biggest deal. You know who you know who the the pro guys are at motocross races like because usually. They're almost dressed yeah, alike, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Or they have their bikes look yeah. very similar and stuff like that. So, okay, maybe. Yeah, but that's the, like we can do that. We can do that in RC. Like, yes. we have the team guys have special clothes or yes. whatever. We don't have to change the style. We just have to make it so that it's distinctive. Yes. You know? And at least, like, make it. You know how Joseph was a stickler. You must wear black pants. You know what I mean? And black Dickies pants. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's one thing. Like brand yourself. It doesn't matter what you brand yourself into, but you brand yourself into something that people recognize. You yes, know, if every- you're just one guy with like everything same as everyone else, you're not gonna stick out. But you need to brand yourself into something that is distinctive. You can have a guy with their hoodie if everyone has their hoodie yeah. on or whatever. But like the brand needs to be something that you can see, oh, those are those guys. And mm-hmm. you see the cars and they have that cool paint scheme and everyone has that same color yeah. starter box or like stuff like that. And also, uh, just to go back into what I was talking about before, the pro guys, the I think the best way to utilize the pro guys is first win, second, 
make a brand out of yourself so that people outside the sport can see you. Mm-hmm. The guys who are team managers or car designers, your first goal is create a good car. And the second goal is make yourself look good inside the industry. So the pro guys should advertise outside the industry, make yourself a brand, make yourself something a random person can latch onto. And then for the designers like JQ or Kurt at Associated or TJ or Bertin at uh, HB, those guys should be like, hey, uh, you're our team guys, you're people who like RC. They should be talking inside the industry and the pro guys should be marketing outside the industry. Because in the end, the designers are creating product for the customers and the pro drivers are creating entertainment for anyone who wants to have that entertainment. Mm -hmm. Why do you think, like, remember MTV Cribs? That was so popular because people Mm -hmm. wanted to go in and see that. Like, I want, I like this stuff. Like, I, I mean, Cole Cole Ogden's kind of doing it with his, um, you know, his crazy antics and all that stuff. Like, that's craziness. Mm -hmm. I'm not into that, but it's, at least it's something. You know what I mean? And Kurt yeah. Kurt's the wild man and all that type of stuff. And he's doing always that. That's having, that's, yeah. you know, they're all young. So they're having fun after hours at races. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, something has to be done, man. Because we, it's, well, you also got to understand that a lot of these guys are very introverted too. And. Yeah, but like F1 guys aren't. Come yeah, on. I don't, it's weird, but it's, it's. Like motorcycles It's required is the best in F1. That's the thing. It's required in F1. It's part yeah, of Yeah, but deal. it's required here as well. Well, but I like think- in motocross is motocross is like those guys are the best and skateboarders as well mm-hmm. because those are, guys are like cool, you know. They have like that cool thing. You know, RC F one R and even WRC. Those guys are like kind of like nerdy and they're just like you know cars. Uh, like they don't have that cool factor yeah. to it. You know, I would like. I mean, Coelho lives in Portugal, man. Show me where you live. That's what I want to see. You know, because I yeah, can't go like there. go go to the beach and film it, and then like say tomorrow I'm going to a track, and you know, like whatever Ronapak's doing, he's yeah. doing pretty good with this, yeah. and that's like we need more of that, and then when we have enough of that, these we have this like idea that mm-hmm. pros are something other than like these guys don't make that much money, right. they make a good living, but they don't make that much money, but make it look like you're actually doing freaking great, mm-hmm. and your life is amazing. And then people are like, oh, shit, I want to be that guy. And then they start RC. Or then they just want to be like, I, I want to be that guy. But then they just realize, hey, this is actually just pretty fun doing this just for fun. Yeah. So, like, just, yeah, that's, like, have something you can latch on to from outside RC. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, You know who I'd like to see? A day in the life or uh, Marco Baruffalo. I think it would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know how he is, like, oh, I don't oh, yeah. You know how Marco like, oh. Um, yeah, but it would be great. I mean, we have these, we have these drivers like, like Ryan Mayfield likes to go out to the dunes. I get it. We have to have some privacy and all that type of stuff too. I get that. I would love yeah, to see I mean, Ryan Mayfield out that. there shredding his his side by side or four by four or out there running a um, you know, RC because he loves RC out there in the dunes. That's what he likes to do. That I think, I, I think as fans of RC, people want to want to see that, and that's that's desperately lacking from RC. I agree with you 100% yeah. on there. Max, anything to add? Because we've been going for a long time. Not for now. I think I said it all pretty well. Just that like, like we need to make clear distinctions between these things. Like technical guys are technical guys. Pros are pros. And Well, here's yeah. even me. Let, let's take me. JQ gets upset when I, 
I don't ask technical questions, right? Yeah. And I interview people, but I don't, I don't care about setup and all that type of stuff. That's not, I know some guys like to talk about that. I let them, that's not my interest. My interest is getting to know this right here. What's making this tick. That's what I care about. What, where'd where'd your journey come from? That's the story I want to tell. That's what interests me. And that's what I like talking about. Joseph can be science merch. That's you and Joseph's job. Science Mm -hmm. merch setup. That's fine. That's needed. You know, um, Hagberg's good at that as well. Coelho, yes, of course he knows setup and stuff like that. But he is a superstar. He lives in Portugal. Let's show yeah. us a little bit about he, your he life. Has, he know? has, I think, he has more value in being a superstar mm-hmm. than he's being a setup guy. There's plenty of setup guys that are better than him, even though he's good. But there's plenty of like, like even X-ray designers. Why don't you have Martin Bayer or uh, Martin Hoodie making those videos about how to tune an engine or how to set up a car? Those guys designed their freaking car. Yeah. They should know it better. Yeah. Not Coelho, who you're driving a car. You're the superstar. Well, you know what? I'm just glad that he's making videos and he's running nitro yeah, yeah. off road. Yeah. Yeah. I like Coelho. But I'm just trying to direct I'm I just get it. trying to direct all this into the right way that I, I see it. I agree. Hopefully he hopefully if someone get it gets back to him and if he if he and he, well, he I hope I, yeah. It, it would be good because I Yeah. You live in Portugal. And he has a yeah, the thing is, like, his personality is so great mm-hmm. also. Like, he's so easy to like, but I think he has more potential in just, like, being himself and not focusing too much on explaining things to people inside the industry, just making himself, like, a brand, you yeah. know? Well, I think all RC guys can can go from that and branding themselves and maybe mm-hmm. creating a character. I'm still waiting for my dream RC guy who's going to have no qualms about saying, I'm going to kick ass and take names and let's do some wrestling promos. Like before we go to races, <laughs> that's my goal. That's my dream. People think I'm crazy, but I guarantee you people will watch everything that racer does. And that's the good thing. Yeah. Max, thank you for your time, dude. I've got to go on. Now we're going on to the interview with uh, Brian Nunez from Horizon and, T- and Losi, which was a great interview as well. So I'm going to go chat to him. And you, it's late there in Finland, so go get some rest. You got, you got to go work in the afternoon tomorrow. Thank you for your time. When's your video dropping? I hope it's dropping by uh, the time this podcast up. So Friday, I hope Friday afternoon, but maybe Saturday. Yeah, because the internet in Finland isn't that great, I'm noticing. Um, Well, my internet is pretty good, but it's just uh, the editing is still on its Uh, way. Yeah, that's why I don't worry about all that stuff. Um, Thank you, Max, for your time. Shout out, say uh, say goodbye to everybody because now I'm going to leave you and go on to the main interview. See you later, Max. Thank you for your time. It's time for the Techno RC main interview. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC. Excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. So... A couple of weeks ago, I did a live with my buddy uh, Tyler Zavado and Sean from RC Drag Talk. We was talking about the King of the Streets race. And we had a lot of people calling in. And this one gentleman called in and he was, and he kept, and we had a little internet problem. So I heard what he was saying and I had to get him to repeat it all over again. And I didn't even know who I was talking to. And then um, he told me who he was. And then Sean and those guys told me who he was. 
So I'd like to rec- uh, I'd like to introduce Brian Nunez. Now, Brian, I don't actually know your full role at Horizon uh, at Losi, I believe, or is it Horizon that you like? I'm, I'm kind of confused here. So, tell us a little bit. Like, what is your job title at at Horizon TLR Losi? Yeah, so my official title is essentially I'm the licensing manager, and um, I also deal with creative marketing. Um, so that's my official role, which sounds kind of confusing, but no, I get it. I, I guess you're in charge of because I know Horizon Proline, all these like with all these scale products that you guys are making that are now in in the RC world, you have to get licensing for that stuff. So I believe that's your job, correct? Yeah, pretty much. So I'm the guy that negotiates all the terms. Um, once we kind of have an agreement, I'm the guy that works with that licensor, licensee to uh, make sure that it's legit, you know, for Jeep, whoever maybe has to approve the design. So we have to walk through all these steps before it actually reaches the market. Interesting. I want to talk about that a little bit more because I don't know how that works. But I like I like to I always like when I get people because I don't know I don't really know you myself, but I always like to find out how people get into this crazy thing that's RC. So you you you're thir- you're twenty nine years old. You you're mm-hmm. from you're right from Rancho Cucamonga, so you're right there in the heart in the mecca of RC SoCal. So you've kind of been around this a long time. Uh, how did yeah. this all start for you, man? Man, it's. Uh... I'll try to give you the short story with with the, with the tidbits, but um, for me, and primarily, so growing up, my dad made it a thing to get us a more of like a Radio Shack, you know, which was like old school Toys R Us style RC car every Christmas. Mm-hmm. That was kind of our thing. So I've literally grown up with radio control all my life. Um, my dad was a big car guy. So from there, when we moved to Walnut, um, my neighbor actually, his friend had an RC car. So I heard a, a HBI Nitro RS4, you know, zipping up and down the street, which obviously catches your attention and uh, walked up to them. Hey, where do you buy that? I want one type situation. And that was Tony's Hobbies back in the day. Not the current Tony's Hobbies, but the one that was in Santa Heights before. That was my first ever hobby shop. And that was back in 2000, Christmas of 2000, mm. that I got my first hobby grade RC car. It was actually an RC10 GT gas truck. So you went to this one here. Um, this was, that was before the triple X and T was announced. And then the big pivotal thing for me is that shortly a few years later, my parents opened up a furniture store in Covina, which was about six months into us opening the store around the corner, literally eight, um, businesses down was the elite hobby shop, mm-hmm. which was a big hobby shop for the on-road scene back when Revelation Raceway was all on-road. Okay. Um, so I was the kid that after school I'd go, you know, to the shop, you know, with my mom who was taking care of the shop, and I would always just finish my homework and go to the hobby shop. So I essentially grew up in a hobby shop as a young kid. I was always around it. Um, then the next pivotal thing was uh, my first job was actually at a hobby shop. Mm-hmm. It was actually at the Hobby People in Rancho. So that was uh, – you know, my first legitimate job, um, I kind of got to use all my my knowledge, as you would say, working there. Eventually, that rancho shop closed, and then I moved over to Chino Hills there for a while. And I think kind of the, uh, the next pivotal thing is, you know, hobby people didn't sell Losi products, even though Losi was a brand that I primarily was attracted to. Mm-hmm. But they did sell associated product, and at that time... The GT2 and gas truck was still somewhat popular, but it was definitely on, on the downward trajectory. Um, and it went on sale. And as an employee, you got pretty good discounts. So I built the GT2 and started racing uh, the JBRL series in 2008, 
2009, I believe. Mm-hmm. So then I grew up racing J Burrell and that's kind of when I started my network. Um, kind of started talking to people, knowing who's who's, not only the racers, right? Back then you had the big, you know, Adam Drake's of the world, Jerry Tebow's and all that kind of stuff. But also the people that were kind of in the background, you kind of get to know them a little bit if you pay attention at these events. Um, so then here's where it gets interesting. I was going to school for engineering at the time. I was in a calculus class and I was, um, I had a buddy in there that I didn't know outside of class, but you know, if he missed school, I missed school. We talked to each other. What was the homework, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And literally on the last day, um, we took our final and I'm wearing my Losi sweatshirt. Um, and he's like, Hey, by the way, you always wear that sweatshirt. Like, do you race for them or anything? And I'm like, no, like I'm not sponsored or anything, but I am going to go to, um, Nitro cross, um, in Arizona this weekend. And he's like, Oh, cool. I'll tell my dad, keep an eye out on you. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, who's your dad? And it's like, Oh, it's Bill Jarek. He's a president of Losi. No way. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Never really thought much of it then. That literally left my final, went to Arizona. I TQ'd sportsman at Nitro Cross 2009. Um, pretty much started up front, was up front. I think it was like 42 seconds to go. My throttle servo got stuck wide open, went straight into a wall, blew a rod, <laughs> destroyed itself, right? And this I is ended gas up being, truck, right? No, this is now buggy. Okay. I'm racing the, the low C8 at this point. Okay. Sorry. So then, um, yeah, this is the 8 scale, the 8 2.0, I think was at this time. Um, motor blows up and I lose. I got fourth. You know, most guys would kind of start throwing the toys out of the crib, you know, and like, man, that, you know, I was so pumped. I was so excited. I'm giving people high fives, coming down the driver's stand. Everybody's excited. And um, I'm walking back towards the pits with my broken car and this super tall gentleman, super professional comes up to me and he's like, you know, I just really want to commend you for, you know, your, your composure, keeping your composure. A lot of grown men out here would have not done that. So I just want to, you know, give him my respects for that. And he's like, my name is Bill Jarek. I'm like, wait, you're Bill Jarek. Like I'm Brian. He's like, Oh wait, my son told me about you. So all of a sudden there's this connection. Um, So that's how I met Bill Jarek and Bill Jarek kind of got to see me kind of naturally be Mm -hmm. a good sport, I guess, which I think really went a long way for him. And then um, that was it. Probably a few months later at RCX in Pomona, which was a really big show um, expo that happened here. Um, it was on a Sunday. They were kind of super slow, and I saw Bill Jarrett standing up at the booth, at the Losi booth. So I walked up to him and said, hey, like, I'm an engineering student. I kind of want to pick your brain on what kind of qualities you guys look for, what classes should I be looking into in order to come work for you guys one day. And uh, I think two and a half, three years later, I got denied three times for an internship, but finally in 2012, February 13th of 2012, I got hired as an intern at Horizon. Wow. Yeah. You, uh, you know what? That's a really great story. <laughs> you just don't know who's watching you, you know? That's a big thing, man. It's huge. And even better, like, you shouldn't, be, like, any day that, I, like, I don't really get upset. When, when I used to race, I never really got upset when I would lose or I would, you know, I'm just happy to be there. Maybe there's a time where you get a little upset, but to be at a big race like that and just come off and, and show that, that shows somebody's character right there. And obviously he picked up on that. And I guess you, you said you was really a big fan of Losi from the get go. What was it that 
that influenced you to be a Losi uh, fan from from a young age? The big thing, believe it or not, to me was the mini T. Hmm. So back in those days, you know, HBI was kind of was kind of probably to me the biggest player with that with the Nitro on road scene. My my brother's first car was an HBI. Um, and mine was the associate RC10. But at that time, HBI had the, I really loved on-road. On-road sedan is what I truly love. But my father wouldn't buy us one because we went off-roading all the time. It's like, you're not going to be able to play with it when we go. You need an off-road car. And one of the cars that I was always into was the micro RS4 from HBI. And I always told myself, man, if they had an off-road version of that, it would be the most perfect car ever in the world for me to have, yada, yada, yada. And then Losi came out with the Mini T, which was the answer to my prayers. So to me, that just put Losi right on the top because they gave me the product that I really wanted. And then from there, it was that. It was a triple XNT, and the story goes on from there. So that's why Losi to me was on top. Right. And and just to track, to re- retract, uh, go back, the mm-hmm. HBI RS4, I just remember uh, winning one myself because they look so cool in the magazines you know and they lo- i love the scale look of the bodies and they used to come out of the box like that and i forgot all about the micro rs4s and how popular they were at one point they were like 118th scale i want to say i think yeah i think they were even a little bit smaller than that i mean they were they were they literally fit right in the palm of your hand um it was perfect but they handled really well you know what's funny that you say that is that it always comes it seems to come back to these these micro versions of what we raced uh, mini t hb the rs4 right now the um obviously in like the scale world the 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 sex 24s and all that stuff pop. i have two myself um nice. and mini z right now is really popular <laughs> and i think it's a great gateway into racing it's huge like and i'm just shocked that more companies haven't made any to compete with them uh yeah but i if you really I, i've met so many people that mini t or or the smaller version so i guess like what even obsessed with even the smaller version of what we actually race so it's pretty cool to say that yeah. um cool so and and not only that like getting rejected like look i used to be i was a i was trying to be a firefighter at one point right mm. i got rejected once at the airport I, then i got rejected again for like structural and I was like, that's it. I'm not going to be a firefighter. I just, you know, forget it. I had asthma. They kind of knew that. And, you know, they didn't mm-hmm. really hire me. And then out of the blue, I left another job. I left being a prison officer to become a postman. And I had like six weeks off. And I just remember halfway into my vacation, the chief stopped me. Hey, balls in your court. We got to open and you want it? I was like, yeah, sure. You know? So it's funny yeah. how life works out like that. And then yeah, now, I'm, sure. you know. So it's great that you was persistent and... You, you knew your goals and whatnot. So you did graduate school and whatnot. So you are, you have a. Believe it or not. No. So oh. there's, that's, that, that's part of the story and on why I transitioned okay. into marketing. Um, but now, yeah, we can touch on it if you like, but no, actually I'm technically a college dropout, believe it or not. You know what, man? So it's Bill Gates. And so are a lot of people, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> I've never been to school college. So, and I, but I'm not, yeah. not as smart as you guys. Uh, <laughs> I just want to know like what it was like, grow, like, did you you didn't race till you was later in age, correct? Yeah, not till I was uh, got eighteen, nineteen, two thousand nine or so. Yeah. So was you like really caught up in that the whole? Yeah, you're in the mech of RC. Was you racing oh, yeah. a lot? Yeah, I mean, I was. It was pretty much any time that I wasn't in school, I was at the track. I mean, every big. I mean, you know, back in the day, Revelation Raceway 
which is right around the corner from the ranch pitch stop. You know, everybody knows Revelation, Thunder Rally. Um, Tuesdays, Thursday nights, any any race that they had, I was there. Any race that was happening in California within like three hours of driving distance, I was at. I mean, I was in it deep. And, and uh, this is what a lot of people don't understand about California, especially SoCal. Why so many fast guys come on and you guys race a lot, you know, yes. a lot. So yep. that's good. Um, how long did that racing last? How long was you an avid racer like that and like hitting it hard and, and whatnot? Pretty much about two years from like okay. 09, like 08 was when I kind of started dabbling into racing and taking it seriously. 09, 2010 and 2011 were like my heavy racing, like traveling and whatnot. And then when I got hired onto Horizon, there just wasn't the time. Right. You know, I had to work and then I still had school. And so it's like, I already have my foot in the door. I don't really need to network much more, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I kind of started, you know, hanging up the flag. Yeah. And you know what? When you work in the candy shop, the candy isn't so sweet anymore. That's a big thing, man. I think a lot of people say, you know, hey, you got the best job ever. And I do, honestly, I'm, I'm super grateful for it. But at the end of the day, anybody within that I work with will tell you it's still a job. It's still challenging. You know, it's it's not all it's not all um, rainbows over here for sure. Oh no, it's not all rain unicorns and cupcakes. That's for sure. Uh, okay, so I, I guess it was. I'm just going through my notes. It was your goal yeah. to to work in the industry. You got there. What was your first job at Horizon? Oh man, it was literally I was what was kind of referred to as a deckhand, which was pretty much doing all the grunt work that nobody wanted to do. So literally my job was after all the races that I wouldn't even really go to. Um, I'd wash all the tents and all the equipment, the chairs, and get ready for the next tent, for the next race. Um, reworks was a big thing. One of the big things, like the first jobs that everybody was like, oh, man, that sucks, is um, we actually got a bunch of starter boxes in. Um, and then we got a complaint that they were actually spinning backwards. Mm. So we had to check like 300, almost 400 starter boxes. I was essentially in charge of the project to inspect all of them. And the ones that were spinning backwards because the polarity was, was um, soldered in wrong was uh, fix them and get them back into stock, which was kind of like a huge task. Right. But like, so they, I remember Todd Hodge, which was my boss at the time. Great guy. I have to give him a, a big shout out. Um, you know, he was expecting it was going to take me about six to seven working days to get this job done. Um, and I got it done in like, I think like, one and a half days really on your so own. that was one of the and that, and that was one of the things like i was just always thinking you know at that point i was going to school for engineering i'm thinking how can i make this process faster whatnot and um yeah so when i did that like i think everybody was like wow not only did he do it with a smile on his face but he also did it quicker than we anticipated he didn't lag it you know so so yeah it was it was it was that kind of stuff um that i first started doing and then the, the, the next pivotal point was um, Zenoa, which was, um, not Zenoa, I'm sorry. Um, I'm blanking out on the engine company that we owned on the air side. They had just developed this 10cc gasoline engine mm-hmm. that was huge and like revolutionary on the air side because gasoline at that point was much cheaper than nitro, mm-hmm. um, whatnot. So somebody got the bright idea of what happens if you put this into an, you know, a surface vehicle, an RC car. Um, and it sat on a product developer's desk for a long time and then finally said, Hey, like Brian seems like he's kind of knows what he's doing. Maybe he can get the, the sample going for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the first things was, you know, on our airplane engine, you started by the prop side. There is no pull start. There is no, there's no pin on the crankshaft for a pull start to grab onto or anything like that. 
So then I developed the first kind of a starting system for that engine to test it on an LST. I remember that car. Yeah. So then we tested that. That was the proof of concept. And ultimately the car, the, like the peak RPM on that was under 10,000. So it didn't, the gearing would have had to change. It just wasn't enough grunt, no, not enough torque. Where airplane years full throttle doing boots or whatever. So um, that was kind of my first big engineering task that I think put me at the top of like the prospect list. Like, okay. All right, maybe this kid's got it. Right. So then I ran with that project, and but I think what got me my most legs was at that time at Horizon for the surface team, we would pay somebody for the bodies to actually carve them out of wood like they would in the old days, um, which takes a lot of time and it's really expensive. At that point, nobody had designed a body in CAD yet. So I was going to, like, SolidWorks was my drug. Like, I was in super into SolidWorks. I was pretty quick on it and efficient. So I told Todd, hey, like, we're, we, we have an opportunity here. Why don't I try to design a TLR body in CAD? We'll be able to change it. It should be cheaper to manufacture, yada, yada, yada. And I kind of got shot down a few times. Mm-hmm. But then... Our body guy, the guy we outsourced, was busy, and he wasn't going to essentially start on the project for like a week and a half. So I told Todd, give me the week and a half, and I guarantee you I'll have the body done on CAT. So then that was a 22 2.0 body that I did. That was my first body I ever designed. And long story short, let's just say it went from us costing like seven to $10,000 to design a body. Mm-hmm. And then the manufacturing process and time after that, right? It would take probably up to like three months. Mm-hmm. It cost us 300 bucks, I think, to do the first body. And we got it done in that week and a half. Right. So all of a sudden, we're producing product faster and cheaper, yes. which is a key for success, right? So then I think that's when I really kind of, I, at that point, that's when I got um, hired on full-time. Became uh, left my intern status into an actual product development associate engineer or designer, I think it was at the time. And that's what gave me my legs, man. That, that's from there, it was just straight onward. I proved myself, and you, that's what it was. You know what? Um, just just to clarify, intern, you, you was getting a salary or no? Uh, I was getting paid hourly. It okay. was a minimum wage hourly job, yeah. Well, you know what, man? I think your story is great. First, you got shut down three times before getting mm-hmm. the job. Then you start like, look, man, we all have to cut our teeth somewhere. When I started out in the tunnel work and stuff, when I started in the prison service, like, oh, they put me in in the crap. Like, you know, of all the, the, the worst part to see what I was made of. You know, you come through that, you're all right. Same with the fire service. They always tested you. And um, I think that's lost on a lot of people, especially in, in our industry as me, as somewhat of a team manager. I guess I'm still a team manager somewhat. I don't know. So, yeah, I guess. Um, I see so many people that want everything but haven't put in the work to to get it. And the one thing I value when I when I when Joseph gave me this job that didn't pay anything, he said, I said, Well, I, I want a car. He said, Well, you can pay for it out of your earnings. And okay. I was like, oh, that's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. Like I'm you know, I'm supposed to get a car. But it made me appreciate uh working to get to get that car. And I still have that car. And you know, obviously later I got a car for free and, you know, stuff for free, but too many people just don't, un- don't understand. Even in RC, I mean, in life period, if you want something, it's, it's about putting in the work to get there and sacrificing, maybe not doing yeah. the job that you want to do right at the, t- at the, at that time. So 
Yeah, man, you you sound like you you went through some haze in there, and you you weathered the storm, and yeah, a little bit, man. But it was honestly, it was I was a kid in a candy store at that time in my life. I mean, there was nothing that anybody can tell me or give me to do that I wouldn't be that I wouldn't do it with a smile, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the also like a fun story is the first week that I started, Gary Kai's, which was an old school um, critical player in the early Losi days, was retiring, mm-hmm. so we had like. Uh, party at Dave and Buster's. We went go-kart racing, like all in my first week, you know? So I was also like, oh my God, this is, you know, there, there was some great stuff happening yes. at that same time while I'm out there scrubbing tents. So I, I, I was I was just happy to be a part of um, a team plan yeah, yeah. and achieve my goal. I see that. So that, that's so that's cool. Um, I know exactly how you feel too when you get accepted into that <laughs> work click yeah. and, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, so what, what, how long was you an intern more or less? God, I would say about a year, less than a year, I would say. Okay. And then right after, I mean, but it the transition was so wild because I went from an intern in the back of the building sweating to like, I'm on a plane traveling to Taiwan, you know? So it's like, it, it was, it was such a crazy transition. And I just remember like, and not only going to Taiwan, but by myself representing the company for the first time, which was insane. I mean, a lot of pressure if I think about it, but I mean, that trip was amazing all in all. And, um, but yeah, it was about, it was about a year and a half. It was about what? How old when that that happened? I was 20. I just turned 20. All right. So still a young man, still a young man, but getting to travel for your job and yeah, who wouldn't love that? I've done that a lot. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, you're working your way up. When did when did you? I guess we need to talk about why you dropped out of college and how that all happened. Yeah, man. Um, long story short, at that time, um, Horizon was at a completely different place, much different place than it was now. And one of the things that I was that I can see is that they weren't hiring mechanical engineers or any type of degree engineers actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through work, any mechanical engineer that that I would meet. Um, I, I just didn't see myself in their shoes. Mm. And the only reason why I tried to get an engineering, an engineering degree is because one, I didn't really anticipate on going to college in the first place, but I really wanted to learn SolidWorks. And when I went to college, they're they like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to learn SolidWorks. And they were like, okay, you got to be an engineer then, which was totally wrong. You know, if I can go back again, I would do like an industrial design career is what I would do. Just more of a creative, um, but to get back on the subject, I just didn't see value as an engineer for Horizon, nor did I see myself being there in the future. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the guys that I met that did have cool job positions or, or somebody that I can see myself like in 10, 15 years, they were marketing people. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, like I got to segue my way somehow, some way into the marketing game because mm-hmm. that's what I truly see myself being passionate about. Um, so then, yeah, that's, and then at that point, I, I was also kind of um, just kind of honestly disgusted with school and the whole um, institution part of it. And I'm, I, I felt like just a number. They just really wanted my money. I wasn't really getting education. And um, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try to drop out of school and see where that takes me. And thankfully, I've, I think I've come out in a better position. Yeah, I would say so. Just in school. Yeah. What was the attraction to the marketing side? I think before... When I was young, I never saw how creative you could be in marketing um, or even what marketing truly meant, you know? 
I think, you know, I think the, the big thing that I can think of is at that time you had like Steve Jobs was at his peak, right? Like with the Apple, right? Um, you know, the iPhone. And I think people were finally starting to look at products as like art in a sense mm. before it wasn't, you know, I was very, I come from an industrial and especially from a car background where it's like, does a part make, make it faster? Yes or no. It doesn't really need to look cool. Um, whereas in that time, I think for in the product space, people were starting to look at products as something cool they can identify with. And I think that's where marketing really turned me on where it's like, all right, what can I do? How can I bring this flavor, this Steve jobs type feeling into the RC industry? Okay. What was some of your, your first marketing successes? I would like to say that we can look back. The the big one was we had a um, low C Audi six. It was this huge, six-scale Audi license project. And at that time, I was I was still a part of the um, product development team. I wasn't in marketing yet. Um, and that product went through three different executives, like three different levels, essentially people getting let go or quitting, and four different product developers. I was a fourth one. So by the time that I got the project, it was nearly completed, kind of, but the company had given up on it. Nobody really cared about it although we spent a lot of money in trying to get it released. So there was really low expectations, but as I'm testing the car and bringing it to market, the car was awesome. I mean, it was, it was just badass, mm -hmm. you know? And I thought, okay, one of the things, what can I do to sell more of this product? So I essentially, over a weekend, I single-handedly created the it's called um i think it's under the development of the Losi audi 6 it's on youtube mm -hmm. it's like a 10 minute long video as to why we created this 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 car it's kind of awkward because i'm not looking at the camera when i'm talking because i'm trying to read all the notes yeah, it's yeah just i know me like what i'm doing right now video. i'm looking at you and i shouldn't be looking at the camera but right. i'm talking to you right so a lot of people were like oh this is really bad video or whatever but long story short when this video it kind of went viral internally because Dealers were calling back and say, hey, I just saw this video. I want to order more cars. Really? So long story short, we sold three times the amount of vehicles that we had expected to sell about it. So from a marketing perspective, all the marketing guys at the top at that time, and including um, you know Joe Ambrose, who was um, the CEO at that time, sent me a personal note, like this is what we need out of our employees type mm -hmm. situation. So that was, I would consider that to be like my first big marketing thing that I did that not only, even though I wasn't a part of the team, it right. got me noticed to become a part of the marketing team like about a year later or so. Where can we find this on YouTube so I can put it in a link here? I mean, yeah, uh, I think, I think if you just look up, um, under our, our, um, okay. our YouTube page, it's, I, I think that the title is developing the low C Audi LMS car or something. And it's like 10 minutes long. There's not many videos out there of mm -hmm. it. So we, you, you should be able to find it pretty good. You know, I remember that car and I just remember mm -hmm. thinking it looked so cool and I thought it would make a great racing class, you know, if we could keep it stock and, and go around it. Whatever, what did you guys don't make that no more, obviously. Yeah, so what what ended up happening was two things. The like I said, it was four bosses and four product developments, four product developers. By the time we released the product, we were nearly up on the licensing agreement for Audi. Oh. And to renew it was going to be so expensive that we decided not to. So that was one thing it had going on to where we were considering keeping it. But then, believe it or not, the manufacturer 
that um, we worked with to develop that vehicle that essentially makes it over in Taiwan mm-hmm. went bankrupt. Ooh, okay. So, so it had a bunch of things going on for it. A lot of people got mad like they, that we discontinued it. It sucks. Like the car wasn't popular. No, it was, we would have kept it, but it had so many things mm-hmm. that kept us from doing it. Okay. So, but you was kind of ahead of the game there. Like you was using social media, YouTube, video. Did you know what door you was opening when you did that? Oh, for sure. hundred percent. I mean, at that time we were, we weren't even taking Facebook seriously. Yeah. Um, I don't think any company was. And, but as the low guy on the totem pole, who's going to listen to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think like you said, persistence nowadays, I think everybody knows that we, that I opened that kind of worms or we were starting to open that kind of worms. And now it's like, cool. Like maybe Brian didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, speaking of video and photography, I was looking at somebody, I was trying to research you and it's very hard to research people. Uh, but I just looked at your pictures. Lots you're into, are you, I, I assume you're into video and photography now or was, or at some point. Yeah. yeah photography mainly video is still somewhat new for me. And I, I kind of just from, um, I never anticipated on being like the video guy or the main photo guy at horizon, but my, my whole purpose in it is just to know enough of it so that I can hold a conversation with whoever the video guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's, so I'm, I'm definitely amateur when it comes right, to both right. photography and, and video. Yeah. Like me, but you got Thomas Trander and his badass with that stuff too. And yeah. um, I need to get him on this podcast to talk to him. Yeah, he'd be good. I know I I'm very, you know, all right, I'm going to come out and say it at one point we thought like TLR was going to be out of racing, but now <laughs> it's just like, I'm so ha- like, I'm actually actively trying to ramp up the AE and TLR beef, not beef, oh, rivalry, cool. rivalry, yeah, yeah. which I think we need. Like it was as back in the day, AE versus as, as TLR. And I think it's working. And I know it's a, a team thing and everybody p- puts an in input. Like I've talked to Barry Baker, I've talked to Gil Losing, but I think, mm-hmm. I honestly think Tran was probably that missing, one of those missing pieces that, that came in and he's, he's, I think he's done some good stuff in the short time that he's been there. I mean, TLR is really popular right now. And I, I give him honestly majority of the reason behind why TLR is where it's at today for sure. Yeah. And it's good to see because it would have been sad to see one of the founding, like, you know, TLR, like we're talking about, like we use that in the same sentence as Kyosho and AE and these, and they're bigger than these companies now, obviously, you know, and uh, I'm just gl- I'm glad to see them back. You know, they they made one of the in in eight scale buggies. They've made probably the biggest innovation ever when they came out with the low C8. They've done things mm-hmm. like the Mini T, and you know they're just very forward thinking. I know a lot of people don't like the whole corporate conglomerate with Horizon and all that type of stuff, but you know what? This is the way of the world now, and it just is what it is. And you just have to get over it because Amazon's the same, eBay is the same. It's no different. From any of it's this, the only way to grow. it's the only way to grow, and it's. I think people need to understand that you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. If mm-hmm. you want racing to grow, if you want these brands to grow, then we do need more of these corporate structures. We do need more of this kind of funding in order to grow. We, we, we can't stay mom and pop forever. Yeah, I, I think like I, I have this whole video planned of why I thought Horizon buying Proline is gonna happen was gonna happen anyway, and. I like and what you know how people were kind of upset like oh like Drake's not there and all this stuff I said but that had to happen you guys understand that has to happen you can't just continue to give 
give product and pay people for product immensely and not getting that return. Like it's very, especially in racing, you know? So it was business decisions. I know like people getting the emotions and stuff like that, but you have to look at it from a business sense. And I, I can t separate and see that. And ProLine still hurt and doing well. People still running your tires, you know, all this type of stuff. So it doesn't make it like ProLine isn't going nowhere. So it's good no, stuff. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you because I was also, because look, man, I'm just basing this off your pictures and how we, we got to talk in and, you know, have conversations with Sean. You, you look, is he named Trujillo? Richard, Richard Trujillo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's the guy with the scale stuff, I believe. I need to get him on here too. Him and Chris Higa are two people that I get asked for as well because uh, fifth scale stuff for Higa. It seems like you're really into that, the scale trail stuff and 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 obviously not the no prep stuff and all the U4 stuff. And But let's talk about that scale trail. You seem to, I've seen some pictures, you've been out to that. Um, you have Axial Fest, which is mm -hmm. one event that I want to go to so badly. Uh, I just think it's, yeah. You know, like I tell people, we're not talking about 500 entries. We're talking about 1,500 people, like, with cars. Oh, yeah. Yep. 10,000 cars just on a hill. Yes. Like the, and and it, it comes to life at night. Like, mm. when, you, when you see the night run, and you can literally, you see this giant mountain, and you just see a bunch of little LEDs and headlamps everywhere, you're like, now we're having fun. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, if any RC car guy that's never rock crawling is one of those things where it's like, it's so boring. Like, why would people do that? It's not though. And if you get one crawler and one friend, I guarantee you, you guys will be talking crap within five minutes to each other about who can get over this and why can't you, and let me try it again. It's, it's instant fun. Um, but yeah, Axial Fest is, is an awesome event. And, and scale trail is so big. It's such a big segment yeah. of our industry. Everybody can do it. I love it. I've got four of them. I went on to an mm -hmm. event this Sunday. I, I And unfortunately, my truck broke. Not broke, but just so I lost a screw. And I lost mm -hmm. more parts. But I took my buddy, and I was telling him, I was like, look, I know you ain't too good at as a racer. You know, uh, he actually has my old low seat. I saw it. I gave it mm -hmm. to him. I need to get it back from him and put it on my shelf. <laughs> but um, I said, this is different. This is a little different. You have, you know, your basic skills on RC, and I said you'll see that. You, you, maybe not the same adrenaline rush, mm -hmm. but you'll see. Okay, I need to do this, and you. And he, man, man, he he left, and we was driving home. He's like, "You're right. That's really fun. We need to go do this up here on the north coast, and we need to go do video." And I said, "Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you for months. Like, we have all this beautiful <laughs> scenery around us, and the ocean, and all this type of stuff. We need to use it." Yeah. How big is scale for, for Horizon? It's got to be humongous. Not as big as aviation, but... Europe. On so many fronts, where do I start? So, believe it or not, Airside is no longer bigger than the surface side. Really? Yeah. Wow, I'm um, amazed at that. Obviously, I, I, can't, I can't discuss too many details, but the surface, the surface team, as of last year, is, is bigger, and this year will be significantly bigger than the Airside of Horizon. Um, and I can say that Axial as a brand is a heavy, heavy chunk. Um, and TLR is a very small chunk. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, percentages, I think I can share that with you. TLR is probably somewhere between eight to 10% of the surface side of the business. So small, man. And between, um, Axial, Losi and Arma, you're looking at about 30% each. Wow. You know yeah. what? Racing is so 
small. It's unfortunate. But it's needed. And I I think that's, I think that's, um, you know, I think Horizon understands that, you know, it's a lot of the innovation that you see on Mm LOSI comes from TLR side. A lot of the innovation that you see on Axial comes from the small comp crawling guys. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so there, it's definitely needed. That's where we get a lot of our innovation from and fuels our innovation. Oh, I agree. I agree. So I just wanted to get that clear. So TLR is the racing side. Losi yes. is so the quick background is that you know the original Losi that was in the eighty that was just called Losi, and then when Horizon acquired it, and this is part of the reason why there is some negative connotation towards Horizon, um, is because Horizon Horizon then kind of focused on RTR vehicles, things like the Mini T, the Triple X, and um, so we kind of we left our our racing heritage mm-hmm. is for what people were feeling. But it needed to happen again to grow. RTR was becoming a big thing. Traxxas was selling a lot of cars at that time. Um, so then we kind of left 10 scale electric racing behind. And then kind of, we were still racing under the Losi umbrella with the Losi 8. Mm-hmm. But we kind of, the company felt, this was before my time, right before my time, um, 20, 2009, 2010 we separated the brands. We kept Losi as the RTR brand. And then we came out with TOR, Team Losi Racing, which is strictly racing. Okay. If there's lower rules for it, it's, it's going to live under the TOR brand, not under Losi. So Losi from now on is essentially the race-inspired brand. So if people race those cars in full scale, KOH, NASCAR, drifting, whatever, then it'd be under the Losi brand. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, I, I was a little bit confused at that, and um, especially when you hit me up and said, go check out the Losi Mo- Motorsports page. That's what it was? Yeah, the Losi Motorsports. Motor, Motor, yeah. Motorsports Facebook page, uh, mm-hmm. and, and a tour, actually, that you guys are having. And mm-hmm. I was looking at your pictures, man. You, you've been, you're on all these cool, full-scale, real cars, and bringing. I, I just think that is the coolest thing in the world. Um, you mm-hmm. was part of the Baja, was it the the fifth scale car that did a lap of the, of that actual, just touch on that real quick. Cause I, th- I think that's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So again, trying to, one of the, you can say who you are, but you also have to act it mm-hmm. right. And low C, we say that we're race inspired. We say that we make cars that are supposed to be like the real ones. So one of the kind of the marketing initiatives that we had was let's team up with, you know, mad media and the mint 400, and try to race our fifth scale on essentially do a lap around the course that the full trophy trucks do, mm-hmm. right? We, we decided to do the fifth scale versus like a Baja Ray or a Super Baja Ray right. because of the battery charging. It would just be so much easier because it's gasoline. Just keep on filling it up. So, yeah, we took on that task. And um, we went through essentially the same exact terrain that the trophy truck does. And just to prove to people that the Losi brand is, they stand behind what they say and it's legit. And the fifth scales, anybody who's ever driven in one of our five T's knows that it's super tough and you point and shoot with that thing. Wherever you point that car and you squeeze a throttle, that's where it's going to go. So. so you guys did the whole 400 miles? No. So we, we, we would cut certain sections okay. of the, of, of the, of the, um, of the course. We pretty much did all of the key course spots you know so you have you know you have chokers you have the the fox proving grounds you know that was a super whoopee section and then on the on the long stretches like joshua tree highway that's where i came in like we were literally chasing the car for miles on um behind with uh with the side by side 
Um, so depending on the course in the section, like if it didn't look cool on camera, honestly, right. It's gotcha. like, why, why even go through that? Mm-hmm. Cause if it doesn't look cool on camera, it means that the car is just going to go through there anyway. So we went through all the tough stuff instead. Wow. How long did that? So you don't know how many, like, what did you guys break anything? How many? Few, I'm sorry for all these questions. Fuel stops, anything like that? No, it was the number one thing that we went through, believe it or not, was spark plugs, and that's it. Wow. Other than that, we broke one suspension arm. And if I remember correctly, I think that was it. Something I remember something with a tire. I think we literally we hit a rock and it sliced the tire, so the foam started coming out. Um, but spark plugs were, were the biggest thing, just because we're full pin majority mm-hmm. of the time. Um, so we, we were just burning through spark plugs. That's like my, one of my dream cars, man. I really want to race that class. I, I love the fifth scale. I love the five T I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a little out of my price range right now, but I just think it's, it's <laughs> um, I think it's, it's one of the baddest ass. Yeah. I always thought that the, um, they did this in England, the mini Coopers that you guys made, mm-hmm. they raced, like they made a class just for that. And I thought that was so awesome. Like stock, pretty much stock cars, all four wheel drive, look like minis. So cool. So cool. Yeah, that, that, that Mini Cooper was, uh, I mean, I have so many stories, but I actually revised that body. I didn't design the whole body, mm-hmm. but I designed um, the fenders for it um, after after some renditions. But yeah, that was one of those cars that we put so much time into it. And um, unfortunately, the EU market wasn't as big as we thought. So, Well, the fifth scale market is, is, is small, you know. Yeah. It is. And I think the thing with rally is I think rally's cool in real life. It's amazing in real life, mm-hmm. but rally does not translate well into RC because as soon as you have that, that body, that low to the ground, mm-hmm. you can't really jump it. Anything upsets it. Bodies are expensive to replace. Right. I mean, it was just, I had a lot of things going back. Well, these guys are just racing them on, 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 on road tracks. And mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. And I thought that was, that's a great fifth scale entry level class mm-hmm. and pretty mm-hmm. stock. I thought was, I always wanted one of them. You know, I want everything RC, so it doesn't matter. You know. Okay, um, I wanna I wanna touch more on what the what is the Losi Motorsports Tour. What is your mm-hmm. what are you guys' goals? And like like I think it's like I love it. You're doing replicas of. Oh, I guess this all leads back to the whole licensing thing as well, right? So yes, I don't know if you can go into to detail on how an actual how to get an actual license and all that type of stuff, but yeah, like this and the the low C motorsports tour. What are, what are the goals for it and the license licensing part? So on the on the, we'll start with the low C motorsports tour first. So if you want to get into ten scale electric racing or eight scale nitro racing or eight scale electric racing for that matter. You can pretty much go to a hobby shop or you can go online, look at tracks. You you can quickly find events around you, Mm -hmm. right? Which is cool. The problem with some of these newer, we call it grassroots segments, let's say monster truck or even drag car. Mm -hmm. Like for the drag car races, most of these meets or races, they're just meeting behind uh, industrial park parking lot over a weekend. But there isn't a centralized hub where you can find out who's racing, where's the racing happening. So that's the whole purpose of the Losi Motorsports Tour is to essentially have a centralized hub of if you wake up on a Friday or you're going to be free this weekend, you can see what racing is happening in your area. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not happening at a track, in other words. 
Um, so right now it's just a Facebook group. That's how we're kind of building the community. We are going to be working, we're currently working on a website, mm-hmm. which will essentially have the entire United States. And then you can click in these zones and it'll show you or color coordinate. You know, if you're into U4, if you're into drag, you know, you can filter that and it'll tell you what race is going on where. So, and it's going to be very community-based. So if, if, if um, you know, Joe, whatever his name is, is hosting a race and he's expecting to get 30, 40 people or whoever, let us know. You can, you'll, on the website, you'll be able to submit an entry to, in order to put your race on that calendar or on that map. Um, so it's just a good way for, you know, another thing we're trying to promote is hobby shops, right? Mm-hmm. Brick and mortar is going down. Hobby shops are kind of closing. Part of that reason is because online, which is fine, that's just going to happen. But one of the things that hobby shops are transitioning to doing is providing a service. Yes. And one of those services that they can do is host simple, fun parking lot races with either a DLMT. Maybe it's U4 and you put some obstacles out there. Maybe it's drag racing, which is the easiest one to do out of all of them. Now that hobby shop, wherever it can be, they can apply really quickly and put their race to promote their race mm. and their hobby shop. Really. So that's kind of the, the whole purpose is to grow this, the, the grassroots segments, mm-hmm. which is U4 drag monster truck and eventually old. Uh, yeah. I, I think I told you this. You, you should also like house of RC, Connie Swenson mm-hmm. he's kind of doing the same thing. And he just wants all RC there like a community and all that type of stuff. So I think like if you could, and he, he used to be an avid, he still is an avid fifth scale racer. He used to race the Lucy car for the TLR car for a while. But I would, I think you guys have the same vision. I just think like it would be like, you can use that as a, a hub to like a central place as well for all of RC. And you guys can have your stuff there too. I think it's just another way of being part of a, a cause I, you know, a community for people. So yeah, you yeah. should you should check it out. I like that idea um, because m- my thing is if we can get these guys racing, you know, like the U four guys. I looked at uh, Sean's U four race that they had her uh, that this past weekend. It's like it's, it looks so cool. Like I I I am literally coming to California. One of the reasons I'm coming to California is to go up to CTRC and do some U four racing. I've never done any of this stuff in my life. I didn't grow up around this stuff. No, none of this stuff in Bermuda, but I just like the looks of it. Uh, I went to my scale event. I was talking to the guy there. I was like, look, we got to, this is what I, like, we need to get these guys into the no prep stuff. And maybe, mm-hmm. you know, we are doing some, like, just, you know, we're trying to get bachelors and stuff. I'm not trying to get too deep in it here because, like, I'm in RC 24-7. This is my mm-hmm. enjoyment. But I'm fully... I'm fully committed. Like at first I was like, ah, the scale, like we need to keep racing pure. And I do agree with that. But been talking with guys like Mark Santa Maria and all these other guys and, and guys like Sean and, and looking Mm -hmm. at what no preps do, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, I am fully convinced that this is one of the keys to getting more light and, and more spotlight on what we do. Like I'm hoping it just filters through to the racing side, you know, Mm -hmm. at some point, but we're getting people in I still think people don't know what we do per se, like as as I do. But you, what you're doing, like people can see. Oh man, that car, that truck looks like my Ford or that that drag, car. and that's what gets people. And I'm convinced. I I was first. I was a little bit, mm, but now I'm fully convinced in getting bashers into racing and and branching out into even with this podcast, branching out into different genres of RC monster truck. I I like that. I like everything RC. So, uh. 
you guys had that big monster truck that came out. I forgot about that. Um, that was interesting mm-hmm. because this, we're starting to see a growth in monster truck, I think. Uh, I mean, Jason Rona's big into it. He likes it. So he's always at these events and stuff like that, which is cool because monster truck used to be big back in the day, you know, Claude Buster, USA ones, all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, like, I guess just how cool is it to be working alongside these, this full scale world, you know, and, with your RC stuff. It's, it's, it's insane. I mean, I, I appreciate it. Just, I never planned for it, but I mean, I'm a full scale guy myself. So it's just nice that I, for me, RC car is now my job and full scale is now my hobby, okay. which is kind of nice because they're still the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm definitely trying to keep the balance. Like I don't really, I don't really ever want to work for a full scale company just because then at that point it becomes my job mm-hmm. and then RC will just become my hobby. So it's just going to become this vicious cycle. But um, no, I think, I think the full scale thing's awesome. And that's part of our, to touch back on the licensing um, a little bit and the Los Motorsports tour. The only way that RC racing or RC cars in general are going to grow is through reaching new people, right? Most people, if you were to take 10 people out of the street randomly, nine people have never heard or touched an RC car before. If you take them to a RC race, they get blown away at the fact that there's a bunch of grown men and women out there racing a toy car, right? So one of the, one of the, the things to the ways that we intend on growing the RC industry in general is through licensing. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, the new no prep drag car Camaro, there's a reason why we decided to work with summit because they're one of the biggest names in the drag racing scene, not only online, but at the the track. Mm -hmm. So now summit's selling that car. Summit's going to market that car. Their customers are going to go, wait, what's this little car? Now they're into no prep. Now the industry's grown. Yep. So that's the whole premise behind, and to me, RC racing, what we know today, 10 scale or eight scale is going to always have a place. Mm -hmm. But to me, the way that I see it is that racing is always going to be like the F1 of RC. You know, it's going to be the pinnacle. It's going to, it's always going to be the most expensive. It's always going to be the most complicated. And I think that's okay. So long as I think for a long time, we try to grow that segment and nobody was biting. Mm-hmm. And I think we know why. Because yep. it's too complicated, it's too expensive. But if you start down here with no prep with U4 and then you work your way into that if you're if that's your thing, now now there's something in the middle. It was bashing and high end racing before. Now there's something in the middle mm-hmm. that I think we can use as a stepping stone. So that's kind of our our goal moving forward. Yeah, I, I can see that one hundred percent. Especially now you guys have the laser knot coming while it's out. And I, I see the laser not everywhere. Obviously, Sean and the guys have got some, and I think they're cool. And I, I was telling the guy about that Her, This is perfect for these guys who just maybe a little bit intimidated by this 8-scale, 10-scale world that, that I'm in and that I love. Yes. And that U4 thing is, U4 class is a great mix. I mean, I look at my buddy, yeah, dude, he went and made one out of an HB car, and it looks badass, and... Mm-hmm. I think at the root of the day, that's what it comes down to. We want something that looks like the full-scale stuff that we can control. Yep. Yep, and definitely have. I mean, and don't forget that originally RC car racing in the 80s started from, mm-hmm. to me, uh, sand scorchers and all this kind of stuff that looks scale in the first place. So yep. it's it, it's gone full circle. Um, and so I think that's part of it. That's actually what I talk about in the 
Losi developing the, the Losi Audi yeah. video is why we did that car and what we're what we're trying to do. I just lost some light here myself. I'm at the electricity going on and off for all day. So uh, if it's just a little, let, let me just turn this light around. Go for it. So yeah, I live in the Dominican Republic, so uh, the electricity goes on and off. It's okay, we're, we're almost done here. Let's talk about no prep, man. This okay. is huge right now. Uh, King of the Streets yeah. is huge. You guys just come up with your, your TLR Summit car, which is, I. Th- all right, I would really like for you guys to get together and, and make a, a, a stock car that's, but it's fast. It's good. It looks good. It's doing good. But, I, you know, now I, I just think, like, how huge is this no prep thing for RC at the moment? It's so the only thing we can reference it to is if you think about RC crawling and how what that was like in 2007, right? Like it's it's very it's one of those things where it's so new, it's really hard to compare it to Mm -hmm. something or its size or where it's going to go. So the only thing that I find it close to is what RC crawling was, you know, RC crawling was comp crawlers, right? Super expensive, super complicated very technical and then that quickly phased out because it was too expensive too complicated too technical but then people started building scale crawlers and then that blew up right now drag racing is right at that point where it's starting to blow up because now you can go out and buy this low c car or the associated car what have you and go out there and compete so how big i mean it's definitely massive it's not our biggest portion of the business by any means. It's still infant according to that, like if you compare it to that, but I think it has extreme potential to blow up. I do too. Um, one of my fears is like, this is how our whole conversation got started. Like, I don't want to see it die like short course did. And I said that the industry killed it, but you, you mm-hmm. corrected me and you, you gave me another talking point about, that raw actually helped kill it too. You know what I mean? By making it a, a, a class. And it, it, I'm fearful if raw sees this, cause I'm, you know, I'm not anti raw, but I'm, I'm all about having governing bodies that actually do something. And out. the governing body should be promoting RC and getting new people and be involved in all this stuff too. And for me, honestly, raw is not even doing anything close to that at the moment. I don't want them to get their teeth into this and, and, like how you explain it. Let, let, let's just tell people how you, how we kind of got on this discussion with this short course stuff real quick, mm-hmm. how you explained it to me, which I thought was really good. So short course was one of those kind of bubbles, right? Traxxas released the, um, the slash. Then it went from everybody buying a slash and going racing it at a local hobby shop. And then from there, it blew up. Associated came out with one. Kyosho came out with one. We came out with one. Everybody had a short course truck. Um, and next thing you know, it just like, I don't want to say it died, but it didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it, in a sense, it didn't really put us in a better place today than where we were already at, which I think is, is a lot of the discussion point. But your, I think your subject was the fact, I mean, your, your take on it was the fact that the industry or Losi associated themselves, we were kind of at fault, which I think we were. Mm-hmm. But I think the other big thing that was at fault was Roar when they made it a part of the actual race program. Because mm-hmm. then it, it took something that was meant to stay fun, stay cheap, be intro, an, an introduction to racing, and then it made it not. Mm-hmm. 
So we lost that middle ground. We went from here straight to here, and nothing was in the middle. Um, and people started taking it too seriously. It got oversaturated. Oh, yeah. A lot of things happened in the industry. But, yeah, so now I think – and I and I agree with your fear. Is that, is that, is that what's going to happen with no prep drag racing? I don't think so. I think after going to Vegas, I th- I'm, I'm a little more hopeful. Yes. Um, but – I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it'd be fun to watch this video three years from now and see. Yeah, see it, it is. I mean, I like it. I, I loved what I saw in Vegas. Um, <clears throat> I love that they followed the rules no matter who you was. I thought that was really oh, good. The lights came back on. This is life in the DR. Uh, I really like that they followed rules. I mean, it sucked for some of the guys. I like the enthusiasm that, enthusiasm that Tyler, guys like Tim Smith bring. I love that has all this stuff that I want in, in, in off-road racing. It has drama. It has, mm-hmm. you know, competition. It has a payout, um, you know, all this type of stuff. This is this type of stuff mm-hmm. that I, it has charisma. And that's something that we lack in the off-road industry. The, the biggest thing I think that I was impressed by is the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I was expecting there to be some drama, especially when you have over $18,000 in the line mm-hmm. over a toy car. Every single person, there. I didn't see any drama. Every everybody shook hands, bumped hands, fist pumped after their race, before their race. It was really everybody was there for the same reason, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the eighteen brand. It was to have fun with RC cars for yep. once, which was amazing. And I think that's another critical portion of off road racing. You know, your world where it's like I think that's missing. Is everybody's agree. there to win a main, and you're there for twelve hours a day to run. You know, however many fifteen minutes, and it's we we need to take it back a notch. And if we if we do want it to get fun, I think uh, we've we've lost. I think as as companies as manufacturers, we're too busy out there trying to. I hate to say it, like poach each other's drive. We're too busy trying to get up from a, a an increasing a, a pool that's decreasing. By the, yeah, like people can say what they want. We, we can t- we can talk about entries and and fool ourselves like this, but RC racing is slowing down like i mean it's getting smaller unfortunately because it's hard it's not easy to do it's hard it takes time it takes you know patience and it it costs money it's gotten really expensive so in certain things you know obviously you can still do it cheaply and and whatnot i believe and i i just think like teams seem to be too focused on, on on it's, it's missing, like, you know, back in the day when you would probably go to a race or you would pick up a magazine, you would see someone took a picture of latest products and all this type of stuff. And now it's like, oh, you you, you don't come in my pits. Like, oh, no, look at my car. And I get that. We need some of that. That's that's racing. I like that. But I would, I, I just think we're not, we're sitting there for 15, 13 hours a day. And you know, like you said, you're only getting on the track for so little time and people just think that's normal and it's not normal it, it can be different and i think people are starting to listen and see things but it's hard man racing's hard you know you it, it's i think racing period is the same full scale rc whatever i it, it comes on a competition people wanting to beat each other and yes we definitely need to have more fun i see too many people putting too much pressure on themselves at these races and i'm like you know like the chances of you ever doing this as a for a living is so slim. Right. Slim. So yeah. slim. Like you have probably a better chance of getting struck by lightning or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I said, do you do you realize the amount of, like the amount of work that these guys have to put in, how many weekends they're on the road and 
and stuff like that. Nowadays, you know, but you know, they travel a lot. I said, you don't understand. Like you're, you're a 35 year old man with kids. Like you're not going to be a professional RC car driver, you know, mm-hmm. so keep it as your mm-hmm. hobby. The sport I, I like, I, we do, I, I, I consider racing a sport, but we do the hobby, like what Cavalry and all these guys do to them. It's a sport. It's still a sport yes. for us guys too, but <laughs> we're more hobbyists. And I think, We've gotten away a lot of way. I, I mean, I'm all for having more seriousness in RC because I, in racing, because I'm always on about we need to have a definitive line between pro and Joe's or pro and amateur, and I do, I think do think we need we need to do that. And I I agree with you, man. We've lost a lot of this fun. We go into these races with big entries, and we're just you know not getting track time, and it's just you go out and look at these U4 guys. They're out there having a blast you know what i mean and they're they're, they're they're there to drive their cars and all this type of stuff and i think if we just step back and look at this at the, at the end of the day it's still core they're still competing but they're having fun and i think us in the off-road industry side can and can take some notes and take some pointers from you guys I, i'm not you guys but you're a genre of rc yeah. Yeah, and I think I think I mean I, JQ. By the way, is, I I, uh, I really admire Joseph um, for several reasons, and I have a lot of good experiences with him. But he just had that video not so long ago where he responded to Adam Drake's video on how to keep club racing fun, racing fun, you know. And I think ultimately it does come down to Losi Associated, Mugen, all these companies. But in reality, to me, and I hate to point a finger it comes down to like you said the the governing body Mm -hmm. it should be roar that's working with us to make sure that we're growing we're keeping it fun Mm -hmm. um you know and right now i think i think roar is just a kind of a transitioning point right a lot of these guys that are a part of roar from my perspective they're not as passionate as they are about rc as they were back in the 80s and 90s um so i i think there's there's just a lot of room for a new governing body or for Roar to make some drastic changes to help the RC racing segment. Oh, I agree. I, I, in fact, in my last rent, uh, I said, look, let's just get another body in her and get rid of Roar, you know, because, or because even the guys, I feel the guys who have the passion, they're being stifled by, you know, like it's an old, like that's their power thing. They don't want to let it go. I'm I'm like, hey man, Norco. When Norco was around, it was competition for what? That's when it was at its best, I think. And I'm all about having governing bodies and and having some rules and regulations to these races and more safety for people and all this mm-hmm. type of stuff. And just not looking like we're just some guys in black hoodies in some obscure place, <laughs> like devil worshippers. So yeah, I'm, that is Raw's job. That's Afro's job. That's Ifmar's job. That's all these. But there are so I think a lot of them so steeped in. Heritage, which I like. I like heritage and all that type of stuff too. But if you focus on heritage and the past, you never go forward. And I believe that RC racing is still in the 80s and some things. I mean, we're still doing five-minute. We're still doing five-minute 10-scale mains, like, you know, when we could be doing 10-minute or more. But it is what it is. It takes time and it takes fresh blood and people with good ideas and just you got to keep keep hammering it. Like, you know what I mean? You just got to keep got it. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Mm, I had uh, Gil Losey Jr. on her uh, last year, mm-hmm. and I asked, idol, this, yeah. I asked him this question. What is the next big innovation in RC? And his, his answer was, it's not anything racing or chassis related, but it's <laughs> an actual race and series. 
And he was really excited about this, the scale side of things. He's like, you don't understand how big it is. I said, I understand how big it is. I do. I get it. What do you think, what is the next innovation for us in RC? You know, I, I love Junior's response. Um, junior, um, man, I can go on for days talking about Losey Junior, but um, Gil Losey Junior, but um, it's funny because this is what happens when I talk to Junior. If he says something and it just gets me going. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, God, I really have to think about my response here. One, because I don't want to sound like a dummy in front of him. But now I don't, I don't want to sound like a dummy in front of all your in front of all your you know your audience. Either. Don't worry, I sound um, like a dummy all the time. It does not a big deal. It's <laughs> uh, a great question. I think to directly answer your question, what most people want to want to know is, God, I'm trying to I'm trying to say this in a way where I don't spill the beans. Oh gosh! So forgive me. Okay, no problem. I get it. Sensitive information here. Yeah, no, it's all good. I mean, again, I. It's okay if you can't answer it. It's cool. No, I think I can. I just now have word. I, I all what I can say is to be more direct. You know, what's the next big innovation that we're working on? We're going to release. I think people are going to be extremely surprised at what happens, and and you touched on this in a different element. You said RC racing was still in the eighties. I truly believe that the hobby industry is roughly anywhere from 10 to 12 years behind the current trends. And what I mean by that is, even if you look at social media, mm-hmm. right, we are severely behind what we should be doing. You know, there's no, we have the best product to develop viral videos with. Mm-hmm. There is no reason that if, imagine if we had our C cars and you had Red Bull's media team, what would happen to the RC industry, Mm -hmm. right? So we're behind in that sense. But what I want to say is to get back on topic is imagine what would happen. What would an RC car look like? What would an RC vehicle look like if you took today's modern technology, Mm -hmm. literally today's modern technology and put it into a product? Mm. Like what would be, you know, think about, and I think we are for the first time in a long time or ever going to experience that product. Oh, I'm excited now. I'm yeah. excited. I, I honestly think what you're doing with the Losi Motorsports tour and getting, obviously rubbing shoulders with this full scale scene is going to be pivotal in the growth of, of RC racing eventually and i can see that maybe not now maybe five years from now 10 years from now when you're when you're my age you know when you're 42 43 (laughs) and i'll be like see i'll be 50 something i'll be like yep i i can see it because we need you guys these young guys like your younger men younger people thinking you you are correct we are so far behind we're not even utilizing youtube correctly we you know all these guys i mean even me i'm just figuring out look at like podcasts and all stuff we're so far behind on a lot of different things and all the other industries in the world are just hammering like instagram facebook youtube it's just tiktok i mean i'm not a big tiktok guy but you know it's insane but we you will we, be huh <laughs> i said you will be give I'm, it a year or two yeah uh, it's probably gonna happen it's it's a, i'm on a lot of social media stuff now but yeah. it's like we can't get this even for like rcgp it's like well we can't get this going like you know 
it's just it's we're not utilizing our social media platforms and we're not rubbing short like i would love to see red bull and monster get into the racing side but i think it's going to take something that looks real and that's going to sell and be popular so that they can say hey look at our look at our big deck or like a whole red bull themed like i'm going to go short course truck you know like let's, let's say it was a, like if short course ever came back I think it has to be scale that takes it to this next level. Scale looking race, a scale looking vehicle with racing, proper racing properties. Does that make sense? I agree. And I think, I think the next, I think the next to, to answer the question more on a Gil Jr. level, I would really, if, if I had a limited amount of time and budget and more power, I would definitely start especially during COVID. I mean, it looks like Sims and simulators really took off. Mm. And a lot of people have never experienced it, but FPV on an RC car that only does six miles an hour mm-hmm. is one of the funnest things you can ever experience. It's so funny. If, 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 go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying, so I, so, so I think I think that that could be then one of the big next innovations as well is mm-hmm. is uh, a simple. The problem right now with that technology is that it's very expensive, mm-hmm. so it's not easy to buy for a kid in Christmas. But if we can sell a two pack of FPV vehicles, you know, um, uh, Nintendo just did this with the FPV versions of the Super Mario Karts, mm-hmm. um, which was which was an amazing amazing compilation of all technology plus old school heritage, the whole thing. So I think, and that's a sign that the, that the technology is getting to be more affordable. So I think once that sound starts coming into play, I think RC is going to take a severe right turn into a new, new round. So you, you, you do believe that we can get RC somewhat mainstream then? Oh, hundred percent. I, I mean, I think, from my perspective, that's my goal. Okay. And if I miss my goal, at least I'll get closer to it. But just like Steve Jobs says, I mean, there, there needs to be a computer inside every single house in America. Um, and a lot of people didn't believe him. And I think there needs to be an RC car in every house in America from not only from a fun aspect, mm-hmm. but from learning how to, I mean, this is, I learned how to work on full cars and modify full cars from RC cars. So I, I think that's another spin is like, not only can you collect, have fun with family and friends, but you can also learn something in the yes. process. So, I like to see more RC getting into schools as well. I think it's a great, uh, maybe an RC club or, like you said, it's great hands-on first, like mechanical. You build mechanical skills, and, like you know you do. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I, and I think that's going to happen. But I think what needs to happen, and we touched on this, was the the gen. It, it's always a generation behind, right? So right now the kid that grows up that, that understands RC cars and the importance, let's say myself, he's going to be a principal in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to happen in order to get RC cars into a mainstream school. So, you know, think- this is a big thing in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, in Japan, to me, a mini four wheel drive is a critical part of the education system. Really? You know, yeah. you, you learn because I mean, but to me, a mini four wheel drive, it teaches you fundamentally about gear ratios weight distribution technique like it does it teaches you so much in such a fun way and if you go to japan you can go to the mall and see mini four wheel drives racing around mm. you can't go to a mall anywhere out here in california and see rc unfortunately cars. and it's easy to do right and but that's that's what we need you know mm. but in order to in order for that to happen 
for me to go try to do that at the local mall, the guy that's in charge of that mall is in his 50s and he's not going to listen. I need for that guy to retire and for the 30-year-old to go in there that understands RC cars and then he'll listen and then we'll get him to the mall and then it'll become mainstream. We all have, you and I have the same goals and with the same thinking like in the um, RC, in the racing side, my hope's in the youth. Like, you know, they get it. Yeah, for sure, 100%. They know, like, they, they're going to be, they're going to, they know, like, they're going to have to market themselves and become a character and, and have some charisma and all this type of stuff because I get so tired of the same vanilla interviews <laughs> and, and all this type of stuff. And I we need charisma in the racing side to get more people in, to get people to follow this. So, I, and and like you said, we need to get this. Those young guys are going to be like, hey, why aren't we racing this? I mean, there are people that do races in malls and stuff like that, but we don't mm-hmm. need one or two or even 10 people doing it. We need a hundred plus yeah. or a thousand pe- malls doing that. We need to think bigger, you know, stop. Let's yeah. not think small. Let's think big. I don't yeah. want to get every, I was going to say every mall has a restaurant. Every mall has a fast food restaurant. Every mall has critical things. Every mall needs to have an RC spot or a hobby shop. Why not? Why not? Exactly. Ooh. All right, man. Um, we're almost, we're almost at the end of of this interview. It's been great. I'm getting to know you. I like it. Just getting fun, man. I know. Well, <laughs> uh, U four, man. You you. This is this seems to be your thing too. The U four. I heard you mention King of Hammers quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know anything about this till I met Sean, and he's mm. like the U four king. He's he's you know, and I, this looks like put this looks potentially like it can be an attractive thing to get people into racing. Hundred percent. I think it's the first, the first and only product that I can think of that it has all the characteristics mm-hmm. that it needs. It performs. Mm-hmm. It looks the part. It actually looks legitimate. Um, you know, the availability is there. It's easy to get parts and whatever. Um, I think now the next step is for current track owners to understand that and to build an infield or build mobile obstacles mm-hmm. where you can make an eight scale or 10 scale track mm-hmm. into a U4 track. Gotcha. Um, and, and, I, and I think that needs to, that's the next step of U4. I think that's part of the Losey Motorsports Tour is once these hobby shops start jumping on board and those light bulbs start going off, it's like, hey, well, I already have this track. I'm not using it. And this weekend, maybe I can do a U4 race that weekend um, and start doing this stuff. But yeah, I think you, and the other element to that is the full-scale stuff, right? Yes. There's no reason why we shouldn't be doing, so it's something that we are planning on in the future. You know, when you go to the Mint 400 in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. there also is going to be the Mini Mint, which is, you know, a fifth-scale race. Perfect. And that we're, we're, we're working with, we would like to work with, you know, Matt Olson, Brian Sullivan, and all these guys, so that that's the final mm-hmm. um, of, of the year. Same thing, you for, like, when you go to King of Hammers, which is an in- Sane event. Um, can't put it into words of an event. There's no reason why there shouldn't be racing happening there. I 100% agree with you, man. We need to get this. Is another group of people that we're not really yep. taking advantage. Not taking advantage of. We're not. We're not patching into that genre of people, like people that drop all this money on a full scale car. Like, like I am all for getting a race. Like I would like to get Brian Mayfield and all these guys, these top guys, racing at. With not necessarily and get that all hyped up and get you know have a proper announcer catering to spectators and all this. I want to have that at a full 
scale like event. And I'm not trying to have 1,000 entries. I just want 15 of the best guys, and we go out and put a show on, and they made the best man. That's what you do. You're there to put on a show. You're going to wear a uniform. You're going to look professional. You're going to give proper interviews. You're going to appeal to the crowd. That's how we get people into doing more things. And I like that thinking with the U4 stuff. I like the thinking of the Los Angeles Motorsports Tour. I want to be, uh, now I need to figure out how I'm going to get to some of these full-scale events and, and be a <laughs> part of this this uh, RC stuff because I love all of this stuff, man. And I look at like getting new people into RC. I don't think there's a wrong way. I think we need to do everything you know, like we need to explore this idea. We need to take this guy's idea. We need to do this. We need to do that. But what we don't need to do is go back. We need to think <laughs> forward. And um, yes, we can bring some things from back in the day back. Like I would like to see less sponsorship and stuff like that because, but we can't, we can't do less sponsorship till we get more people, right? Like in the racing side, in the racing side of things. So, yeah. It's, it's the, the whole sponsorship thing. And, and this was a, a touch point too, you know, with the contracted customers and, I think it was a theory that failed significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of evidence that shows that the more people you sponsor, the worse your business. It's, it's just a, it's, it's a kiss of death. Yeah. The more people you sponsor, the quicker your business is going to go bankrupt. Oh, yeah. um, and I think once, I, I think that's another key element to it is once the core, you know, there, there's different types of consumers in, in, in our segment. But once the core consumer understands that Horizon, Proline, Associated, whoever it may be, they're not in the business of making people upset. Mm-hmm. They're in the business of making money and growing. And that's how you make more money. So I think if people remind themselves of that whenever we do, for example, re- change the structure of Proline sponsorships, and a lot of people are upset about that, they're not doing this to piss us off. Mm-hmm. They're doing this to grow. Um, and in, it, you know, we, we might take a black eye for it in the, in the, in the beginning, but eventually it'll heal. And I mm-hmm. think we'll be in a better spot. Oh, I, I know all about that. We're taking a few black eyes <laughs> right now, but you know, for change to happen, change actually has to happen. So exactly. I'm, I'm all for and people that. are afraid of change. People, people don't like change. So. Especially in the RC because. community. I mean, is it, are we, I even said, are we going to get to the point where we actually pay somebody to run a kit? Like, Hey, here's 50 bucks in a kit to represent mm-hmm. us. I mean, if we're doing that, then, I think it's pretty evident that the business model that we adapted to RC, what, 10, 15 years ago, I want to say, is collapsing on itself. And you're going to see companies doing different things as well. If they don't, they're not going to survive. It's just as simple as that. So I'm all for that. Change is needed. All right, dude. You know what? Um, This has been a great chat, but we do have one last segment that I like to do. And this is, right. this, is, this is brought to us by TNR Fuels. Chris Nelson is a good person. He's a racer. He's making some awesome fuel. He's having his race at the another sponsor of this podcast, Sun City RC Raceway, this weekend, the A-Main Challenge Tour. So if you're on the fence of going to that race, please go check it out, Chris. Joey Showers, all these are really good people, passionate about racing. He's a racer that's making fuel for racers. So go check him out. And um, check out TNRFuels.com and send him a message, and he'll get some fuel in your hands. Thank you, Chris Nelson. And TNR Fuels for bringing us the NNRC, the TN, sorry, the TNR Fuels Stop and Go segment. Yes, I'm Robin Titles. I have my buddy Joe Zaire Jr., who has uh, Round Out Talent podcast. He has little segments like this, and I, I love like the RC related segments. So okay. this used to be called the 10 second, 10 question, 10 question, 10 second segment. But basically, I'm going to ask you 
some questions here and you got to answer them as quick as possible and possibly have one word answers. But right. we never Thank answer you. them quickly. All right, number one. What is your favorite RC vehicle at the moment? Oh, man. I would say the low CLMT. Okay, the monster truck. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, it's quite, quite obvious, but if you wasn't into RC racing, what would you be racing? Oh, man. So many things I want to do from here on to then. I would, I would um, definitely something road course. Okay, so you're you're more into full you're more into road full scale than anything. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. Really, I'm shocked at that. Okay, all right. Number three, what is your favorite food, dude? Uh, I've answered this before. If I can have sushi for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. Really, I think sushi's good. Not as good as street tacos, but good. Um, uh, I mean, I, I love all foods, but yeah. <laughs> Number four, most exotic location RC has taken you. Exotic wise, I would say, oh man, I've been a lot of places in the RC game. I would say the most exotic would be Taiwan. I think that was the most out of my element. Holy crap, I'm doing this. Really? I'd love to go there myself. All right, number five, Axial Fest is? The best rc event i've ever attended i think if i'm definitely gotta go number six favorite project you have worked on work related mm-hmm. Oof. okay yeah it could be work related. yeah work related yeah i'm supposed to take a second this is so many That's 10 hard. years and has has brought a bunch of uh, cool projects um Honestly, I think the the simplest project was probably the funnest, and it's just because it was a part of my goal when I first started working there. But when I designed the um, 22T 3.0 body, that was that was probably the pinnacle of me having fun and living my dream. Awesome. Okay, well, this is what is your favorite form of full scale racing? This is one of the questions, so I, I gotta know now. Believe it or not. I'd rather race road, um, road course, but I think um, off-road racing is probably the, the funnest to watch. Okay. What, any particular segment that you that you like? That I've been a part of? Uh, you know, U4 racing has definitely been Okay, so you've done full-scale U4 racing as well? No, I haven't, oh. I haven't done it, but I've seen okay. it. So I think that's, uh, that's, my favorite, that's my favorite thing that I'd rather see, but I'd rather do on-road. Okay. You Formula One fan? Yes. Well, no, I'm not a Formula One fan, I would say, but I have, I'm a big heritage guy. So I understand Formula One from like, like Adrian Newey was like one of my idols going, going through engineering just from the, from the, um, when, when, what am I trying to say? Um, physics and downforce and all that stuff. But um, I, I, I appreciate F1, but I don't, I wouldn't call myself a fan. Well, okay. Well, I got to ask, what's your favorite? What's your form of onward racing that you would like to do? Let's put it that way. Realistically, I think go-karting. Obviously, I think racing like a full-scale Corvette or something would be fun. But to me, go-kart is like, I enjoy the fact that it's literally the most deepest connection you can have with the road, right? It's so simple that 
there's so much technique to it. There's so much, um, like you have to have the, 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 the athleticism for it. Like, so I think my visually, I can literally see myself go-kart racing in the next five to 10 years. You know, Ayrton Senna loved go-kart and racing mm-hmm. and he said the same thing. Yeah. And he said the, he, he wanted to win like a world championship and he, I don't think he ever did. And yeah, no, I mean, that's, that, that's what he said, right. At the end, at the end of, at the end of that movie, he's like, when's the last time you like, what's been the, forgot what the question was like your best experience in racing or what can you go back to or whatever. And he's like, go-kart racing. Cause there was no politics. It was just strictly racing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. I've, I've read his biography. It's good too. Um, I admire him and his, his, his stubbornness and Yes. Yeah. He's, he's just. That's a part of it too. Yeah. Being stubborn, you have to be a little bit stubborn in order to be innovative, for sure. Sure. Number eight. What's your favorite song at the moment? God, dude, why are you hitting me with all these? <laughs> that's the point. That's supposed to be hard. Yeah, because I, I mean, music's a big thing, and especially from the, from the artistic side. Um, I can never go wrong with like, um, like uh, Eagles, you know, Hotel California. Okay, so yeah. Classic. All right, um, yeah, old school, dude. Old school. Yeah. All right, I only have nine. So number nine, what is your bucket list RC event? RC event? Mm-hmm. Um, God, believe it or not, when it comes to RC events and stuff, it's work for me, so I don't really have like a bucket list for it, but... I might be able to go to the uh, No Limit World Finals um, in North Carolina. What's that? This year. Um, so the No Limit World Finals was the first RC event that I ever did under Horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, the first event that I ever traveled for for Horizon. And it was my first event outside of California. So it was a lot of firsts. But what I loved about it was that it was very similar, but 10 times better than um, the Vegas race the no limit. Um, I'm sorry, the, um, the drag race in Vegas, Mm -hmm. because five-year-old kids would go up they do their race. They give each other high fives and hugs, and then they go play on the swing set for the next 20, 30 minutes. So it was to me, the pinnacle of what RC should have been. It should be fun. It should be family. It should be, everybody gets together for a bonfire afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to attending that event 10 years later and seeing this is drag racing. Right. No, I'm sorry. No limit. Um, it's all monster trucks. Oh, okay. so, so the event actually happens at Dennis Anderson's or at the Anderson's compound, um, who's the driver of Great Digger, Son of a Digger, all that kind of stuff. So they have a really nice compound store, restaurant, a bunch of land in North Carolina, um, and they host an RC uh, monster truck racing and freestyle event there um and then they they, they'll throw in probably a little bit of short course Uh racing and stuff in there as well um but yeah i'm looking forward to that event if i get to go when is it uh it's in may um i believe it's in the end of may if i remember correctly um we're pretty much on board to go it's happening this year yeah oh i'm gonna be in north carolina in may dude Oh, perfect. Yeah, we have to look it up. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in May, but um, yeah, the only thing that's potentially keeping us from going is obviously the COVID right, restrictions, right. which we're which we're hoping um, lifts here pretty soon. So, well, if if it's happening, because I'm I'm the plan is to come to Vegas and then you know do the nationals afterwards. I'm going to be in North Carolina for about three weeks. So after Vegas, oh sweet, yeah. all right, yeah, cool, man. I I mean that's all I have to. I that's all the questions I have. Um, okay. 
Thank you for your talk. I know we've been trying to do this for a couple months. I know you're a busy dude. And um, it's been a great chat. Oh, last question. Do you ever get mistaken for Mario Lopez? Because I told you, you look like him. <laughs> my Slater was one of my nicknames yeah. um, in, in college. People used to call me Slater all the time. Yeah, I, can Mario see Lopez. I can see but, that. I can see that. All right. Um, well, I want, I want you to... Uh, I know delays or not. When can people expect that? Because I know that's the next big thing. Well, next big thing for you guys. Not big thing. It's so all about, you know. So they're actually now back in positive stock. Good. Yeah, we, awesome. We, um, since we announced those, we didn't think they were going to be as popular as they become. So we were out of stock for a long time. But now we're in positive stock. So they're that's available good. now. That's good. That's good. Always a good thing. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate your time and this chat of getting to know you. Uh, I can't wait to meet you and, and have a non-alcoholic beverage with you and uh man do you want to say thank you or shout out to anybody before we sign off her i mean everybody i mean i i first and foremost honestly not to be too corny but thanks to you man i think people like you and there's a lot of other people you know joseph included um, from jq that are going to be the future of this um so i really just i'm happy to be a part of it i'm just trying to do my part for all the younger kids that are out there wishing they're in my shoes, you know, stay humble, you know, understand to what you said. The eyes are always on you. People are always watching you. Things that you do today will pay off for good or for better. Sorry, for better or for worse in 10 years. Um, and yeah, man, we'll stay, hopefully stay we'll tuned see to the, the Losi Motorsports Tour. Tune into it. Go to the Facebook page. Check them out. Mm-hmm. There's Losi Motorsports Tour. A lot of cool pictures. I went on there, dude. I went on your Facebook. Dude, you're, you're like mine. It's just flooded with RC stuff. So <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, this this guy's in deep like like me. Um, and you are you are a great shining example of just like perseverance, man. And you know, you had to go. You you worked hard for it. You got shut down a few times. You had to go do the the, the shitty jobs for a little while. And I think people can take a lot from that. Like sometimes you gotta. You got to crawl before you can walk and you got to walk before you can run. And you ain't even started running yet. So, nope. you know, yeah, I'm still walking barely. I think I just started walking. Sweet. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. And I hope to meet you. Maybe it's going to be in, in Cali after Vegas or maybe it's going to be in North Carolina. But I, I like meeting positive people like you. I know you have the best interest in RSC, which I, I want to see, too. And I like to be around people like that. So thank you for your time man. have a good day. And yeah, see you around. No problem. Thank you. See you guys. Bye bye. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. What's up, Josie? 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 What's up, Beaker Dunn? How you doing? What's going on? I don't know. We're um, back for a rant. Okay. It's been a it's been a while since we've had a rant. Yeah. So am I only on the rant on this episode? You are only on the rant. You know, I'm giving you a break because you was right. You was right. You know, I about to, what? You was right that the rotate, rotating co-host would be good because people are getting tired of your rushing to get out of her and i get it you answering the same question oh oh people were getting tired no they weren't or well, maybe they were but that wasn't the reason i had to basically dump you <laughs> you know That's what true. i wanted to kill you at that i moment. dumped you and you had a hissy fit and i said no i'm not going on and mm-hmm. you said you wouldn't do it and i said yes you can find someone else 
Mm-hmm. That's this is the, Joseph's tough love, and trust me, yeah. that day I wanted to kill you. More than I know, but sometimes you have to do, you know, a drastic decision, something to get a you change know what? made. Right? You know what? That is the exact topic of this rant. So, you know what, Joseph, you were right. I am enjoying having Max back on. I'm enjoying having Zach come on. Uh, I was hoping Zach would come on this week, but he's got a, a pro-line cup race. And the good thing about it is that, um, you know, Zach's got that really good pamphlet for like beginner races and all that stuff. So people are looking at that. People are looking at the oil treatment for his track and all that type of stuff. So he's influencing other tracks and and helping out that way. So it's been a great addition. And uh, thank you, Zach, for your time. Thank you, Max. People like Max answering the questions. You know, he gets all science mode. Just like you, you're Padawan. So, you know, that's how it goes. But um, Joseph, you, uh, you just released a video. Today, we're actually recording this today. It's Thursday. And this is probably one of your best videos yet. You've been hot and bothered about this for a week since uh, Ephra released their video last week. They're live, sorry. And their new logo. Uh, I mean, so I said, you know, you was pretty, your video was great. I think your video was good. You hit on a lot of topics. And I think if anybody gets mad at that, they just, they're just mad at you. So they just don't like you and they don't want to, you know, there's going to be people that hate what you say because you're saying the truth, but there's going to be people that just hate it because, they hate you, which is fine. We know that you, you can be an, an idiot and an, an asshole. So people just can't get over that. But what you said was absolutely, was, was very true in a lot of ways. So, uh, I went back and watched the live yesterday again to make sure I didn't miss out anything. And, and kudos, look, I want to say something before we get even close before we start ranting, cause we're going to rant. I happen to think Ephra is the best, the best uh, federation we have. I think they're better than IFMAR. I think they're way heads and shoulders, way over any other federation that we have in RC right at the moment. I think what they did with RC Racing TV and all that stuff is awesome. I enjoy watching the Euros. I like having rules and federations and, and proper racing and all that type of stuff. I really enjoy that. But, man, you know what? It's still the same bullshit. Like, it's still the same dumb crap. I think they're, and, and th- remember when we got in that rant where I told you we need to get rid of Roar? And he's like, no, we need to we need to cut out the cancer and get new people in there. But I think it's just the cancer's too too deep. I think you just got to put a bullet in the head and, and, and start all over again. You know what I mean? And a couple people yeah. actually agree with me. But I would I would like to cut the cancer out of Roar and put fresh people in there. Well, the same applies for Ephra. I'm sorry. We have, I think we have very forward-thinking people in Ephra. You would know more than me. You've, you've had your run-ins with Ephra. You've, 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 you've had your own issues with Ephra yourself. But what I see is, I, I t- the first thing I took from this video, heritage, we need to remember the heritage and this and that. And I said, absolutely, we must remember where we come from, but we must not live in the past. We must go forward. And proceed forward. And as we know, the RC industry is 10, 15 years behind the times as it is now. And the federations are just starting to, well, Ephra starts just starting to realize this. I'm all about heritage. I'm all about that stuff. But you know what? In order for things to change, that old guard needs to be gone because they don't want to change. They want to they focus on the past and keep it in the past. 
and allow and get fresh, new, younger blood in her that want to do things, that know how to attack this social media life, you know, this social media, what's the word I'm looking for? This social media life or world that we are in now. And I'm, I'm just going to flat out fucking say it. They had one year of COVID. One year of COVID. Europe's been on complete lockdown. There's been no racing. When I watched this video, I thought I was going to see something like mind-blowing. And all I got was a fucking logo. So you're telling me it took you a year to do a logo. Well, I'm getting a logo for the NNRC cup. And I'll have it in two days. You know what I mean? And it's going to cost me not much. You know? So to say all of this, yeah, let's bring up the logo. It looks great. I, th I think it's awesome. I love it. I love the logo, but it shouldn't have taken a year to come up with that. The year, the year they spent on this logo, they could have spent absolutely doing the plans and things that they wanted to do. Now, like, well, they, they've been doing plans. Okay. But there's a big difference between a plan and an idea and something in reality. There's a so I think there are two main problems, really. So I, I guess... Yeah, uh, one of them has to happen, and then the other other one ca can also happen. And if if only one of them happens, nothing will change. If both happen, okay, things will start to change. So one thing is what you said, the old guard, that they have just been there forever, and this is how they want to do it, and they don't see another way, or they don't accept another way. For example, the, the fact that Efra should be raising money, and then... Uh, using that money to promote the hobby and build up the hobby to something bigger. You know, there's a lot that Efra could do, if, if, especially if they had more money. But one view that Efra members have is that Efra shouldn't be too professional. This is an amateur hobby, so this isn't professional. There shouldn't be money involved, and that includes them. So they shouldn't be raising money and spending money on this, apparently. So that's one way of thinking that just isn't compatible with today's world, if you mm -hmm. want to have something like we have in RC racing. And also, it's not even compatible with the associate members that they always brag about and talk about. So associate members are the RC companies, the RC brands themselves. Well, RC brands today, unlike before, have paid professional drivers. Also, the RC companies today are professional companies with a few staff, the smallest companies having just a few staff to the biggest having thousands of staff members, right? So it's not an amateur hobby anymore where people just sort of build their own cars from scrap pieces of whatever toys they find. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. These are professional companies with paid professional drivers, with engineers designing cars and producing them. And then with professional race organizers these days and professional companies covering the races, this is a whole different beast to back in the day, in the 70s or 80s, right? So the way of thinking that we can be the biggest and best RC federation, but we view this as something amateur and money has nothing to do with it is just completely false in today's world. So they have to accept this, for example. Now, 
that was just one problem with the old way of thinking. So like you said, the old God needs to be replaced or they need a lobotomy, something, you know. Um, then the second problem is that even if every single member of Ephra was replaced with a clone of Matt, uh, Matt being the guy from Control that does videos and was in this video too, is sort of forward thinking. Even if all the members of Ephra were him, there would still be the problem that the way they work is also not suitable for change. But here is kind of a it's kind of a two sided thing. So the way they work is they have like twenty people in a group and they bounce ideas off each other and they have meetings about this and that and they have a meeting about the fact that they need to have a meeting. So then in that meeting, they decide that they're going to have a meeting. Then they have another <laughs> meeting deciding the group that will attend the meeting. And then they have a meeting about the subjects that they will discuss in the meeting. Okay. Then they actually have the main meeting and they discuss stuff, but nothing is actually decided. So this is not a good way to create change. It's a good way to keep everything the same. Mm -hmm. So they would have to change that way of working also to be able to create change. So the ideas of the people and the way they work. But here's the thing. I think that it's a good thing that effort doesn't change quickly because that's what brings stability. Rules don't change quickly. Uh, so manufacturers feel safe, like this is the cars we race. The rules won't change. Racing formats are relatively standardized. Uh, we race in the same way all around the world with the same cars all around the world. These are good things and only possible if you have a strong federation like this. So mm -hmm. that's why it's a good thing mm -hmm. that things don't change fast. But this is, and this makes it even more important for them to outsource the things and the projects that need to get done. For example, organizing events, they shouldn't do it. They should hire professionals to do that. Media, same thing. They already do that any kind of technological advancements and uh, improvements to the live stream or improvements to their uh, messaging online, on social media, on their website, uh, all of this outsource that stuff because those companies that they outsource to are able to make quick decisions and improve stuff and all of that, right? They can uh, adapt. EFRA can't. So EFRA oversees those projects, mm -hmm. right? But other companies, professional companies, do the actual work. They do the legwork. And EFRA sort of just signs off on it. Yeah, why not? That's, that's how progress can be made while you still maintain the sort of safety and uh, tradition, heritage, stability of the Federation. Now, that's a step that they have to make at some mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to touch on that, sorry, real quick, on meetings. It, it kind of reminded me of back in the day when... Um, in Bermuda, man, we was running, you know, we was running the track. And so everybody had equal say, you know, we had a committee and all that type of stuff. And I'm sure this happens at many different club committee committees and stuff. And you want everybody's opinion, nothing gets done. And I remember we would go to a meeting, meeting, and um, try to decide on track changes or something like that. And all we ended up doing was just sitting around there and talking for three hours. And most of the time, not even getting a definitive answer. I, I definitely agree with you. And by the way, just like they just like they, they said on the live stream, they want criticism. So we're going to give them criticism. 
because if you, I, you know, if you don't criticize, nothing improves. People criticize me all the time. So, you know, I listen to them. Sometimes I listen to them. Sometimes I don't. So to say that, uh, I totally agree with that. I also agree with that they, they should be for profit. And, but, but use that, like you said, use that money to help. No, they shouldn't be for, for profit. They no, should be non-profit. Well, non-profit that makes money. That's like how you explained it to me once before. Like a non-profit should make yeah. money. That they, so I, I believe that there, there should be like, if you're going to be doing this full time, the, the, the organization should be able to pay a salary to somebody to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I believe they should be, if you, time costs money. It do, just because it's yeah, RC that, cars doesn't mean that it doesn't, it isn't time and it isn't money. The, the point stuff. of, yeah, the point of a nonprofit is that the non, the nonprofit has a cause, mm-hmm. right? So in, in Ephra's case, their cause is to grow and promote and conserve RC car racing mm-hmm. glo- uh, around Europe. Yes. Right. And if my same thing, but globally. So to do this, they need money. Yes, of course. And they should try to raise the maximum amount of money. But because it's a non-profit and it has a cause, that money doesn't go to enrich the no, um, no. board members, of right? Or sort of just grow Ephra. Like, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is all that money goes into the cause. So there are many different things that Ephra could do. If let's, okay, let's do this. Let's pretend that Ephra was working in the way that we think they should. What would they actually be doing? Okay, so I think they would be pouring money into media. So they would be subsidizing, supporting live coverage for as many races as possible, right? They would be supporting RC websites and blogs and podcasts and all of the social media stuff, all of that stuff. They would be advertising heavily on social media and YouTube. They would be creating promotional videos of RC racing, right? Yes. Uh, then they would also um, they would use the funds to create RC races at big events because that costs money. So you go somewhere to an event with a hundred thousand people, right? Over a weekend, you build a track, you ho- you host a race. That's something that they would do with that money because they are promoting the hobby to the outside world. That's what they would do. They would work with uh, schools and youth programs and stuff and try to find ways to introduce children to RC as a hobby. So they would pay people to go around with a traveling roadshow of RC, put up some cones, build a track, go to school, go to some, uh, I don't know, like let's say some... uh, where where troubled kids go like uh, uh group homes and stuff like that yeah group homes and this kind of stuff but not like poor kids necessarily but people mm-hmm. with some issues or whatever right right right, right. Fuck, what if they discover rc and enjoy that you know that could, that rc could literally be something that gives them a reason to focus and learn and sort of yes. enjoy themselves yes. with a hobby you know like this is something that can do that for uh- for People, I, I'm right? gonna I'm gonna say something here real quick before you go on because you touched on something which because I, I made some notes. I do like that. I like what they said about getting RC into schools and and getting more youth. You know, I'm all about the youth, so I'm all for that. All for that. That takes money. It takes time. Yeah, yeah. And 
I don't see why people have a. I, I get. I get why people have an issue of somebody like Ephra having a whole bunch of money and not using it. But they, sh and I think that's the issue. People like, oh, we don't want to be. You know, we don't. But they have the yeah, money. Use it. They don't have a whole bunch of money. Like if they really spent, like did a good job, two hundred thousand euros doesn't go a far, a long way. They should have a lot more. You know. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do. Like yeah, so, I'm not here to. We're not here to bash. I'm not here to bash Ephra. I. Stand by my my claim that they are the best governing federation out of there. But in RC, I wish. But we need to we need them to change. So yeah. let's think of other things that they should be doing in this perfect world. I think that EFRA as a federation should also do the things that the market itself doesn't do. You know that. So for example, RC racing is a great hobby for uh, the disabled. If you're in a wheelchair, you can race RC cars. You can get the same thrill of racing a motorized vehicle against someone else. Mm -hmm. You're in a wheelchair, but your hands work, your eyes work. You can race, right? But most tracks that I go to aren't accessible for uh, handicapped people. So you can't get around mm -hmm. on a, on a wheel, with a wheelchair. So this could be something that Efra would focus on. Not not making it so, okay, you can only have a track if you have this. No, they could create sort of standards for how to do it, figure out how to make a driver's stand so that you can have a have wheelchair access and a good view for the person in the wheelchair and all that stuff. They could figure out that, figure that out, make a plan and and work with tracks and clubs to implement that. Yeah, or subsidize, help them implement subsidize, it. Yeah, subsidize Send them the, funds, the yeah. building of that stuff. Like yes. promote promote this. How many kids are there in wheelchairs that they go to some uh, I don't know, again some kind of uh, youth activity thing or kidsinwheelchairs.com. I don't know what there is because I'm not in a wheelchair, but I'm sure there's some kind of groups and associations that organize activities for these kids. Hmm. Well, why not find those and contact them and say, hey, we, we race RC cars yes. and we have a track here and you can access this wheelchairs. Yes. How many of those little boys would find that hobby and be like, man, this is awesome. I can race RC cars. I never That's even thought I can of do. that. That's great. I never even thought of yeah, that. Yeah, so these are the kind of things that a federation can do and should do. I agree. You know? I agree. Uh, another thing that they touched on, uh, that I, which I thought was too... Uh, I have a couple of things that I want to criticize her. Oh, we want to make an app for Ephra. I'm like, what the... You, why would you... Like, this comes back to, do they, wanna work, do they really want to work with somebody else? And I know they're going to say, well, you're tooting the house of RC horn here keenan well i happen to think like what what connie's doing is pretty good and Ephra doesn't need an app they can just put their information there and use the house of rc app and they that's one less thing they have to worry about because it's kind of like uh it's pretty easy to follow and it's pretty easy to do and all that type of stuff and it connects them to other rc you know federations and people in rc that may not know and all that type of stuff so why go make an app well, if you wanted to make an app too, why didn't you do it in this one year of lockdown? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like you thinking about making an app, then they said, well, we're thinking about making a YouTube, thinking about making a YouTube channel. You literally had one damn year of doing fuck all. Make it, make the YouTube so, channel. Uh, 
here's the thing i think that most of the friction and the sort of even my videos that i do about or have done about efron even this rant yes it's it's quite relatively easily avoidable right this didn't need to happen this way so before rcgp even existed there were numerous attempts made to work with the federations mm -hmm. because the idea was that okay this is needed but it's not it's not supposed to be something to compete with the federations right because that's never good we've got something good going let's build on that so okay let's let's collaborate okay this was the plan nothing it was not possible you know how i you know my personality you know how i am if i want something i don't give up very easily right right i know that that's how i was i wanted if it i wanted it to be the if my rcgp world series or world championship series that's what i wanted i truly wanted that then after if was absolutely impossible i'm like at least we can get efra because they are like they seem to be more open they talk to us nothing well you know why but after after like two years of the same promises and yes we can find some areas of collaboration this and that and nothing nothing not even a fucking uh, sharing a video and saying that RCGP is doing great things for our hobby and EFRA supports. Like, not even that. Like, absolutely nothing. Then it's like, you truly know where we stand and what's really going on. Yeah. So what are we going to do? Just be quiet or fight this no. issue Why and not? try and fix I mean, they, it? So I decided, you know what, I'm going to try and fix this. Yeah. Uh, when I watched the video, I was like, they don't want to be with, with black races. And all. I was like, what type of fucking bullshit is this? Like, black races. And what, what was the other term they black used? Black races are non-sanctioned races. So races that are not affiliated with EFRA. So they're like illegal races, you know? Yeah. Like right. some people in EFRA think that those races shouldn't exist. Right. Um, that's not going away. And those race like Neo Buggy is better than any race ever ever puts on. So yeah, yeah. and that's what they don't like that. Yeah. So you can see in the meeting notes, they are thinking like, why do these non EFRA races? Why do they have more participants than the EFRA races? And then when Dallas was president, he was sort of also, I compare Dallas to Javier actually, because Dallas was saying these kind of same things and he was actually some sort of youth leader in or group leader in sweden or something he worked with kids so he was all for that like let's do this do that and uh, let's uh, um, maybe we should uh, not view these other races as competitors maybe we should work with them mm -hmm. and uh, like these kind of thoughts but he didn't really do anything well let's I, be honest hands to tied, progress man. it Hands tied. I, and think I don't, yeah, but I don't know how hard he really tried either. And that's the kind of feeling I get with Javier also. Well, okay. Because I'm two gonna... years ago, I, I thought that, okay, this guy's good. Things mm -hmm. going to change. Like, we, we're going to get there. Now, no, I changed my mind. He's just like the rest. It's, no. Okay. Can, no, I want, I want to comment. I want to comment on that. Um, and I've, to, I've talked to you about this before because not everybody can be like you, Joseph. Um, and say what they want to say i mean even myself i i can't say everything i want to say because you know um i just understand that some things can't shouldn't be said like 
Unlike you who have no filter, you know, you just don't, you don't care. I and have a filter. You do, me. you do. You actually do. Because if you was really to be as savage as you wanted to be, like we would probably be dead. Um, my point yeah. is, my point is um, to that, I think I got excited when I, people are like, well, what do you know, Lefty? You, you ain't a part of, if you ain't a part of Ephra, you're some jackass from an island. Well, let me tell you something. I actually have been a part of the BRCA and if I was to literally like really look at it, I fall on the Ephra as a, as a Bermudian, as a British subject, all this stuff. I fall on the Ephra. You know what I mean? But I've also been a member here of, at Farmar here and because I'm part of, you know, the Dominican Republic and all that stuff. So I think people, I think Javier comes in with good intentions, but he quickly realizes that he, for all his good attention, good intentions, the old guard is going to continue to, just beat them down. And the old guards is not just an Ephra. It's these guys in Roar that don't want to... Because remember, all these people are part of Ifmar too, right? Yeah. I believe. So you have this old guard at Ifmar that refuses to change and only thinks about heritage, heritage in the past and how good it is in the past. And we all know the RC is 15 to 20 years behind the times. And Roar's one little bit of... They have the biggest They have the biggest market, so they have a lot of say in Ifmar. You know what I mean? There's no Ifmar mm -hmm. worlds without the top US drivers. They get the most slots into the Ifmar worlds. But you have these people who have this power and don't have this passion for RC anymore. They have a passion to keep their power. And to keep their power, they have to keep things the way they do. So when That's key, actually, what you just said. Yeah, so when people like Javier, who seems younger, you know, he's probably a little older than me, but, you know, he's not... Some he's not some old guy that was started Ifmar back in the nineteen seventies and all that stuff and still trying to hold on. And no disrespect to those those guys who came first and and started all this stuff and blazed that trail. I'm not disrespecting that. But my mom used to say, "Look back, but don't go back." All we do is looking back, and we just want to we we don't want to go forward. So I feel when people like Javier gets in there, he has ideas, but he quickly comes to a conclusion that, man. If I shake too many trees and I rattle too many uh, bees' nests, hornets' nests, her, they're gonna kick me out of her, and I don't want to. And if I'm out of her, then I do no good. So that's okay. Yeah, Javier. you could be right. That's it's okay. Just the feeling I get. Yeah, that's okay. I understand that, and, and I. But you know what? It's just it's just bullshit. Like, and this isn't just unique to RC. This is unique to lots of things. You know what I mean? But. I just feel like, man, I just think like for me at the end of the day, you're talking about a year. You had a year, no racing, no racing, no nothing. And you came up and when they, when they showed me the picture of the people that are involved, I saw a mixture of young guys. I saw like, um, who was it? Uh, oh man, Nicola was in there. And I think he's very forward thinking and progressive. Uh, I saw Mao in there, and then I saw some some gray hair like old guys in there. So I'm guessing that's part of the, maybe they're forward thinking. I don't know them, but I just I'm, if they're I just I just I don't see it happening. And I'm really I'm just like Ephra has the chance to change. Ephra has a chance to change our help change our scene, help change Ifmar, and they just they took a year to produce a logo, and I'm just like fuck the fuck. like yeah it, so yeah, and then no, but hold on, I finished my rant. They made this big deal about it. Like we had a study group come in here. We did this and we did that and we blah, blah. I think that money and time and effort they spent on that damn study group, they could have spent on trying to promote RC. By the, by the way, that was a scam. It was deceptive, deceptively edited. 
Really? <laughs> you know when the pe- yeah. So you know the logo they chose. So right. they chose this logo, but the comments they got, oh, it's racing, it's uh, remote control stuff. Like they want about this logo. I swear, I I will put. Big I don't money see on anything that because, makes me say like radio controlled. Her. Because the one guy was saying like that's a remote control, like even showing it with his hands. Okay, they had all these different uh, mm-hmm. ideas, but they made some which were like right. this also, right? So if you show something like this, of course people are gonna say like. Oh, it's car racing, something like that. And then there's a remote control. Like, is that a, is it RC a car? Like, you know, yeah. so there's that too. I just thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, they got caught. Well, you would know more than me. Um, I'm sure we're going to get a shit yeah. ton of flack for this rant, but I just, I think they're in the hearts in the right place, but they're still stuck in that. Damn. It's us against the world. And it doesn't have to be like that. They're not going to stop these yeah, quote-unquote black races and illegal races from happening. And they're not, what they're going to do is just, like, just just giving you the same runner-on. And it's just, and it's, it's just, it's the same thing with Raw, man. If you ain't going to, if you're not, so, if, sorry, go ahead. So the situation with EFRA is like a microcosm of the world and society and countries and how governments, how things work. Mm-hmm. So, um, for change to happen, positive change to happen, you need two different types of fights to happen, right? You need the instigators, the people, the people who make a fuss and uh, that would be us. expose <laughs> different things. You know, like us, we're talking about this, ranting about this, um, making controversial statements and videos, and getting people riled up and talking. That's important, right? Yes. In the real world, that would be like protests and marches and riots and all kinds of stuff, right? Because people are happy, they are discontent, right? That's but that doesn't actually uh, make the change no. happen. That just creates the environment for where change can happen. So what needs to happen then is after all this is exposed, after after enough of a um, after enough people raise their voices against the current status quo, the situation. Then what happens is people like Javier, people like Matt, who are on the inside, Mm -hmm. who play by the rules, who aren't disrespectful, who aren't yelling and screaming, who are on the inside, in the machine. Yes. They are in an environment where they can then actually make the change happen. I agree with you. It's yin and yang in that way, in my opinion. If there isn't outside pressure on effort to change, no change can happen from within. That I truly believe that because the people there are like, well, we don't need to change. There's no pressure to change. If everyone's talking about it, if there are other race series that are growing, if EFRA races are getting smaller, if uh, manufacturers and associate members are saying like, well, you know what? We don't really want to pay anymore and support you because of this and this and this. If there is pressure from the outside, then when you have that inside person who is on your side, but just not using your methods, Mm -hmm. when they say, well, maybe we should do things this way and brings it up nicely and they discuss it and they have their meetings and they make step-by-step changes. That's how you get change. You need both of those working together, not, directly maybe working together mm-hmm. but they need to both exist i agree i agree so we're definitely the our disruptors. podcast isn't going to change 
Efra, right? No, but no, none of my videos I make is going to change Efra. No, but, but it will change the people's perception. The, yeah, they can help create the environment where Javier and Matt can get their way. For exactly, example, exactly, exactly. I actually, I actually feel like you. I believe Javier and Matt want change, absolutely. But I know you, you've lost a little bit of faith in Javier, but you have to understand he has to. Yeah. It's that's politics. Like that's not you. You are the bulldozer wrecking ball. It's like it's like yin and yang. Like you and I. Like I can say the same thing that you say, and people would would l- listen because I'm not like. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? I mean, I am, I do get like that sometimes, but you know, it's a, you are so blunt that people can't get past your bluntness, but that's needed right now. You know what I mean? Where I have yours kissing babies, shaking hands. And he's, like you said, I think he has the potential to do things better. I think we, I don't, do they vote these members in? I think they need to vote some of these people out and get just, they need to get. I don't know how. That they need well, to get. Maybe when when you're in there and you just vote for yourselves. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's easy. Of so. course, like you know, they need to have. But they, they have members. They should put it to a member vote. And I, they, I desperately like they're talking about. We need to get on Twitch and we need to get on YouTube. Like all, like yeah. no offense, dude. I'm an idiot and I'm on YouTube. You're, you're an idiot and you're on YouTube and people's watching they your are, stuff. They are on YouTube. They have a YouTube right, channel, but, but they ain't pushing. Well, what I don't know what they're talking about. Then they said we need to get on YouTube. You have all this content from from which I which I absolutely praise praise Afro for doing what they done when they got RC Racing TV coming on and covering all the Euros. I think it's absolutely one of the best investments they have made. And take using that money that they make. That's a perfect example of that. And I and I and I applaud them and I think that but I just I just think they still suffer from this same the same thing that all the other federations and just RC in general suffers from and it's just this old guard that doesn't want to release their power man and they're gonna take this is their baby i get this rc is their baby they've created this world in rc where they're champions and they're you know superstars in their own minds or in their own rights in their own bubble and they don't want to relinquish that but that's selfish and that's not pushing rc forward that's only keeping things in in check for you to feel better and the, yeah. the people, the people, the people that listen to this podcast, the people that criticize us or, or praise this podcast and criticize and say we go too hard sometimes, I that's the people that really can affect change. The people are what affect change. People can talk with their dollars. People can talk with their attendance to races and stuff like that. And I just think that people need to have more of a say as well. Like, I don't, like, if you like, if you if it's like, it's like fucking real life. If you don't like the government, that's what they're doing. You change it by voting. Well, what, this should be the same in these federations and organizations. Look at this. We did that whole IFMAR thing last year. I couldn't even get a response from IFMAR. No, we got a response. Oh, we got reported for take for for the Facebook post that we made and all that type of stuff. The Facebook group oh, yeah. and all that type of stuff we made. But I can't even get them to come on her and give a statement. I also remember something they said about independent ma- media, which we do not have anymore in RC. Either you, you're hanging off the nuts and doing everything that they, these guys want, or you're not. So if what did they mean by, they said, well, if you're willing to work with us, well, what do you mean work with us? Not call you out on your bullshit or just make, tell you that everything's okay? Because that's what independent media is for, is to, you know, just like us. If we said something wrong in this, you bet your boots people's going to be like, no, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And you, you, and you guys, are the, you know what? People are w- welcome to feel that way. But 
I'm re- I was just I'm just a little bit I'm just a little bit disappointed. But I was going to this live. I wasn't hoping that it wasn't going to be just a logo reveal. I was really hoping that they didn't spend a year revealing a logo. And then all I heard about is maybe this and this, and we need to figure out a way to do this. And I'm like, well, you've had a year to do this, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's like people can say that I'm too blunt and I'm too disruptive and destructive. Like I'm a negative force, Mm -hmm. you know, like the same way you can say that Javier is too much of a politician. Like he doesn't, if he actually wants change, then he's not doing enough to get that change. You know, so I think you can uh, criticize either way in that sense. Well, the you would know more about that, him than me. I don't, I personally don't know him. My yeah, but fe- the truth is in the future, yeah. one year from now, two years from now, then we will actually know and we can see what the situation is. So hopefully all of us in this together are all doing our share in creating positive change. And in a few years, we'll know. Yeah, like I said, we rant, but we also offer solutions. You also, we also yeah. had a, is this the uh, survey? I think it is. Yeah, so we had this survey. Um, I put this up because I wanted, I wanted something more than just me talking in the video. I wanted some proof. So you shared this, I shared this. This isn't just sort of our close friends and family that are going to mm-hmm. answer how we want. This is just anyone could fill in this survey, right? Yes. So uh, in that video, he mentioned that Ephra is, Ephra is there to m- make the majority happy because Ephra can't make everyone happy. So the goal is to make the majority happy. That was the point. And uh, I decided to do this survey to see that what does the majority think? So the first question is, should Ephra hire more professional companies to handle things instead of doing it themselves? You know, the things we've spoken about. And 92% say yes, they should. 8% say no, Ephra should do it themselves. So, I mean, it doesn't get much clearer than this. I don't know how you dispute this. Right? Yeah, I mean, why not hire somebody that can professionally do things? I mean, they hired yeah, I mean, Racing for example. TV. Race, if we think about Euros, okay, so we want a good Euros event. There, there's, for example, the, the crew that do the EOS races, they're basically, that's a black race series, right? right. Why not pay someone like that to put on Euros? For example, like, hey, uh, let's, why don't you do the 10 scale off-road Euros and build it in a shopping mall? Mm-hmm. Something like that. You know, or Red RC. Red RC is the website, redrc.net news website like Neobuggy, but they focused more on on-road. Yes. Why not work with someone like that and, hey, would you like to uh, organize the 110 scale touring car on-road world championships at the MotoGP race in wherever? Mm-hmm. Like they they expressed an interest in having us in the pits there but we need someone to do that, to do the organizing. Yeah. You know, like that's how you get something done. You can find companies who would be willing to put in the work to organize events. Give so them a that. budget, give them a budget, make them work within that budget and put on an awesome yeah, event. Make them it's find simple. sponsors, blah, blah. They'll do it. Yeah. I, 
But see, that's all relinquishing power. And they don't that's want that's what any, I think too. They they don't want that. I mean it's obvious. Someone someone mentioned that this survey is biased. Yeah, I saw that. And um I just would like to know how, because this question is straightforward. Should EFRA do things themselves or hire professional companies? Okay. Then here it's hire professionals a more efficient way. Okay. That's the argument for why they should do it. And then do it yourselves, save money, keep control. That is literally what they say. So how is this biased? This question isn't biased. This is the two sides of the story. That's literally what EFRA says. Mm -hmm. They do it themselves. They keep control and save money. So, okay, second question. Should EFRA focus on raising as much money as possible and support independent media, RC clubs, youth programs, and events with the money, or should they focus on being a low-value nonprofit? This is because Javier said in the video that EFRA isn't about making money and this and that and making it a big business. Like, No, that's not EFRA. We already talked about this, but hey, people agree, 86% versus 14. So people think that EFRA should raise money, and it's one of their most important tasks. Can I, can I <clears throat> before we go into the next one, now, if EFRA farms this out to others, how does EFRA make money then? Uh, so I think that the way EFRA make that's a good, really good question. I think that the best way for a federation to make money is off the licenses because it's um, it's crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. A lot of people pay a little bit and it becomes mm-hmm. a big number. So, so the national federations like need to need money, right? right? But EFRA itself also needs money. That needs to come off the licenses and entry fees for races and these sorts of things where everyone is paying a bit, but because there are so many people who are paying, so many people with licenses, so many people entering the races, all that stuff, uh, then the number becomes big. Also, EFRA should raise funds because EFRA is a non-profit, mm-hmm. there are companies with all kinds of uh, sponsorships on. initiatives that they they spend money on yes. because it's sort of tax planning for big mm-hmm. companies really mm-hmm. like you can donate money you can uh, invest money you can uh, give money to all kinds of causes as a big corporation well if EFRA is a non-profit and has a cause i'm sure there are companies who would be into that for yes. just as an example that thing that i said about handicapped access and that mm-hmm. i'm sure that they could find some sponsors for that initiative yes right i am 100 sure, sure that's yeah. possible i agree also we're in europe the european union gives grants to all kinds of companies and stuff and non-profits and charities and and uh organizations i am sure that there is some kind of way to get European Union funding for new tracks and clubs and youth centers and all kinds of stuff like that. So if they were, if they were serious about raising money, they could raise money and then they would have a better, they would be in a better posi- position to actually do things that they promise in that video. Okay. Good stuff. I was just wondering about that because most of the time you would think, Oh, we just have to make this off the euros which I agree, they have to make some money off that too. <clears throat> but 
I like that. All right, so if they start focusing on the youth and stuff, that's the key is getting the youth, getting uh, uh, children with disabilities or, or whatever, using yeah. RC as a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, some form of treatment, I want to say. Not treatment. Um, people can think I'm crazy. Some, But RC is some for therapy. RC is some form of therapy for for these for these kids this event or this kids with disabilities yeah people need a hobby yeah it's just like you know when they take dogs into into prisons for convicts and stuff like that in, in america yeah. and, and whatnot so not saying not comparing kids you know not comparing disabled <laughs> kids and convicts i'm just saying using the um, oh, rc to dogs yeah or rc to dogs like dogs make more yeah. money um uh, yeah so what's next question okay oh next question on the, on the survey go ahead yeah, so should EFRA collaborate with other events and organizers? Again, I think not. How is this biased? It's a direct question. Yes or no? Should EFRA collaborate with other events and organizers? Yes, everyone benefits from a strong and open federation. 97%. 3%. Only seven people said no. Other events threaten EFRA's heritage and status. And heritage. Heritage. That's all I This isn't is biased. I am literally saying what EFRA says. Go and read their meeting uh, minutes, the documents. This is this is an opinion that is stated there. No collaboration because they are competitors. They threaten EFRA. But look at what the majority think. Ninety-seven percent say yes. Well, that's, they should that seven percent is the old guard, man. That's the seven percent who consider. These races <laughs> the illegal. Seven people, and, yeah. Seven and, people and from Afro board. <laughs> these and, and let's say 100 percent of these people absolutely hate you. So, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. But that's, okay, let's think about this. This is actually not something we've spoken about. We've just said that they should collaborate. What does that actually mean? Yeah. What does it mean? I think that. I think. Okay, let's think about it from RCGP's perspective. Okay. If RCGP was IFMAR affiliated, I think it would bring a certain level of, I don't even want to say this, but in some people's eyes, it would bring some credibility to it, okay? Or if not credibility, then it would bring some prestige in the, in the way that these kind of manufacturers like Mugen and Kyosho, they would join. Mm -hmm. I really believe they would join because IFMA could be like, we have the IFMA World Championships, which is like the Olympics every two years. But every year we run the World Championship Series, the IFMA RCGP World Championship Series or whatever, right? So I think those brands would join because of that reason. Right, IFMA gives also, credibility. Yes. So also, um, I think that if the federations were working correctly and that collaboration could bring some subsidies, some funds like, okay, so we have more funding now. We can do more stuff. We can reach more people. We can join full scale events. Mm -hmm. We can be in front of 60,000 people. You know, it, I think those things become possible when you collaborate on this level. Mm -hmm. Well, see, the, but they don't because they think about the $400 entries that they get for every, every for every world and how much they want to keep that money. And that's their, Especially in off-road, because we both know that the off-road worlds just sell out completely. So, yeah. 
And I think the same is true for the smaller series and smaller independent races, just on a smaller level. You know, maybe they could get like media, better media coverage and better sort of promotion of their events by the federation helping them. Well, it no? sounds to me like if Efra needs to actually be a nonprofit charity and act like one and look for funding outside not a charity just a non-profit organization okay well you know what i mean sorry i keep i keep thinking non-profit yeah. charity but get and focus on getting get getting um like you said getting these companies in in europe to write off their taxes by donating money to them and and showing them what they want to do and how like hey we're going to take a percentage of this this money and put it into wheelchair access for for tracks that don't have it and we're going to we got yeah. this program that's going to go and get into this we would like to get rc clubs into the schools which i they probably have all these ideas i'm i don't know i'm, I'm not ideas are worthless though yeah it's ideas time to do it, it it's time to bloody well do it. you know what i mean yeah stop talking about it and be about it yeah and another thing actually that collaboration helps with is if they truly were open and collaborate uh, like open-minded and willing to work with uh National federations, RC clubs, races, everything, like all together, if they were open, then what could be created is this really good information resource. So if you want to build a track, this is what you do. If you want to uh, build a club, run a club, these these are the procedures, this is what you need. So information bank of everything. Mm -hmm. And maybe sort of even basic stuff like we need to all clubs need something right whatever it may be right so efra could have someone figure out hey this is a way for all clubs in europe to get something much mm -hmm. cheaper because it's like a collaborative effort right now it might be just what I mean? like instead of like everyone that. every club in every country trying to figure everything out for themselves there's one place like the federation of europe that has it all figured out for them and also like okay in the czech republic they did this thing with schools and got so many new kids into RC. This is the program they ran. This is the schedule. This is how it worked. They did it every week on uh, Wednesday nights, but they noticed that Wednesday nights are the best because of this reason. And they also noticed they have to do it one time a week, every week during the week, because then it's like a routine that parents and children get into. Mm -hmm. So let's say that they just did this in Czech Republic over five years and figured out that this is the best way to do it. EFRA should be that federation, the organization gathers this information and promotes it and shares it with all the national federations, all the clubs, everyone says, look, this is a really good way of getting new people into RC. This is a done, a proved, proved, tested system. Do this. No. That's what they should be doing. Exactly. But no, they view that as a threat. Yeah, growing the hobby is bad. <laughs> people, you anyway. know what? You know we're going to get a lot of flack for this rant. <laughs> Why? We are literally telling the truth. The truth gets right? flack. But it's fine. That's what we're here for. That's yeah. what we're here for. Yeah, we need to end this rant on... Uh, I saw Hazelnuts saying that I'm not a narcissist because I share my opinions everywhere. We have to... Remind me. We're going to end the rant with that. Okay. Um so for question four, should EFRA run at least one European championship each year at a public event with outside RC people present? And again, I don't know how this is biased, but yes, 96%. Yes, we need new people to the sport. So 
yeah, let's do this. Let's organize at least one Euros in a shopping center at some motorsport event, at a music festival, at wherever there is a lot of people. Okay. And then, no, it's too expensive and difficult, not worth the effort. I mean, that's no. Why would you not do that? Because it's too expensive? Okay. Because it's too difficult? Yes. And because that effort and money is not worth it. That's why you would say no to this. So how is that biased? I don't get it. I tried to be as objective as I could with these questions. Do you want big events? Do you want RC events at big outside RC events? Yes or no? I don't know. Do you think that's biased? No, but what was the percentage? Because that, that aqua bar is way bigger than that lime green bar right there. 96, 220 people say yes. Uh, 4%, nine people say no. Well, those nine people probably think you're, all a, you're a narcissist too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You so, do have narcissistic tendencies, but I don't consider you a narcissist. I consider you an autistic yeah. Okay. Like Rain Man type of guy. Let's imagine this happens. Let's imagine that we run Euros at big events. How does that benefit us? Why why should we do it? Well, I we you know me, I'm always about getting what we do in front of thousands of people that don't know what we do. Who are in the same if you're going to a full scale race, you're into racing, I would assume. If you, 90, I would let's say 99% of the people that go to full scale races are into racing and follow it. So now my, you get to see racing my, on a smaller level. Yeah, my argument would be that this is the best way mm-hmm. to get new people in because they have seen firsthand what's possible. Seeing a video is one thing, see, hearing about it is one thing, seeing a car in a shop is one thing, seeing an actual high level race is a completely different thing Mm -hmm. because you see what's possible. You see the kind of racing that uh, you can do with these cars. If you witness a race live in person, if you are the right person that can have this as a hobby, you will want to join. That's it. Many people in RC now have joined RC because they saw a race somewhere, including me. I saw a race live. I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Right? Yes. A lot of people, I've, I've met a lot of people in RC who got into RC because they saw a race. Somehow, some way, they stumbled upon an RC car race, and that was it. I would they agree were at you. the town fair, and at the town fair, there was a RC car race, and that's how they got into it. So I just think that this is the best way. And as again, as a federation, they should figure out the concept to get together with the professional race organizer over the next few years, make it a seamless transition or something like you find an interested person and boom, they scan a QR code and they got the info and we got their email. And after one week after the event, they receive an email. You remember the RC car race you went to check this out, boom, buy this, blah, 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 get join the local club. That's how you do it these days. But these guys are fucking trying to figure out how to make an app. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Fuck, dude. I know. If, I, if we go much further, I'm going to get mad. No, we've been, we've been going for about 56 <sighs> minutes now. It's, it's been a, we was only supposed to go for half an hour, but this is a yeah. passionate rant. This hey, is a passionate... Oh, don't sorry. forget these. What's that? Oh, comments? All the comments people have made. I can't read them all. I shared the link. To, we can share the link to yeah. this in the description, I'm yeah. sure. So a lot of people... Uh, 
have left comments. And I just want, I want to, I really want to reiterate this before people be like, oh, Lefty and JQ, you guys just pissing man about everything. Um, well, I, I've, I give, I give Afro lots of props and, and I've many of the year, I, I still consider them the best governing federation there we have in RC. Better than IFMAR. And yeah. I would like to see them just lead the way. I just, just, I was just very disappointed that it took a year to get a, a logo, and, and I'm like, like, just stop thinking about doing things and just do it. Like, yes, I get, I get the whole we need to respect heritage thing and this and that. Of course, we look back, we don't go back, we go forward. And the people that don't want to go forward, then they need to get out, get young blood in there that want to go forward that want to do things you want to get on Twitch. You want to, you want to utilize social media and all this stuff. It's not old farts that are 75 years old. It's going to take some 29 year old or, you know, somebody that's hip to all that type of stuff. You want to get young people into RC, use a young person to promote it to them. You know, that's like, you know, well, I, I'm not that old, but you know, that's, you just imagine like your grandpa trying to tell you, Hey, you, you should get into RC, you know, because when I was young, I used to do this and, we had to, we didn't even have controls. We had tethers and something, you know, just in, like no young person is going to listen to that. Get someone hip in there. You got all these pro drivers. Use them. Use them to yeah, promote Yeah, you know this. what? I actually, I think that in RC, it's funny, but the pro drivers are the least used, used sort of resource we have. I agree. And the least is expected of them. I don't understand these RC companies who pay their drivers and even now under COVID, it's like they're paying them not even racing and stuff. And they do nothing. They like post a couple of social media posts or make some YouTube video. That's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's well, really take, bad. Take, it's take really the world bad. champion. Take, take, take a young guy, you know, take a young guy who gets it and, and, make, and, 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 and use him to promote to these young, ki- these young kids. Not, it's not going to be somebody like me. You know, I'm too old. Like, even though I get it, I'm, you know, I, I think I'm somewhat hip. Um, you know, but I'm too much of a nerd, even though I say like, you, let's yeah, not be nerds in the nobody's, field. you know, you, you, you'll piss somebody <laughs> off before you even get a chance. Um, we need to get, get these, these, these guys involved in this, man, get somebody in there because you know what? It's, it's no disrespect to these old guard and all that stuff, but that times, thank you. You've done a great job. Thank you for getting it started. It's time to relinquish and let your, your creation flourish. And don't hold it back because Afro can be the shining example for every federation out there. They are the shining example, but they can do better and they want it yeah. criticism. So here's the criticism, please Afro. Yeah. We want you to do better. Think, stop worrying about who's competing against you. Who's going to do this. If like, Oh, use, you have all these people, you have all these tools to your advantage. Use them, use them. Yeah. Okay, so let's end on this. Uh, someone sent me this video. Hazel, uh, John Hazelnuts from Nemo Racing was. Uh, He's not if Nemo Racing anymore, by the way. Oh, oh, John Hazelwood. Jane. Uh, hey, oh, I keep yeah, getting him confused with. Um... Yeah, so he owns it. Uh, right. Yeah, he was saying that. <laughs> he was saying uh, it was they, what they were talking about the Bruno Coelho video mm-hmm. where he tunes an engine and he says a double idle is a good thing. And then I actually was I went in the comments and I wrote that my opinion of the double idol. Right. So then uh, Hazelnuts just made the comment like, oh, what a surprise that JQ is there sharing his opinion, you know, his narcissistic opinion. 
so his opinion his opinion was that i'm narcissistic and my opinion is right and no, other opinions don't exist you know what joseph so, you, you do come across like that at times yeah but so here's the deal this is a perfect uh, moment to discuss this oh god First of all, narcissism, the definition is the pursuit of grat gratification from vanity or egotistic admiration of one's idealized self-image and attributes, right? And, okay, so I guess it's somehow tangentially related to the fact that you think you smell your own farts and think you're always right and that kind of thing. Okay, I get that. But here's the thing. There's a reason why I have very strong opinions and people like hazelnuts who uh, they, they complain or they, they make these kind of sarcastic remarks and they belittle people like me. So hear me out. I'm listening. I have strong opinions on subjects that I care about and I know a lot about because I think about those things. I make up my opinion, my mind, and I have an opinion. So to change that opinion, which has taken a long time to develop is hard. I won't just change it overnight. Right? So like the double idol thing, I thought about that a long time. I tested, I researched, I made a video about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not just an opinion I sort of suddenly had and someone says something else and I'm just going to change it. No, it's it doesn't work like that. But then subjects that I don't care about or know about, I don't really have a strong opinion if I have an opinion at all. Maybe I'll state an opinion, but it's not a strong one. Mm -hmm. Someone who has dedicated time and effort to it and has a sort of researched opinion has a different opinion to me okay, I'll look at that, I'll change my opinion because it's not something that I've really looked into. So there's that. And why do I say people like Hazelnuts criticize people like me in this instance? It's because most people don't have strong opinions. They make up their mind pretty like, uh, what's the word? Like they make their mind up relatively easily. They don't really research. They don't really think about it on a deeper level. They just make up their mind, right? And and that's it. So if, if uh, you have a discussion with someone like that on these things, you'll notice that they don't really have the facts backing up their position. They just have a position. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I uh, maybe the thing with me is that I share these things. I talk about these things. And that's why people are like tired of fucking listening to me and seeing me because I'm always like sharing my opinion. Well, that's true. Too. That's you, the problem, I think. I think so, too. Um, and they probably get tired of us yeah. ranting about this stuff. By the way, yeah, the, the No Name RC podcast and Lefty do not uh, disclaimer because I, I like John Hazelwood and I want to get him here on the podcast. So the whole nickname that joseph just gave him does not stand for the nnrc or myself because yeah, i, would I, like I don't to, really have a problem with him either he can I, I think he's got a he great wants. story I, I've, I've tried to get him on her we was talking for a minute and then it just ghosted and he's got a great story and i want to tell it uh maybe sort of my main quick. point is oh, i'll forget it okay go ahead uh my main point is that people tend to focus on the messenger instead of the message oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that's kind of annoying you, you've been definitely a victim of that aka T testman proline jay, jay concepts 
I remember yeah, I well, wasn't I wasn't even with, working with you, and when you when you made that, I was like, oh, that took balls. But the fire that you took for that, I'm like, did you make those people run those J Concepts tires? No, you just caught them and exposed it. And people were talking about how you messed with their money. And no, they messed with their money. And the ironic and, and hypocritical thing about that whole thing was a week before ProLine was uh, was penalizing and 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 um and admonishing drivers that was doing like lower class, the guys who pay the bills. You're paying the most for tires, even though they're getting a deal, trying to throw them under the bus for it, and then their top driver at the time went and did it like a week later, and you got burnt for that. But that's what that's society. It's not the message, it's the messenger. It's it's not even it's not now, it's been back in the day. Like if a messenger rode three days on horseback to bring you a message and it was bad news, that messenger might just get killed, like, you know, in frustration. So yeah. it, it is what it is, man. Um, you know what, Joseph? Not everybody's gonna like what we have to say. Not everybody we don't like what everything what everybody has to say. But I think at the end of the day, we can all agree. One I think we can all agree on one thing here, matter no matter what, no how much we disagree on it, that we wanna see RC gracing be better and we wanna see it grow. That's the one common denominator. The problem is like you lit, sometimes you do not know when to stop. I do know that. You, you know, I've seen that. I've, we've had this discussion many times about you, and I don't think that's anything narcissistic. I just think it's lack of oxygen dropped on your head, <laughs> something like that. But you have you you're learning a little bit now. You're learning how to stop a little bit, which is good. But um, man, come on, we like come on, Afro. Let's do better. Let's uh, let's. You, you are showing an example, but you can do a lot better. Stop being, stop being that us versus them. They, they'll probably say the same thing about RCGP. Remember when RCGP came out, how much criticism they took and how they wanted to know this and everybody wanted to know that. Now, do you know, remember all that? When, when Fat Jesus was all on you, you know, like, you know, you literally lost a friend because of RCGP and all that type of stuff over because he wanted to know and he was stuck on heritage and all this type of stuff. You need to come out of that. <laughs> and... We're just not going to go forward. Get some young people in there. Use these young guys as the, you know, it shouldn't be some present. It should be some young guy. Use these professionals. You know, we don't ask much of them. And um, let's, let's go, man. Like, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's do it. Let's go. Like, let's do it. If we work together, like, I want to grow RC. I like, I want to go to the Euros. I want to, yes, I dislike Raw and what they do, but it's not stopping me from going to the Raw Nationals in June because I think it's a great race and I can't, I can't wait to go. Hopefully I don't get kicked out of there. But um, you know, I just I just think, yeah, fuck it. We ranted for our I'm not ranting anymore. Let us know what you guys think. Do you think Afro wasted a whole year and on a on a logo, which I think most people do? Uh can Afro be the shining example and move RC forward and make the other federations up their game, which I would love to see? And or, or are we just Fuck, are we just pissing and burning? You know, which I'm sure 7% will agree that we are pissing and burning. But I really, if you want some more info, go check out Joseph's video that he dropped yesterday, JQ Racing TV, because it's really good. Go check out the Ephra Live if you haven't seen it. It's on their Facebook page. And um, yeah, let's let's come together and have a voice. That's how it works. You know what I mean? If, you know, we can we can change things if we, we speak loud enough. We can, we can, not change things. We can start to change. Does that make sense? If we all start talking. We can create the right environment for change to happen. Exactly. 
us, the people, the people. Yeah, the people and the manufacturers. Yes. The manufacturers have, have the most power, but they don't use it. They complain, but they don't use it. Yeah. All right. One, one manufacturer can't do it. They have to all be together. I agree. I agree. Joseph, this turned out into an epic long rant. Oh, excuse me. Thank you for your time. Um, I'll see you next week, I guess, on the podcast. Well, I'll see you before that, obviously. We need to do some videos too. We need to do um we need to do a team ranking video because now we've the dust is settled and we need to see who's the top teams, eight scale and stuff now. And hey, anything that I, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my spiel here and sign out. And then I, you have anything to add before we go? No. All right. You know what? I wanna say thank you to all of the the NNRC squad around the world that supports this podcast. Like our socials are growing by the day. If you like this podcast, please go to our Facebook, give us a like and a follow, go to the Instagram and give us a follow. Don't forget our to go to our YouTube channel. Still working out the uh, whole monetization thing with that, like with AdSense. It's been a pain in the, in the arse. Uh, don't forget, I still have to do the Toe of Satan challenge here. So I'm just waiting till that gets, gets up and running because I want to donate all the super chats or super stickers to um, the young kid in Quebec. Uh, and denoted to his GoFundMe, which you can, I'll have to, I'll have links for that in the written description on this podcast. Thank you to all the patrons of the NNRC, man. You guys are making this possible. Looks like I booked my ticket. I'm going to, looks like I'm going to America here. So I'm happy about that. Unless something ha drastically happens between now and the time I'm supposed to fly, which is about a month. And it looks like six weeks in America. So that's going to be good. All six weeks of RC. I'm happy about that. And, yeah, man, thank you, patrons, because you helped make that happen. And, hey, shout out to all the awesome sponsors that support this podcast. Maximum Mayako, maximum fun, maximum support. That is Mayako, obviously, the new new chassis company out here in, in RC. Obviously, this guy right here is the designer, so it's interesting to see what he's going to come out with. I may or may not have seen something here now lately, so I'm excited about that. Uh, thank you to TNR Fuels. They're headed down to the SCRC Race, uh, sorry, they're headed down to SCRC this weekend for the TNR A-Main Challenge Tour. Everybody going to that, have fun. And shout out to Sun City RC Raceway, Showers family. It is confirmed that you're not going. You can't, I got to send you that post that Joey Showers made about you. He was like, confirmed, JQ is not attending the A-Main Challenge Tour. Um, yeah. Shout out to the Showers family, man. I love them guys. Like, you know, they're really good people. Uh, shout out to Beach RC. You know, BTRC's got their Easter, their virtual Easter hunt. Come on, the NNRC is a part of that. Check them out starting next week, I believe. So thank you to BTRC. Go show them support. We have an affiliate link in the written description that you guys can use. Show them some love. Helps show us some love. Techno RC. Ooh, Techno RC is on top of my list for team rankings right now, Joseph. I'm sorry. But um, Techno RC, shout out to you guys. Been a long time. Support of the podcast. Uh, thank you for your support. I need to get Danny send me a techno track so we can get one of his personal techno tracks on the ad read. That'd be cool. JQ Racing, shout out to all my JQ Racing family. We still here. We're like baby as kids. We don't die, we multiply. So, you know, it's good to see the people that believe in you sticking around and hanging out with us. I, I appreciate that. And uh, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. See, JQ Racing. Shout out to Wally Builds. He made a funny commercial this past week. So check him out. He's my co-host in the hotline. Shout out to manscaped.com. Remember, everybody, cut through the jungle to find your manhood. And trust me, it looks bigger when all the hair is gone. So go check out manscaped.com. Use the promo code NONAME and save 20% off your order. Racecraft USA, shout out to chasing those guys, keeping it fresh, new videos and all that good stuff. RCGP, 
Shout out to them. Can't wait for Driven Episode 3. House of RC. Check them out. Fill out your profile, please, guys. It's, it's important. It's, it's helping everything here. And it's going to be the go-to place to get all your RC information. And, of course, shout out to our long-term sponsor, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic. Been with us for a very long time. I need to get Scooter on her to talk about his Traction Tonic. Please, people, go check them out. PapaWillies.net. Use our promo code NNRC. Save 10%. The stuff's good. We just need to get it in the off-road world and get it using it. So check them out. Joseph, I think that's everybody. Hey, you know what? Everybody, have fun this weekend if you're racing. Send it without, send it with responsibility or not. I can't wait to see everybody's picks from this weekend. I didn't do it this week, but uh, next week I'll be looking for some reader rides picks. So let's get those picks in. Send them to my Facebook on the NNRC Facebook so I can pick post them up. I'm enjoying posting those pictures up to Instagram. Josie, what's up? Nothing else to say? Well, I mean, my narcissistic cravings have been fulfilled for this past hour. I'm really happy and full of energy now. I've just been staring at my own face this whole uh, this whole recording, so I'm good. There you go. You fulfilled your narcissistic needs. Um, yeah. No, you know, Joseph, uh, you you aren't wrong. What you're saying, you, it's just that you've been saying it for so long, people just kind of think you're saying the same thing over or some people are just waking up to seeing her and what you're saying so i honestly think that a few years from now when people look back it will make sense mm-hmm. probably not going to get the credit but that honestly doesn't matter i would rather see change change or not that credit any credit it doesn't matter who does it. it it just matters that it happens right yeah I'm down for that. I'm down for that. You know what, everybody? Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. If you're racing this weekend, send it with responsibility. Be safe. Remember, if you ain't grinding, you're sliding. Hard work beats talent, and talent doesn't work hard. Lefty and Beaker, out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content and patron only giveaways also please follow us on facebook instagram and our website www.nnrcpodcast.com remember nitro is the glory but e-buggy pays the bills if you aren't having fun it doesn't make sense and if you ain't grinding you're sliding lefty out Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory.
wasn't so bad. 